Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. It's a cold and blustery day here in Louisville. I'd even go so far as to say icy. Uh, yes, yes, it's definitely. icy. I witnessed two people sliding off the road on the way over here to your house, Brent. I didn't. Even no, ha- no, my bad, my bad. The Broken Token Studios. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. I didn't even have to leave. I witnessed several people slide off the road from the picture window in my front room. Sure. But, you know, we've braved the weather to bring everyone episode 37 yes. of the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. That sounded very, uh, that's a very uh, formal way to kick off 2016, Brent. Yes, it is. I, it's not very often I hear the name drawn all the way out like that. Sometimes I run it all together. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's all good. Almost, it's kind of like the, the show title version of Firepower. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it is what it is. It, it works. It works. Man, how, so, uh, how was Santa Claus to you, man? Santa was very, very good to me. All right. And uh, actually, it's over on the other side of the room, Whitney. We're going to have to take a picture of it for the show. My, I guess my premier gift was from my niece and my nephew. Okay. They made me a dry erase scoreboard for the for the game room. Oh, sweet! And my, my sister, she was trying to figure out what I was what I was kind of angling at when I when I described it to her. I said they, they made one. They made one. So what's different about it than just a normal like expo board? I went and I said, all right, go find a nice dry erase board. Uh huh. Get one with like a wooden border. You know, just a plain wooden border, mm-hmm. and give two sides to each my niece and my nephew, and let them decorate it. Okay. So, my sister went. And she got you know blacklight reactive paint and markers and all kinds of fun stuff. And the last time she was over at the house, she actually got some tokens from me, and you know painted the tokens. And then the kids they decorated the borders. Oh. So like there's a centipede drawn on it, and there's Space Invaders, and there's Tetris, and there's just little things that like my niece likes to draw and you know some tokens were were they painted some tokens and those are affixed around the edge and they did lettering at the top it says arcade in big letters and then it's all painted and then behind all that the actual border itself is painted with i thought it was one of those paints if you there's some black light reactive paints out there that are clear under normal light oh okay. and i think that's what this is because you can kind of see it but when you put the black light on this thing it just pops okay so my sister had actually painted the border first with that so that then there's this like this glowing background that oh, all nice. this artwork is on nice. so yeah it's really really cool i was really happy so so i guess they got you markers to go with it and everything and so oh, it, yes, it works yes. just like a normal dry yes, race and board? it's magnetic okay yeah and it's it's a uh, it, it even fits in with kind of the game room when, when the lights are out kind of dark it's uh when i think dry erase board i think like what we have at work or what i saw mostly in college which was the white dry erase board yeah this is your modern slick glossy black dry erase magnetic board oh, so okay. it's, I mean, it's got all the bells and whistles <laughs> if a dry erase board can have them it's got them huh absolutely it was it was optioned out at the factory it right? was it was it's got everything and like i said i need to take some pictures of it to look at it's one thing, but when you light it up, man, oh, I was I was thrilled. So you yeah, know, Santa was great to me. Well, that, that's good. That's good, man. You, you know what you need to do? There is a thread on Clov right now. Uh, well, it's it's been on Clov for the longest of time, but uh, it's where people talk about um, and show pictures of their high score, quote unquote, solution or their high score oh, keeping solution you know, in their I game not, room. I have not been on Clov. Uh, 
like I should. Be. Well, and, and I don't get on it as much as I used to a year ago, for sure. You know, I, I definitely lurk a whole lot more than I post at this point. But uh, that thread's a good one, and you should see some of the, uh, I'll just say, ingenious solutions that people come up with for a scoreboard in, in their game room. You need to post a picture of that oh, well, in that thread. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I just, you know, for, for my perspective, I wanted something that my niece and my nephew had made for me. Yeah. And it was... It, it's something that fit the game room because I know when they, we talked about it before when they yeah. come over here they love to come down the game room and play yeah so I mean it seemed like a perfect fit yeah neat 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 well that sounds good man Santa yeah it sounds like Santa was was really good but outside you know so outside of I guess just the whole you know rigmarole of uh, you know the Christmas holidays and stuff like that you know and and we'll we'll get to you know kind of how that intertwined for us a little bit here here in just a, in just a while but what else has been going on man I mean did did you have a fairly slow month or a fairly or a fairly good month with some with some progress a little of both. I mean, if, if that makes any sense, I yeah. actually took some time off at Christmas. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the last show. I took Christmas week off, mm-hmm. which I've never done. So it was an opportunity to kind of get some things caught up, uh, relax a little bit. And, you know, so it, it was a little fast paced and that the holidays were about and there was family stuff going on. But yeah, yeah it, it, it wasn't because yeah. I also I wasn't having to deal with kind of going into work every day and, and de- dealing with everything therein. Yeah. yeah. Did have a, a, a fun visit. Yeah. New Year's Day. Okay. Nick, New, New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we're post Christmas. We're still in the holiday season here. But New Year's Day. Nick, People were out and about on yeah. New Year's oh, Day. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Nick Baldridge of the four amusement only uh, EM and bingo pot. No, let, let me make sure I got that right. I've been so formal <laughs> with our stuff for amusement. Own, I want to make sure I get EM. I don't, I don't want to go bingo. Then EM and come to find out it's EM and then bingo. And yeah. then I've let Nick down. Yeah, no, no. Get this straight, Brent. I'm, I'm looking at it right on, right on his Labson site for his, his podcast. Okay. Nick Baldridge from the four amusement only EM and bingo pinball podcast. Got it. He was in town. Okay. He was picking a game up from a local collector. And, and so he was in town. Now, where does, where does Nick live um, normally? Now, uh, where's he from? Now, see, now I'm on the spot. See, now this is where, this is face, uh, this is where Facebook comes in and this is podcast failure. Okay. Because uh, while I'm talking. You're looking Nick up right yeah, now. Yeah, he's in, from Virginia. Oh, okay. So, okay. So he wasn't, so he wasn't really that far away from home then. I, it seems like it's a little bit of a drive. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not sure exactly where he's coming from in the state. Uh, my geography is is poor in Kentucky, let alone outside of the state of Kentucky. But he has some family uh, in the area, so he, okay. Oh, okay. he worked it out where he could pick this game up from a local collector. He could visit family. He was in over the holidays, and he was also able to stop in for a few hours and visit with me in the game room. So nice. Nice. So I guess that was just kind of all impromptu. I mean, it just kind of fell together or it, is that something you guys have been working on for a bit? We'd been talking about it for a while. The plan for him to come up and get the game was um, was known. It was just a matter of timing on coming by. I see. And, and I already knew I had nothing going on that day. I, honestly, I planned on kind of just laying low, staying around the house. So um, it was like, Nick, if you can make it awesome i'll be here if you can't because you've got family they're in another part of the state state of kentucky yeah and you're driving actually into southern indiana you're i understand yeah and as it worked out he could make it yeah so sweet, he come sweet. by and he hung out in the game room for a couple hours he uh he played a couple of all things video games what video games uh, uh, we 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 talked quite a bit visited the, the heck you say i swear to you i was like <laughs> 
hey, is, <laughs> before you head out, was there anything you wanted to play? He said, there's a couple of titles down here I've never played. And, huh. uh, he, uh, he wanted to play Ripoff. So I had one of the best games on Ripoff I've ever had. If you've never played Ripoff, it's it's fun. Yeah, I've never played it. It's really fun with a partner. Okay, because you play cooperatively. I, I see. I see. And it if you if you can get a, a good partner, both of you all can kind of play on an equal level. It's really fun. Yeah, you know. So uh, Nick and I had a really good game of Rip Off, and he played a little Star Castle too. Oh yeah, loves love Star Castle. Such a good game. So yeah, and you'll. Uh, listeners of Nick's podcast, you'll get to hear my dulcet, dulcet tones if if the recording turned out all right. Okay, uh, on Nick's show. So oh, Nick, oh, so you guys yeah. recorded while yeah, while we he was recorded here as well. a little bit. Yeah. Sweet. Yep. Look at you all branching out and everything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's awesome, man. No, that's that's all good stuff. All good stuff. So, and real quick, I'll mention this for folks listening to the show. If I sound scatter brain more scatter brain than usual. I have uh, recently had uh, a little medical procedure on one of my arms, so I, it has been drawing all of my attention. So you may hear me bang the table or the mic or something. It, 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 honestly, Whitney, look at this thing. It's it's not a cast per se. I'm all no, wrapped it's, up. I, I mean, it's but, it's like a it's like an ace bandage masquerading as a cast. Yeah, with a yeah. splint underneath it. But I feel like I got a club on the end of my hand, and yeah. it's like completely uncontrolled. Oh, you could you could bust up some bags of ice with that. I sure could. Yeah. So yeah, I apologize. Let me pre-apologize for the quality of the first show of 2016 <laughs> on my behalf. Oh, it's all good, man. It's so. the only bad thing about it is I can't carry you, man. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, when we look hey, at the, when we look at the talent pool sitting at this table, whew, just laugh from the other side of the yeah, table. Yeah, exactly. Just, just yeah, just you know, cut us some slack, and, and we'll, we'll we'll definitely live up to whatever expectations. You have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you had asked about just other things, just like. I guess you know in the hobby have, yeah. I, have, I, have I gotten anywhere has anything gone yeah, on yeah so, just yeah just just ha- how did you know how did everything go with you know just the month being what it was yeah. Yeah. okay well one thing I wanted to revisit I'm reaching behind me and I, oh slowly uh, slowly yeah I, if you heard that that was actually my headphones <laughs> I'm handing Whitney a box in that box we've talked about on the show in the past compact fluorescent bulbs and yeah. games yep pull that bulb out of the box and tell me what you think there Whitney Whitney is extreme. Yeah. Did, did you wipe the? I mean, did you dispose of the mercury properly? Well, I mean, it disposed of itself. Yeah. Gee, many Christmas. So Whitney's holding a, a compact fluorescent bulb. Uh, that, I'm going to take a picture of this. This is going to go on Facebook yeah. later today. Seriously. Okay. Keep talking. I'm going to take a picture. So the bulb, the base of the bulb, has actually been on fire. Yeah. It carry, is carry the show, Brent. Yeah. Carry the show. I'm carrying it, Whitney. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, that bulb was not. Or technically, I guess it's a lamp. Technically, that lamp was not in a game. Fortunately, rather, okay, that actually was wow. in, in an outside fixture. This is crazy. But I've had I've had I've had them fail like that before, and I think I mentioned this on the show where we talked about CFLs, where I've had them fail to fire. And that's actually what happened with that one. If you look at the base of it, where part of the curly Q goes back into the into the into the base. It is charred. So when I when I took the fixture apart, oh, it's, it's toasty. There's no doubt yeah. about that. When I took the fixture, it, it's obvious that it was on fire. It just didn't get warm. Yep, that's a good picture. Yeah, of it. We'll good. have to post that up yeah, later. Definitely. And I, I, I I'm thinking back. I think I've got a CFL or two in the Gorf, and, and I, I need to pull them. I, I need to take them out. I, like yeah. I said, yeah. One, <laughs> I've never had an Edison bulb do that. You know, no, and I've had not not like that. No, I've had several 
or some, let's just say some, I don't want to go several. I've had other CFLs do that before. Yeah. So I've got CFLs in the in as the white lighting down here in in the game room slash broken token studio. Yeah, you need to fix that. Dude. Yeah, I really need to fix them. You, you do. I, now I will say this: um, at my house, I have had a couple of them fail. Okay, mm-hmm. but the way that they failed, they didn't burst at the base like that. Okay, what they did do though is they got so hot. And it wasn't it wasn't like an airflow problem or anything like that. Okay, from from that regard, they were actually open air, just underneath a lampshade. So they got so hot they started to flicker, and then they just popped. But the glass didn't break. But when you shook it, it felt like or it sounded like it was full. It was like glass that was full of glass. If that makes any, if that makes like any little sense. shards of glass, shards inside of, of glass inside the glass tube. Huh. And so I, I have no idea. Um, you know, I have no idea what actually. You know, I, I don't really understand or know the internals of a CFL bulb per se. So I can't really speak to what actually failed. But at the same point, you you listen to it and you say, you know, that sounds worse than any bulb I've ever heard before. Yeah, yeah. it just doesn't sound good. Well, this one I think the the actual tube the glass broke somewhere mm-hmm. because inside the fixture it was there was a coat of some kind of white film mm. and i don't know whether it's the coating or, you didn't or, lick it or anything no, did you? No, okay no, no, good no. deal not, yeah. no not this time yeah well, it's so like you don't chew on paint chips either yeah. you know it's one of those just things. in case, in case yeah. you get a lead one that's right so i don't know if if that was uh, the, the gas that was in there, if that was some of the uh, the remnants of the of a coating that's yeah. on the inside of the tube, I don't yeah. know. I just, but yeah, I actually I, I had to scrub it out. Swap it. I had to scrub it out, and yeah, it, it wow. when I opened the fixture, you could smell it. It was, it was bad. Yeah. I, so I don't know, man. To me, there's when you look at your other options that are out there. I think LED, although more expensive, is definitely. By beyond a shadow of a doubt, the safer the safer. Yeah, if you're way wanting to go, go cool and you're wanting to go a little lower energy, yeah. To me, I, I look at those. Um, it was a trial, and I'm not I'm not happy with the success of the trial. Yeah. So uh, uh, they're going to have to go. I yeah. think I think CFLs were, you know, I think the promise of them when they first came out was good because they were they promised much more from a energy conservation perspective than an incandescent bulb than anything we had seen to date. But it seems to me like they were they've been quickly eclipsed by LEDs. And I think the technology. I think it was. I, I see your point there, and I also think that it, it was pushing the technology too soon yeah i guess if you were to think about it from a technical perspective what you've got in that little form factor is the same thing you've got in a big fixture Mm -hmm. you've got i'm sure you've got a about the equivalent of a ballast ballast, you've got a starter starter. you've got the equivalent of all those pieces and parts but shrunk down to the end of that little base and i just don't think the quality is there to get the dollar amount to make them to get them to a dollar amount to make them sell. Yeah, and I and I think to from what I can tell, I feel that they also have just long term reliability issues as well. Because once you once you minimize everything to that point, I don't I don't see how it can stay as reliable as the thirty year old technology that it's that it's replacing, so to speak. So yeah, Whitney, I think that's enough on CFLs. We yeah, went, this isn't the CFL podcast yeah, or anything. We, we went from a hive, a visit of a fellow podcaster and, 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 and we, friend Nick Baldridge to almost burning my house down. Straight so. to light bulbs. It's yeah. just odd. So for the for the rest of the month, uh, it man, it was a Star Wars month. Star Wars was released this month. You know, did the you, Force Awakens. Did you see Star Wars? Uh, I've seen it multiple times. How many times? Uh, I am at three right now. Ooh, I've seen it three times. Yeah, I've seen it twice. 
So for... I can't, I can't wait to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell you what, for everybody that's listening... Yeah, let's just go ahead and throw us out on the table we'll right throw now. Throw us on the table. After the show, at, after the credits, yeah. okay, Whitney and I are going to have an open Star Wars talk. Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Yes. That way we'll stay separate of the game talk. We'll, yeah. stay, we'll stay on topic. Yeah. And then if you haven't seen the movie yet... Just, it, just skip it. You can just... you Once the once you get to the end, once you get to the credits, yeah. after you've listened to the credits... Yeah, because, yeah, because, yeah, the outtakes are going to be there as well. Uh, then you can just shut the show off. But if you, you know, that way you don't have to worry about spoilers or anything. But yeah. after the show, we're going to talk about Star Wars. I'm going to spoil this like 14 day, 14 year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 14 day whole sour cream, man. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> All right. So, but yeah, it was a Star Wars month. Um, I picked up a very nice empty Star Wars cabinet. So now I have. Upright, correct? Upright, yes. Yeah, okay. So now I, was I have say, wow. everything to build a Star Wars. So you, so you've got a harness. You've got art. Cabinet has the harness in it. Okay. Cabinet has very nice art on it. Okay, it has Star Wars art on yes. it. Yes, yeah. Now I already had a cabinet that was converted. Okay. So I mean, I had. No, the, I remember that yeah. because we. I remember you and I. We've loaded it on your trailer. Yep. So yeah. I had the potential to take that cabinet, strip the siding off of it, and art it and redo it. But no, I've got an actual unaltered star wars cabinet okay. it's got a little damage but it, it's 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 out of the art for the most part so i can okay. i can take care of that so quickly. does it have bezel and marquee and all that kind of stuff it's got it's got it all it does yeah i've got um it doesn't have the yoke it doesn't have the board doesn't have a monitor okay but i've got a power brick in it okay i've got a uh, um it actually had the person I got it from was going to keep the cage, the cage the PCB slides in. Yeah. But I had a PCB cage, so we just left basically left the cage in it, and, and then, then I gave, gave him mine. You gave him yours. So it, is it? How, what monitor is it set up for? Do, uh, it's, do you set, know? it's set up for an amp. It is. Yeah. So. But nice. it, it has nothing in it. No monitor. It has no monitor. Yeah. In it. I'll say this again. Look at you. Yes. Yeah. So. I am a little bit closer to a Star Wars, and actually, it would be a lot easier to build one because, like I said, now that I've got this cabinet, mm-hmm. I'd probably re-team mold it. It definitely needs a new marquee. Yeah. But everything else is there. I don't have to worry about building a harness. I don't have to, you know, um, I don't have to worry about a uh, the the uh, transformer assembly that's in there. So that was a very nice kind of christmas gift to myself okay gotcha now gotcha. as a side effect um a local collector was having a, a get together over the christmas holidays i know we talked about mine last show and you know a couple other folks managed to have a, a get together themselves this year well right before his party his star Wars, one of his star wars went down he's got a, an upright in a cockpit okay so his upright goes down and i said hey i've got a board Never plugged it into anything. I'll bring it. Can't be any worse than what you've got now. It's either going to work or it's not. It's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah, very true. Very true. Showed up at his house, plugged that board in. Guess what? She worked. It worked. She worked like a champ all night long. People were playing it. Wow. So I was very happy. So is this the only board set you have? Yeah, it's the only one. Yeah, Yeah, it's the only one I've got. Man, they go. They go for. They go for money too. They they go for money. No, no, no. No, I'm saying saying if you were going to buy another board set, it's just be ready because they go for money. Oh, oh, I can imagine. Yeah, they're they're expensive. So yeah, I had it. It was all Star Wars month. 
Like I said, Star Wars was released. I got myself a nice Star Wars cabinet. And I got my board tested, and it works. Well, awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's that's sweet. And, you know, it's funny because that game, it, what, it, it, regardless of what you think about it, being an on-rail shooter or, or however you want to call it, I still think it's a fun game. Uh, so and, do I. And yep. it, will, it never really goes out of style. I mean, it's pretty much in vogue all the time. You know, not, there, there's a certain segment of the hobby, I think, or the, the population in the hobby that doesn't really like it all that much. But, man, I, not me. I, I think it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, well, look at me and Donkey Kong. I'm like, yeah, it's Donkey Kong. It's Star Wars, I really enjoy it. Now, yeah. I admit some of that goes back to my age. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. I grew up with it. It was a hot game back in the day when I was right at the arcade age. It was a game that was in the uh, one of the bowling alleys that I was in every week with my grandparents. It was just a game that I remember. And you're right, it is kind of an on-rail shooter kind of a thing, but I still yeah. really, really but enjoy it's, it. But it's yeah. a really good on-rail shooter. And, and it ramps up in difficulty like quick yeah, it, you does, know, yeah. it does level one is is deceiving so level one is completely deceiving because level two will just kick you and level three is like almost it's just impossible yeah yeah now did i mention last month did i mention the golden tea that i picked up at auction I think oh yeah I oh yeah 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 so yeah, we, I, talk, we talked about that i picked up a golden t4 complete for my brother-in-law at the uh, severeville auction it's our it's uh auction game sales this they just had an auction in, in uh, uh, Sevierville right at the end of the year. And this was the dedicated golden tea cabinet from IT. And this, I, it, it is now uh, at the pinnacle of heaviest cabinet on, on my list of heaviest cabinets to have ever moved. I have, before that, it was, it was hard driving. If you've ever moved an Atari hard driving, I would move two of them before I would move one of these things. Uh, one in each arm, right? Oh, geez. Yeah. This thing is a beast. It is so deep. You know, uh, I know you've had pictures of your dolly, Whitney, up on our Facebook page. Oh, yeah. I love got, my dolly. Yeah, you've got one of the nice dollies. And I've got one, too. Mine's older. But it's uh, this, the style with the leg, if you will. So yeah, it's yeah. real heavy equipment dolly. You pop the leg out. It's it's a kickback. It's a kickback. Yeah. Okay. With this game lashed to that dolly, it is still so nose heavy that you can just, with one finger push the dolly and it'll want to upright itself really yes wow. i've never had a game like no that. it doesn't upright itself it crashes straight yes. oh yeah 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 that's I mean, what it does it's just on the edge of mm. teetering okay. i mean this thing is heavy yeah. so yeah fortunately i've got it taken care of it's delivered i had to go through it spend some time with it the big thing with that you don't have any hard drive games do you whitney Mm-mm, i don't well no. not at this point anyway i've got a couple now and, and I've wanted to go through and I've wanted to image the drives, maybe comp, uh, convert them to compact flash. And I, I just haven't done it. I haven't sat down to learn the tool to do it. And what a lot of people use is CHD man, mm-hmm. which is the tool that, that, ma- the that comes with yeah. MAME. Yeah, it comes yeah. with MAME. Yeah. And, you know, not to, I, I'm not sliding the MAME, de, the MAME developers, but to me, CHD man does, do, it, it's supposed to do what it, how, how do I want to say this? It's got a task, and it tries to do that, and there's not additional fluff built into it. Mm-hmm. So I had problems using it. I couldn't ever get a good image of the drive. And the, the goal here was... You couldn't capture an image? I couldn't the, capture an image. The goal oh, here okay. was, was I had that golden tee. I wanted to... The, the drive in it was dated like 2002, and it sounded like it had a rock in it. <laughs> but it booted, and it played, and did whatever. Yeah. So... Uh, the game itself it would go through its checks it boot up but it I, i'm sure it doesn't check the whole file system like 
you know, sector by sector. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get an image of it before I took it over. And then it was my brother-in-law's and then a month or two months, the drive crashed. Yeah. I could never get a, an image of that drive that I could write back to another drive and have it boot. Mm. So I don't know if the drive was having read issues and then CHG man just doesn't report those. If it, if there was some other error condition, yeah. I really don't know. I don't know if the software, I don't know if it was the drive. I don't know if it was my technique. There's a version of CHD man that seems to be released with every version of MAME. That is true. Yeah. Older versions would do one thing. Newer versions would do different things. Okay. And they were just, it was very inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. What I was able to end up doing to do was I found an image of the drive online. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, it, it took some digging because there's not like a central repository, at least not that I found for, for these images, like there are several sites where you can get the ROM. So <clears throat> yeah, after just a lot of trial and error. Legalities aside. Yeah. Yes. And, and actually, I want to say it came from overseas. I want to say it was somewhere in, in, in uh, somewhere in Europe. Oh, wow. Okay. But I ended up with, the, with an image of the drive. I was able to write the drive to another drive I had. It booted up. All the courses were there. Uh, it looked great. So then I had a, a, an image that I could put on a, on a USB stick and give it to my brother-in-law so we could hold on to it. Ended up rebuilding the monitor in the thing, fixed the marquee in the thing, and then even reading online, just doing some research on the game, people talked about the heart, uh, the uh, the video card getting hot. So I even added like a satellite fan to the video card. And, you know, the intention was is, you know, I, I wanted to, to take this to my brother-in-laws i wanted them to be able to enjoy it and i just i wanted to forget about it because it's not like here i mean i go through my games pretty intensely mm-hmm. but if i have a failure i've got parts everything's here I'm yeah 15 to 20 to 25 steps away from my shop i got stuff in the garage I, I can work on stuff i'm 40 minutes away from their place yeah so i i just wanted to bulletproof it as best as i could and all said and done got everything taken care of and got that out of uh got that out of here got that over in their place and uh uh, they love it oh good yeah i I come to find out my nephew plays a lot of golden tea i didn't realize that Hmm. so yeah it was it was it was interesting because it was the entire setup was different that I'm used to working on. Yeah, it's probably a lot more quote unquote PC oriented it is. Than, it is. than it is. You know, I, I guess kind of. Um, well, I, I guess solid. I, I don't even yeah, want to say solid saying. state, it, but it, instead of being like a game board, that, yeah. that's discreet discreet yeah, i guess it's, is a good way to say it we all yeah. know the game boards are basically computers yes. you know with with the the game boards that are processor based they're basically yeah. computers but you're right this thing is a air quotes computer without a case around exactly it. Yeah. so yeah. and it well it does have a case around it it's just monumentally heavy yeah and yeah exactly made of mdf and <laughs> yeah oh my gosh <laughs> it smells it's like a, a mushroom it's like a 27 inch monitor the monitor was like i think what, what do i have in my notes it's a k7500 mm. so it was just a beast. Did I you mean, have any problem capping it, you know, and, and servicing the monitor? No, or? I didn't. I, I, okay. I did go through, uh, it did just, it was working just fine, but I did go ahead. It, it had never been serviced. So I went ahead and, and just went ahead and recapped it so that I knew the condition of it. Yeah. Other than having a blue million caps, no, I didn't have any issues with yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. It well, went that's just, good. It went just fine. That's so. good. Now, and they had a GT99 that I had gotten for them in the past. So I ended up bringing that home. So I lost one, but yet I gained one. So, I mean, I don't know that you came out on top. I mean, well, did you? No. I mean, yeah. the, the this one was a converted cabinet, and the one that they got was uh, um, 
Well, from a space perspective, no. <laughs> yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's really I'm, what I'm. They're where happy, I'm going. so I'm happy. Okay, so yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah, oh yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah and that's the main yeah. thing. They're ecstatic. Well, to me, it's like something so big and unwieldy. I don't really know that I'd want to bring another one of them back because to me, the primary goal is to get rid of it, not to. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> not, when, when I brought the, when I bring another one home. When I brought the golden tea complete home. It was not going to stay here. It was yeah, for them. I, yeah. It was here temporarily so that I could go through it and get it in good shape for them. But uh, yeah, I, I, I temporarily lost the space when I brought it home and then I gained it back, but only for the period of time it took me to drive there and back and bring this GT99 back. Yeah, so so what are you going to do with the I'm GT99? Just, I, I'm just going to sell it. I'm just going to move it on. Yeah, probably yeah, good I'm, thing. It doesn't really fit into my game room, so yeah, it's going to move on. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair Speaking enough. of down in the game room, well, this is actually in my shop. I had a Zaxxon out in the building. and uh, You had it for a while? Uh, I've had this thing for several years. Probably four or five years at this point okay it, it was out in you know if you've if you've seen my building mm-hmm. and i've got some games in my uh in my larger garage and they're just kind of lined up kind of almost like an aisle type of a situation yeah and it, it's just was kind of just in the lineup and i've shuffled it around here and there i had the control panel uh, but it was separate from the game the game didn't have a bezel in it and then at some point in time whoever kind of started pillaging the game for parts back in the day had taken all the coin mechs out of it and not just the mechs but actually like uh, it doesn't have a coin door per se it's kind of got like coin slots and then behind those slots are what you would normally see bolted to the back of the coin door all the assembly and everything yeah. the coin chute everything that holds the actual coin yeah, if memory serves me it's that it's that like fall wood grain even around the coin mechs yeah it, it? it's a bit the whole front opens down yeah yeah like that's, a door. It. that's it yeah. yes yes so it doesn't have a conventional coin door yeah but it's got those two coin slots that are in that big large door that's yeah. the width of the yeah that of the big game. wood grain panel so all the, all that stuff was robbed out of it and I never plugged the thing in, and I decided, okay, I'm going to get this thing together. The cabinet is actually really nice. The art's really nice. The marquee's really nice. I don't really have to worry about a bezel. It didn't have a bezel in it, but the bezel for a Zaxxon is just like black plexiglass or oh, tinted okay. plexiglass. Okay. So that's easy enough. Yeah. I said, I'm going to bring this, get this thing together, and I'm going to bring it to Louisville Arcade Expo this year. So I pulled it out of the lineup and i said all right let's plug it in and let's just see if it's got any life why why why'd you buy a zaxxon just out of curiosity i got it in a deal oh okay. it came with other stuff okay all right so you i know, mean no, no hate on zaxxon it's just i just don't wake up you know on a saturday morning saying i gotta go get me a zaxxon today for I, I don't know it's just i've got nostalgia for the game but i just don't really i don't know i just well, don't really pine after i it. remember playing it back at chuck e cheese's back yeah. in the day and it was it, it was i mean it's a difficult game because it it's, is. it's that you know you're basically going at an angle and it's uh-huh. it has set the standard for what everyone calls an isometric game that's right yes so i remember playing it back in the day and i had a very difficult time with it yeah. of course i was much much younger this is back at chuck e cheese's i mean it is a fun so, game but i but i just don't know that it has the the rhythm of something that would really hold my interest for all that long now that, that's that's the thing about it. i haven't played it in years and honestly i could make the control panel back on it and play a couple games yeah when i plugged it back in i was shocked i mean the thing powered right up the game booted and game booted right up monitor is beautiful huh um, what's it got in it 4900 oh okay so it's never been serviced i got the ba- the back door was locked i got into the back door of it T- tube in good shape oh yeah it's gorgeous wow 
So I, I was kind of shocked. I, I don't know if it was maybe at the end of the popularity of Zaxxon and it just didn't get a lot of play or if it wasn't making a lot of money on location back in the day. But yeah. it's obvious that it was taken apart and uh, um, it was started. People started to pillage parts from it. Hmm. Wow. So. So, yeah, I've, I went ahead and pulled that. That was a, a December thing here, a December update. I pulled it out of my building, and it's in my shop. And uh, kind of, you know, I talked at the top of the show about this little thing that I've kind of got going on with my arm. I, there's not a lot I can do with it right now because I'm kind of I'm kind of hampered. Yeah. You know, I did a cap kit the other day, and I, I can't get this really kind of wet or anything. Yeah. So I had to put a glo- I put a rubber glove on over this so that, you know, as I, as I worked – I, the glove would get dirty and I wouldn't get, you know, I can wash yeah. my hands, but I can't grind, get anything yeah. ground yeah. into it. And you really can't clean like it. really soak your hands. No, I can't. Yeah. yeah. So actually I put a, a Harbor Freight rubber glove over it <laughs> so that I could use this hand. You, you know what they're called in other rings, don't you? They're well, called a hefty bag. They're called, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Other circles I, rather. I moved it down here so that I could maybe pitter with it a little bit. Yeah. It, it kind of being, you know, a, a little... I don't know what you want to call this. Uh, uh, not not necessarily up to par, but yeah. I can't do a whole lot with it. So, but yeah. Anyway, like I said, I moved it down here, and uh, it'll 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 clean up really nice. I'm gonna be really happy with it. So. Okay. Well, good, good. So so that's just gonna be moved on down the line, huh? Yeah, I th- I'm gonna take it to Expo and at least get it out there. I know there's some people in town that really like it, but um, I, I really don't see it, it's not gonna be a keeper for me. Yeah. You know. I might hold on to it. I might not. If somebody decides they really need it, then okay, we can work it out. So Hmm, okay, yep. yep. If anything, I'm gonna gain the space back in the garage. So yeah, and then to kind of round things out real quick for Expo, uh, the cartoon theater. I have been working uh, on it again, kind of in my spare time. And since I can't really get into anything real deep mechanical, uh, I'm probably gonna get back on it because it's more of a, a software thing. Last time we talked, I converted it to take quarters you know so basically i tied the raspberry pi in the car that runs the cartoon theater into the into the coin switch mm-hmm. at the coin slot on the door yeah so if i want to in the game room drop a quarter and it plays cartoon well i'm going to go back and revisit the treated as um treated as coin op equipment th- kind of theory thought where i just want to go up to it i want to turn it off just like it's a pinball machine just like it's a video game i don't want to have to get in it and shut it down like it's a computer yeah and i know this is doable i've mentioned this before most of your driver driver type games they're linux yeah uh your mega touches linux this raspberry pi it's linux so i've started to experiment with it and what I'm doing right now is there's this convoluted hardware solution in it. I'm using a UPS, uh, an uninterruptible power supply. And when it senses the power is gone, it does an orderly shutdown on the Raspberry Pi. I, I want to get away from it because there's just too much in it. There's batteries. There's other pieces of software. There's a satellite board on the Pi that's the hardware that watches for things. Uh, there's a battery charger in there to keep things. Tr- I, I just want to get rid of all that. It's just become a problem. So I'm going to get back in and start looking at converting it to basically what is a read-only system. Some of the computer folks out there may know a little bit more about this, but in short, I want I want to minimize how the Raspberry Pi writes to itself and uses its own kind of flash memory, its its hard drive, if you will, so that I can just turn the thing off and not corrupt it. 
Okay. And there's several techniques to do it. So like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to experiment with it a little bit here in January and ideally I'll have it ready to go for expo. And I mean, if it doesn't work out, I can always fall back on what's going on or the way it's going, working now. So, you know, and then, and then past that I've had pictures, you know, this is, this is something you always want to check our Facebook page because I know Whitney and I post a lot on our Facebook page. I had change machines galore fill in my shop i had change machines do you, everywhere do you still need those for me yeah if you've got them i'd love to yeah, have them. i mean we'll yeah. wait till the weather breaks a little oh, bit yeah. but yeah yeah for sure so a couple local collectors had seen what i had in my game room which is i've got an rdac change machine and i've got it hot wired everything in my game room is on quarters but i give you the quarters so you walk over to the change machine and it's the older style for those of us that remember it's got the drawer you put the dollar in the drawer and you push the drawer in. When you push the drawer in, it trips a test vent and kicks out four quarters. You can play games. Okay. A couple folks in town really liked that idea and they had come up with change machines and uh, other models uh, similar to what I've got. And they had asked me to take a look at them. One of them had some power supply issues and the other gentleman, he had two incomplete machines. So I started off with what was three machines and ended up with two working machines converted to act like mine. Okay. So those have have gone back out into the world, if you will, you know, and I'm, you can't, no one can see this, but I'm kind of giving that waving motion is yeah. like, you are free. Yeah. <laughs> so those, those machines are going to go live on in a, in a couple game rooms here in the local area, okay. which I'm really excited about. Oh, so. nice. Nice. So are they Ardax as well? Yeah, they're Ardax as okay. well. All right. Yeah. Well, good deal. Good deal. They just, um, I'm sure the other manufacturers can do something similar and it just worked out where, the, the these two individuals they had the opportunity to get a, a machine similar to mine yeah. which and it really worked out for me because I was already pretty familiar with it yeah so it, it, it I was more than than uh, more than glad to help them out oh cool know? so um, Spre- spreading the Christmas yes, cheer absolutely yeah so that's kinda, awesome kind of like, awesome. like a Christmas present for a couple local collectors from, wow from your well they, they actually they actually kind of lucked out then didn't they I mean because it's not I mean that, that's not a typical it's not a typical piece of equipment that one would have around their house as no. if any of this is but you know but at the same point you know I, I kind of look at you know the games and the pinball machines and everything that's core to the hobby the, the change machines are kind of you know kind of kind of a satellite kind, thing. kind of yeah. a satellite thing you well, know you know if you're if you're frequenting auctions change machines turn up all the time yeah uh, do they okay oh yeah and yeah. They, they're not you know change machines I, I don't understand the ins and outs of them uh, but i'm sure that there's some people there that an auction that understands the ins and outs of say redemption equipment that don't understand the ins and outs of say video games and they can't figure out why this video game went for x and the video game right next to it went for 10 times x yeah Whereas the change machines are kind of like that. Sometimes they'll go for almost nothing and they'll just almost have to give them away. Yeah. And other times they go for just stupid Pre- money. Just premium dollar. Yeah. It seems like every time that I, I find them on Craigslist, they're, they're in that premium dollar category. I mean, hundreds of dollars yeah. for, for, for an Ardak machine. And I'm like, oh, man, that's, uh, you know, all things being equal, but no thank you. Well, you know, the Ardak thing... The, the the locals here they knew that I had this and they knew that it was possible uh-huh. so I'm sure they probably kept an eye out yeah you know yeah. there's rows out there and there's however other many vendors out there yeah but they knew that they could do it with this machine yeah and it just it just all worked out that in December that I had a couple guys that were looking to 
you know, I realized that that's what they wanted. Uh And at the same time, I was like, well, let's just, just bring them over here and I'll take care. I'll I'll fix you up. You know, it'd be so much easier for me because I have everything here in one place at one time. And you could refer refer to yours if you needed to, you know, you could always open yours up and, and and run, run with it there. So no, that that sounds pretty fortunate, man. That's that's sweet. So yeah, that was my month, man. Star Wars, change machines, golden teas, cartoon theaters, and, uh, uh, awesome Christmas gifts. Yeah. Sweet. What about you, man? Well, my uh, my month probably mirrored yours to some degree, uh, Brent. I mean, I was off for a, a couple of weeks uh, over the month, uh, off from work. It's it's a holiday tradition. Uh, our family generally takes takes that time off of work, and you know, let's say like the the week before Christmas, the week of Christmas, and then what? However, the calendar falls between Christmas and New Year's, and then we we both both my wife and I then go back to work. You know, like the first the first Monday after New Year's. Okay, so you know we kind of bank our vacation time a little bit throughout the year in order to be able to take that time off at at the end of the year. So it's neat. Um, I. You know, uh, I always, I always tell myself I'm going to get a lot done, but it it never happens. Well, it 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 happens, but at a reduced rate. Okay, Mm -hmm. so so here's the thing, Uh, and you know something, it's good because I wind up spending more time with the family, and that's really the point of it anyway. So that that's okay. So I I don't beat myself up over the head with it, you know, too awful bad. But man, I wound up staying up really, really late most every night. Like Brent, I, I I was getting to the point where I was staying up to like. 3 a.m. Oh, wow. You know? And then... You're getting too old for that. Well, yeah. And <laughs> No, I'm not. <laughs> and then um, and then I would want to sleep till like 9 o'clock in the morning, you know? And then get up and say, okay, I'm ready to go again. And by the time that I... Well, and the reason I'm staying up so late is because, man, we were watching movies. And that's that's probably one of our favorite things to do is to kind of catch up on the, on the movie backlog, so to speak. And... Um, you, you kind of roll that into the fact that we host a lot over at our house over the course of that holiday, over the course of that time period, over the course of the holidays. And I wound up sleep depriving myself as I went, you know, if, if that, if that makes any sense. So even though it's supposed to be a time of like rest and relaxation and recharge, I actually, I think kind of wound up killing myself over the course of that. So you stayed up late and then started sleeping in and decided you didn't want to lose the time. So you were continued to stay up late yet got up early. That's exactly right. Yes. Yes. And so I I was really doing myself no, no favors per se when it comes to that. But, you know, fortunately, you know, it it all worked out. You know, I was able to kind of, I was able to kind of, you know, catch up on the sleep, uh, you know, after. After, um, after Christmas, but before New Year's, we don't really do anything on New Year's. We always have uh, my my daughter has uh, our daughter has some of her cousins over for New Year's Eve, and we always wind up you know having kids at the house on New Year's Eve, and so we cook popcorn, pizza, and watch movies and stuff like that, and you know the ball drop and all that. So it works out really well. Now the reason I say all that is because before we kicked into the uh, I guess the holiday season proper, you know Brent, you were able to get over to my house Mm -hmm. and we were fortunate enough and this had been a little bit of you know a little bit of time in the making so to speak but uh victor marlin from the 10 pence arcade podcast he and his wife tori were able to stop into our house or stop into my house and uh, we had them over for i guess kind of like a pre-christmas meal and they stayed gosh brent how how late did everybody stay that night i mean it was probably around what 1 a.m or something it was pretty late so i can't uh, wait 
Whitney, I can't remember what I did this morning. Come on. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm going to have to get you another <laughs> notebook so you can write that stuff down. But uh, nonetheless, I, I think everybody got there like around 7 o'clock and we wound up staying until about 1 or one thirty or so, but had just a wonderful, wonderful time. And uh, we wound up recording for about an hour for the show and we'll be running that here at the conclusion of this segment. So yeah, everybody hang tight and we'll have our first, uh, I guess, kind of international crossover. You know, we, we, we floated them over across the pond and then bam they show up on our show so it was uh it was really cool so that that was a lot of fun uh yeah Brent, we wound up doing what we deep fried a couple turkeys mm-hmm. uh and we had just i guess uh you know uh some sides uh, i guess kind of quote unquote all american sides and everything and i think victor and his wife really liked it man so uh victor actually requested the deep fried turkey special because uh, as we learned i and i had no idea of this but uh over in the uk they don't really get i guess kind of poultry on the bone so to speak mm-hmm. it's more so like sliced and processed like deli meat and so they were very um they, they were they were very uh excited oh, to yes, be able yes. to get to be able to get turkey or poultry in this fashion i was and, a little surprised i think basically the feeling was is that around christmas you could kind of get like a whole it seemed like it turkey. was really expensive though you know but, I mean, they were quoting the pound how much it cost in pounds and it was like just through the roof you know and but you know like here it just seemed uh it's commonplace it, it's commonplace you know yeah. if i wanted to in july i go get a turkey i could go you get can. a turkey i mean yeah. the, the, the turkeys are admittedly smaller in july than they are yeah, in, oh, yeah. in november but still but if you need one you can go get one absolutely yeah it, over there it sounds like it, it's it's almost always a luxury and it's really only an attainable luxury at that point of the year you know so so anyway i you know just to just to, i guess kind of make a long story short when it when it comes to you know the cooking hour here on 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 the, on the broken dogan podcast <laughs> we've covered cfls yeah. we've covered uh, uh now we're cooking yeah right? now we're movies. cooking yeah yeah we've threatened to talk about movies but yeah. we haven't done it yet but uh, anyway so we deep fried a couple turkeys and just you know biscuits and just everything it was it was fantastic proper, proper biscuits yes Yes, yes, proper biscuits. So that worked out. Like I say, we're we're going to roll that. I guess that hour of, of recording that we did, you know, at the end of the night, and, and we'll, we'll have that coming up here in just just a few minutes. But man, nothing really arcade related. I didn't really get anything arcade related for Christmas outside outside of what you gave me for presents and everything. I, I appreciate that, Brent. I, you You're know, so very welcome. So somebody was thinking of me, and that's great. But you know, I, I had a couple people ask me. You know, it's like Whitney, what'd you get for Christmas? And I, I will say the same thing that I tell everyone is that Brent, it is Christmas for me all year long <laughs> because I'm I'm just very fortunate that uh, typically whenever I want slash need something within reason, of course, you know you can't just get all crazy and mm-hmm. you know, it's like I think I'll go order you know a, a Medieval Madness remake today. That's not going to happen, but typically whatever I need, I get. So you know I don't really wait till Christmas to 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 make anything happen. I just roll it throughout the year so I'm, I'm fortunate and didn't didn't really get anything didn't really need anything so it's all good um one thing i will say though and we'll talk about it when we get into the star wars segment is my daughter got one of the bb8 droids one of the app controlled BB-8 oh one of droids, the spirit yeah that one is sphero sphero yeah sphero okay. one of the sphero bb8 droids and brent that thing is like wicked cool man it's it's awesome but anyway we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about I, that I, I never thought something would be cooler than r2 
Uh, this is. Uh, we, but, but I know. I just mean in, in not just this particular toy. I just yeah. meant in. I meant in the Star Wars universe. And yeah. The, in the sci-fi world. Yeah. You know, R two has always kind of been his own little oh, thing. He's the gold standard, yes. man. You know. But uh, so I don't want to say BB 8s better. It's just different, but it's different in a really cool way. You know. So that that's mm-hmm. that's the better way to say that. I, I need to recant my previous statement because. Oh no, I'm he, saying he's cool. Yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's very cool. Didn't mean to slide on R two at all. But uh, but from from oh, an R two haters out there yeah, i know i'm just <laughs> clicking this off right now but um as far as you know i guess as far as project progress goes brent i will say it was it was almost all pinball related this month because i am getting my pictures ready i have snapped brent i counted them up last night on my laptop and i've got like 80 pictures that i need to uh that, that i'm like sifting through to upload to a facebook album at this point so i am making progress on that but and this is in regards to my acdc Pro, which now, Brenna, I think I'm just going to go ahead and call it a, 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 let's say, a Promium, so to speak, because I've been installing all the mods to it that I've had shelved for the past year or so and just haven't really gotten the time to to focus on, on the game, okay? And so probably shouldn't have started this project uh while i've still got two arcade games to work on but yeah i I stuck my head in your game room when we were over with vic and tori and the carnage ensues oh yeah it it was just like okay it's like this this game exploded on the floor this one threw up on the floor i know i know it's oh it's so horrible uh but i will say you know get this one wrapped up and uh and then i'll I'll get back onto the arcade games because i've i've given myself a a pretty much a a hard a hard stop on on the zookeeper as to when i want to have that thing done but uh nonetheless i started tinkering with the acdc and then as with me, tinker leads to obsession. Obsession leads to teardown, and then teardown leads to mods. You know, and mm-hmm. so that's that's really kind of the way that it goes. So here's what I've done. Um, yeah, I've, I've talked about this in previous shows. I've got the red armor installed. It looks fantastic. I went through and I pulled the 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 chrome T molding off the back box and installed black. In picture, you know, pictures will be up on Facebook. I, what do you think about that, Brent? I mean, are you a fan of the of the, of the chrome T molding? I I am not, and I have gone through and yanked it off my Tron, my Iron Man, and my ACDC. I've replaced it with he, black on all of them, and I love it. He's looking at the same game I'm looking at, which is my CSI with the yeah. chrome T molding on. Yes, it. yes. You know, I'd, I'd rather, if I was going to pull it, I'd color match it to the game. Like, the CSI is primarily green, so I'd probably yeah. put green on it. Would you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or maybe like on ACDC, red or black. Or, yeah. Well, you know. you know, Tron had, well, they all had chrome on them. I put black on the ACDC. I put black on the Tron. And I, I liked it. I like it on the Tron because it kind, of, it kind of darkens up the whole game a little bit. And I think that's cool. On my Iron Man, it came with red T molding because it's a vault edition. And I, I mean, personally, I thought it was just ugly, man. I just did not like that color treatment at all. And so I wrapped the I wrapped the head on the Iron Man with black, and it to me it looks it looks ten times better as well. So, so is the T molding just on the face mm-hmm. and the, the edges that the yeah. leading edges that you look at like that surround the back glass? Y- okay. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. you said wrapped. I didn't know if it actually went around it. Now like on a, the vault edition, it does go around okay. it. It actually, it actually goes the, the like an arcade the, the circumference. The circumference it wraps around these and it wraps around the entire back box, so it runs the entire circumference of the okay. back box. Yes, gotcha. Yeah, looking at it from the side like that. Gotcha. So, 
so yeah so it, it's it's a it's a really nice um it's a really nice treatment for the games i think it's a very subtle uh but appreciated upgrade you know when when you look at you know when you look at it from from that regard but um i will say this i did get the flipper fidelity kit uh installed and finished up and uh brent i will have these uh ready for the next show i just really ran out of time uh i have been going through and, and recording you know the setup on on the game you know i started out with 100 percent stock no sub walk through the the flipper fidelity back box speakers stock sub i'm sorry uh stock woofer no sub then i went and transitioned over to the flipper fidelity back box speakers i installed the fl- the flipper fidelity woofer with no sub and then i fired it all up with a sub okay and recorded that in the same configuration and i'm i've got it all sitting in audacity i just need to go and trim it and then just make it a little more show friendly so mm-hmm. to speak so that we can play it but i am really looking forward to uh to the show next month so that we can walk through those and then i'm kind of curious what your what your ear says when you when you hear them to see if you can pick up any any discernible difference. So like you're just going to play one randomly and I have to guess which one. No 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 no. It is. no 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 no. I won't do <laughs> well, that. That would be fun. Yeah, wouldn't that? <laughs> see, I think it's. Uh, oh, I don't care anymore. You know, it's one of those deals. But but no, we'll we'll walk through each one of the four configurations and then give everybody an opportunity to see, you know, what they think the difference was. Now, the one thing that I will say, okay, is that I feel that. And I'm not saying this simply because I paid for them, okay? Because it's, it's easy <laughs> it's easy to counter buyer's remorse. Self-justification with, for with self-justification. Yeah. That's exactly right. So I'm not I'm not doing that. What I what I will say though is I, I think that it is a definite upgrade to the machine, but I don't think it is a monumental change mm-hmm. to the machine. Okay. okay. So when you look at it, um, Am I happy that the, that the kid is in there now versus stock? Oh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I am. What I feel that it does is that it, it gives the machine a more premium sound and a richer and fuller sound, okay? It is not meant to blow you out of your sneakers just by swapping everything out, okay? It's not as much volume as it is. Qu- it's quality versus quantity. That is exactly is that right. That is exactly right. And I would even go so far as to say that the at the same volume level the flipper fidelity system is actually a little just ever so slightly uh, muted okay in comparison to the stock system but the clarity of the of the music in the sounds far outweigh anything that i felt i was getting with with the stock setup okay okay so i think the stock setup was louder but it was clankier okay i think this setup is a little quieter but it's so much cleaner if, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense okay or if, if that's a good way to think about it and the bass is definitely improved um, with the Flipper Fidelity sub, or I'm sorry, with the Flipper Fidelity woofer over the stock woofer, okay? So beyond a shadow of a doubt, the game sounds, to me, it sounds in order of magnitude better, uh, even if you do have to notch the volume up one or two levels to get it back to where you were. Were these straight drop-in speaker replacements? Completely straight, yes. So you didn't have to modify the cabinet or anything? No, 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 no. Outside of just waiting for the mounting hardware, which, you know, still kind of a little bit 
of a sore spot with me because uh, you know I had to I had to essentially source the mounting hardware myself, um, you know, in order to in order to make sure that everything you know everything fit because there there just wasn't enough of it in the box so to speak. But uh, after I did that, I mean, the install was literally you know walk through the instructions in. and it was a drop in and it was done. Okay, now the one thing that I will say, Brent, and I did spend a, a fair amount of time in doing this. Okay, uh, is making it clean. So when I put the pictures up on the Facebook page, especially the woofer, um, you'll see that it has it has a crossover installed on it uh, from Flipper Fidelity, mm-hmm. and I I still had to wire wire it for an external sub at the same time. So I took I was very intentional in how I did that, and um, I, I think when you see how how I arrived at that, it should be uh, it should be pretty neat because I made sure that I that I ran all the wires and did all my junction points at a point ahead of the Flipper Fidelity woofer so that I did not join everything at the crossover itself, okay? So if I wanted to, I could completely remove this system and put the stock right back in and still be wired for an external sub. Okay. Oh, okay cool. Yeah. So it worked out really well. Worked out really well. I was uh, I was actually pretty pleased, you know, with with how with how I did that and, and how clean it uh, how clean it wound up being. Now moving on to the next thing though that I did to this pin is Brent. I I have uh, been purposely holding back on installing the color DMD until after I got the sound system in because I wanted to do all the work in the back box one time. Okay. And uh, and so man, I went through and installed the color DMD. And you know, Brent, I will say this. This was my first one. Uh, this is my first install of this. And for something that I thought was going to be so easy, it really it really wasn't that straightforward, okay? And I'll go ahead and show a little bit of ignorance here on this. Um, you, you, you run through the instructions, and the instructions are actually really good. But you have to pay very, very careful attention to the drawings in the instructions because it is extremely easy to mount that DMD upside down. And you oh. would... And you you would never know it until you went to put the until you went to put the uh, essentially the speaker panel back in but even if it's upside down it still looks like it will mount properly inside the speaker panel because there's another there appears and i didn't test this because i didn't want to break the display um but there appears to be enough clearance in the bottom of the back box to even allow the speaker panel to sit in its natural position with the DMD mounted upside down. It appears that way, okay? So what's the upside down part? Is it where you say there's enough room? Is it because like where the cabling comes out of the display or something like that? If it's upside down, could it potentially hit something? No, no, or? no, no. Well, if if it's upside, well, okay. The DMD is is taller than the stock. The, the yeah. color DMD unit is is taller than the stock than the DMD that it replaces. At least in the Sam game, okay. Okay. So there's there's overhang, okay. There, there's there's a bit of the display that sticks in its proper mounting location. There's a bit of the display that sticks up past the speaker panel, the top of the speaker panel. Okay. Because normally the DMD is flush with the speaker panel from a dimensional standpoint, Mm -hmm. top and bottom. Okay. Or a little less, you know, it sits in the panel with no overhang. The The color DMD unit has overhang. Okay. So it either overhangs a little bit on the top or it kind of like peaks above the speaker Mm -hmm. panel or as I originally had it mounted, it was, there was actually a little bit below. Okay. And in my line of thinking, I thought, okay, well for there to be a little bit below, it'll be be masked by the you know the open area inside the back box and it'll sit flush with the top of the speaker panel and that's pretty much a drop in that's pretty much a drop in install well i was wrong i got it backwards okay because after i fired this thing up 
it was very easy. It was very apparent once I figured out what was going on that I had the thing upside down. And Brent, I didn't realize this. Um, I thought, okay, that they would ship with the display settings set for the game that you ordered it for. Okay, so I go on Color DMD's site. I order it for. I order uh, Color DMD for an ACDC. I, I personally, I would have thought that it would have been set ready to install in a SAM game out of the box. Okay. It, it was not okay so the display was completely garbled when i first turned it on and i thought i thought i had done something wrong or i had a cable backwards or i had broken the display you know straight out of the bat because i expected it to come up and be legible but you know had you know quote unquote hashtag pro tip <laughs> they, read, read the instructions well read the instructions but also realize that they do not that color dmd is not shipping them set for a sam game okay so i had to walk through the menu and set the display for sam and then it displayed properly uh even though it was in monochrome did you just set it for sam or did you set it for sam acdc i know set it for sam okay okay because you set it for sam i think sam wpc and maybe one other option is there and it'll change it'll change the way that it uh writes the it'll change the way that it scales the the display and and how it draws the character how it draws the letters and everything like that okay now all that being said okay um when you install the color DMD, it has what's called Sigma firmware in it, and that just allows you to color match it to whatever color you want. Mm-hmm. So you can roll through, um, I think it's like 40 different colors, if memory serves me correctly. You can change it from red to yellow to orange to green to purple to So, so basically it displays whatever would normally be on the DMD, but it displays it in a Just smooth, in a color. In a color that you choose, and I think the, the resolution is better because it's kind of smooth. It is. It yeah. is. With the Sigma with the Sigma firmware, right. it is. It's smooth. Okay? Now, the way that you get... ACDC colorized is you go to their website and you download a specific color ROM for the game and then you flash the display and then after you've done that then the game is can colored. interpret the individual it, that's exactly it can interpret yeah. the individual frames mm-hmm. and then it redisplays them in color okay and at that point once you've installed a color ROM on it you have more options for how you want the display to be scaled like you can go dot which is which would be normal or what they call dot xl which is which is kind of like um like uh i guess kind of oversampling the dots it actually looks better than than the stock kind of, display does it kind of smooth it a little well, bit then, takes no some it doesn't smooth out. it it doesn't smooth it because it's still dot based but the one that you're thinking about is i forget the name of it but it does smooth it to where it looks more like a animated display okay rather than a dot display okay so yeah it definitely smooth it definitely smooths it out so um so i think there's four modes and uh, and I chose .xl. I think that to me that looked to, that looked like it was the most natural, uh, you know, for the color DMD ROM. But uh, I will say this, man, I was totally, totally satisfied with that after just kind of understanding what the process and just kind of ironing out the kinks. Okay, it's it it brings a whole new dimension to that game. It's it's pretty sweet. Um, and you know, I went back into the mod closet, uh, pulled out a few items that I've uh, had shelved for a little while, um, and I, I started to install my uh, lightning flasher bolts. I got those from Hook Pinball uh, quite a while ago. And Brent, I will say this: the the build quality on those things is is uh, second to none. Um, I installed one, and to where I could get some pictures and a little bit of video comparing, you know, one of his flashers to the stock flashers and everything. And Brent. Um, 
Um, I, I though his his flashers are so bright. Yeah, I was just looking it, at it, it. Almost knocked me back. I was just looking at a picture, and it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, I, I mean, I could just count and count and count. Yeah. There's, there's it's a lot of it. It's there. a lot of LEDs. It's probably 20. It's probably 30, 35 LED, white LEDs. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, and how many, how many lightning bolts is it? Three. Three. Yeah. And, and Brent. So 100 LEDs, 90 LEDs. And they just hit you in the face. And, and Brent, I, I, I thought about if there was a little kid there or something and they were prone to seizure or something like that. It, 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 I'm not prone to seizures that I know, but it was so bright it was actually uncomfortable. You know, so forty two, forty two, forty two okay. LEDs per flasher, per flasher. Okay, so Brent, and this this is absolutely zero against zero I mean, the, slam on unhooked at all. I mean, because the, the product it looks is beautiful. Aw- oh, the product is awesome, and it and again, build quality is beautiful. I got exactly what I paid for. It just hurt my eyes. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's you know, the only way to say it. If if your if your game room was more of a um, a lights on, like when Papa when Papa has a tournament, yeah, they had the places lit up like Grand Central Station. Oh yeah, you want to be able to see everything, right? For sure, it would probably work really well in that environment. If I had that in my game room, yeah. Because I, you know, I, I run with the lights out and black lights on, and basically yeah. the only light, Me real too. visible light you have is the light off the games. Yeah, yeah, that it would probably be like hitting you with a spotlight. Yeah, it. it, it I just got a, a really heavy strobe sensation yeah. out of it, and it, it hurt my eyes. Uh, and I was, I was afraid that if I looked at it for too long or too. Or it was um, you start to get that ghost too, too repetitive. I'd get that ghost in my eyes, and then I would walk away with a headache. Is yeah. what I would do. So Brent, uh, unfortunately, I had to pull them, and I just wound up selling them on Pinside. Okay, and I just had to move them on down the line. So I, I regret, I regret it because I really wanted them to work out. But you know, at that point, you know, I mean, they're beautiful. They're beautiful, man, beautiful. And uh, so I wound up getting uh, the set from Pinbits, and it looks like they're much more muted. So I'm going to get those babies installed and uh, I'm looking forward to that. And then the next thing that I, that I got out uh, ready to go into the game, Brent, and this is actually going to be a little bit of a challenge because anytime you're installing decals by yourself, mm-hmm. it's always a bit of a, it's always a bit of, of a wrestle, especially with the play field in the game, okay? And I'm not going to pull the play field out of the game just to do this, but I have uh, studied this uh, from one side to the other, and uh, I think I've got everything down. This is one of those scenarios where you measure 10 times and then you cut once, you know? But uh, I have got a set of um, essentially blade. I guess people call them like mirror blades, or I guess like uh, side decals. I, uh, I don't. I think the mirror blades are actually it, they're it, actually mirrors. They're mirrors. They're yeah, mirrors. There's a mirror that goes in that same position along the side inside sides of the cabinet that's to the exactly right, right. play field that's exactly right so so these are from pinball pt and i'll just call them cabinet side decals okay and uh i went and uh, bought a set um this this is their um this is their i guess kind of like their their crowd decals and brent they uh they they, they look awesome they, they call them sideboard sideboard sideboard, sideboard decals. decals okay yeah. that's what they are so they go in the same place as a set of mirror blades would and uh, Brent, if you page down through the one note you'll see i've got a couple pictures of this oh i'm already uh, on their side i'm looking uh, for other games yeah okay fair enough they they do have some for csi i do believe if if memory serves see me correctly. i've always wondered about these i mean i'd always think you know if the play field just even barely kissed the side of the cabinet oh 
you're going to have to be careful, man. Yeah, it'll just tear the crap out of them. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, you, yeah, you're you're right. So, but at the same point in time, how many times have you knocked the side of the game while lifting the play field up? I mean, well, I do, don't know do, because I've never had anything on the side of the game that would tell me not know, to do it. Yeah, that, yeah, I, that I've okay. done it. Okay, that, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so, well, yeah. I, I'm I'm an aesthetics guy, so I fell in love with these. Okay, so I'm going to give them a whirl and see how it turns out. I think it's one of those things where I, where I will enjoy them on the game. I'm just going to have to be very cognizant of them being on the game. Yep. Okay, that that's it. The one thing that I will say though, Brent, um, is that this is where having the service rails on the playfield helps because I have noticed for the sheer number of times. 70 or 80 that I've lifted up the play field on my ACDC while I've been doing the bulbs and, you know, installing this and installing that, man, those service rails are the real deal. Um, I would not take them off of the game now that I've got them on. Okay. So I think that, I think that will definitely help. But uh, anyway, so that's, that's what, you know, I guess as far as like game work goes, that that's really kind of what I accomplished over the course of the holidays. Um, I did get in uh, a couple pieces of artwork from this old game. I had ordered a mappy bezel and a uh, time pilot marquee. I didn't and, know they were doing time pilot marquees. Yeah. Yeah. I need to hop on their site and take a look at that. I'm, I'm actually there right now. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. So I did get in the time pilot marquee if you're interested in taking a look at it i'll bring it over next time if you want to see it but uh it looks uh it looks really good and i'm i am very happy with it i got it done on glass uh which is um how i prefer my marquees um i'm not a fan of plexi personally so i if i can get a marquee done on glass i will uh, almost always choose to go that route so uh anyway so i got a mappy bezel which is sorely needed for my mappy and the time pilot marquee which uh, i i needed very very badly and then brent um the only other thing I guess that's that's worth mentioning or of note, and uh, with me being you know I guess kind of um, you know a, a closet you know twenty six hundred freak I guess if you could if you could call it that, I got in a book. You're out now, Whitney. Yes, you I told am. The world. Yes, I am. Uh, I got in a book called the uh, the Atari Book. It's the ultimate collector's guide uh, from the makers of Retro Gamer. Uh, from the makers of Retro Gamer, it's two hundred pages, and Brent, this thing is almost like. A, it's it's like a book and a magazine kind of crossed together but it is is it hardcover it is no it's it's soft cover but is very high quality okay you know the way that it's bound is in a is in a very very thick kind of laminated uh kind of glossy slick type of uh type of paper and the pages are very high quality and it's just a it's a joy to look through man it really is and so uh you can find it on ebay you'll probably pay about 15 or 16 dollars for this so if you're a big if you're a big atari fan like i am uh, you probably owe it to yourself to pick one of these up. Okay, that's where I got mine. I, I found it on eBay, and uh, and I'll freely admit uh, I found. Well, uh, Brent, in the show notes, there's a link. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it is it like a new thing? New no, production? this is no, 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 no. This, for a while? this has been out. From what I understand, I'd have to go back and look at the ISBN details on it, but mm-hmm. I think it's been around for a couple of years, if not maybe a little longer. I just now heard about it though via one of the Atari groups on Facebook. Oh, okay. And so there was a discussion running on facebook about it uh a couple guys were talking you know about how much they liked it um I, well, maybe this is an annual thing because this the link that you posted said 2015 issue of atari book oh okay excellent, excellent. so I, I don't know i mean i'm just 
uh, what I'm telling you is what I'm reading as I'm reading it. So okay, I, fair I, enough. No, fair it enough. It may be just new this year. Well, then maybe maybe that's the case. I, I do need to go and see if there have been other editions released. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just you know I just read through the discussion thread on Facebook on it, and then uh, went and looked up a couple pictures of you know what was covered in the book, and I thought, man, that would be something that I would enjoy reading more of. And Brent, I've probably worked my way. I'm maybe about twenty. 20% of the way through it at this point because as soon as I got it I started on it and uh, and it's a very easy read it's a lot of pictures but it's also a lot of like and, and it's it's like a lot of uh, an- anecdotal information okay mm-hmm. you know just kind of filling in the gaps on this game or this game or th- this system the 5200 versus the 7800 and things like that um, if you're if you're a big Atari console guy you would you would really enjoy this okay well you have to bring it over next time you come through and let me check it out yeah I will do that it looks like it's got some home computer stuff on it, it too it does yeah, yeah. So they cover like the four. I think it's the four hundred, eight hundred, and maybe the ST. But uh, anyway, I, I'm not real. I'm not real knowledgeable on the Atari home computer side of the house. My cousin Philip is. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna uh, next time I see him, I'm gonna make sure that uh, that I've got it with me, and then you know I'll, I'll get his take on it as well to see if he thinks you know it's 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 of good information. And you know I'm I'm sure that it is because on the console side, it's 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 been it's been a pleasure to read. But again, it's called the Atari book uh the ultimate collector's guide from makers of retro gamer okay so it's uh, it, it's it's definitely a very very neat uh, very neat book but uh you know brent with it with the holidays being what they were i mean that that's really it you know like i say i i caught up on a lot of movies i stayed up too late i uh, had a lot of people over to the house i mean brent we went up hosting like three three separate times i laid Outs- low i didn't do all that. outside of you and victor and tori and my wife Jackie and Grace being over as well. So I guess total it was like four times that I wound up hosting. And dude, I cook. And it's just, <laughs> I just know, laid low. <laughs> I laid low. Well, see, what would Victor say? Bully on you, you know. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's that's good. But uh, well, speaking of Victor and Tori, yeah, yeah okay. I think now would uh, be a good time to uh, drop into the interview, or I don't know if you. What would you call that? When you kind of like a round table? I don't, I don't even mean, know. It, it wasn't, wasn't formal. It, it, wasn't, I mean, it, it just, wasn't an interview. It was more so like we just started recording and yep. talked, you know? Um, discussion. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, just a, a, just a good holiday uh, fellowship and arcade discussion. Does an evening with Victor and Tori sound too pretentious? Does that sound oh, too British? That sounds pretty good, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, Whitney, yes. with that, why don't we drop into an evening with Victor and Tori Marlin? Let's do it. down here in my basement we are on christmas holiday right now and we are very privileged to have a couple of guests from <clears throat> across the pond you yeah, have and that's me victor marland aka Verbeck. <laughs> i'm in 10 pence mode you are in 10 pence mode it's such a smooth and oh yes oh, yeah well, I well love technically that voice. you're in kentucky and yes. i don't know which is better uh 10 pence mode we're about six hours behind Okay. All right. So that's why I'm so tired. <laughs> it might be. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's getting late, though. It is getting late. What, what time what is it here in Kentucky? I've lost track with you. It is uh, 20 minutes after 11, so yes, it, the, the the night is almost nine. Vic and his lovely wife, Tori. Say yes. hello, Tori. Hello. 
No. Say hello, Tori. No, you, you, say, say hello. Hello. Because <laughs> we Excellent. always speak posh at home. Good day. Yeah, there you go. That, Good evening. There you go. That's great. They, so have, supposed to speak. they have come stateside for a Christmas holiday and were kind enough to grace us with their presence. And Whitney, the master chef of the evening, tell, tell everybody what you whipped up for us, Whitney. We had deep fried turkey. We had... Just all kinds of good stuff. I mean, if I go through the menu, it just sounds really Kentucky-like, so I don't know if I'll go through the whole menu. But, uh, you know, tater salad and baked beans and biscuits and, and you know, just, mm. yes, all that good stuff. <laughs> and, and the deep-fried turkey, what did you all think? Absolutely it's amazing. delicious. Yes. It was and amazing. It is good, isn't it? And Mrs. Tenpence, Tori over there, doesn't normally particularly like turkey. She had two lots tonight. Yeah. And so like, it was amazing. It was good. Ooh. So you guys it liked really it? Good. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. So we did all right. Kentucky, yeah, Kentucky represented. All right. okay. Thank you for and having us. No, no. Thank you guys for being here. It's awesome. And Whitney, I have to admit, it was the first time I've had deep fried turkey. So it, it, was, it, all these it, it was a big day for all of us. Now, <laughs> it's a big day for all of us. Now, now I'm upset because as Whitney often spends my money, yes. now I'm going to have to get myself a rig to eat fried turkey. I'll tell you, it, it really is a good way to go. It really is a good way to go. You ought to look at the infrared uh, cookers as well. That's That's like... Newer than the deep fryers. Vic, our last show went like this. We started out talking a little bit about gaming, and then it just diverged into all kinds of fun stuff that had nothing to do with the topic of pain. Not, not a snack. <laughs> we're a cooking leg. tonight. Yeah, wow. we're cooking tonight. So, where you've made a few other stops while you stayed inside. Where, where have you been, and what did you do? Well, we first flew into Chicago, and on the next day, the full day, I met up with a Sky two of the Sky Cursor guys, uh, Chris Cruz and Phil. Oh, I'm going to butcher his last name now. Toy to- shaking, well, shaking him off. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Gollabish. Gola- <laughs> yes. Okay. Phil Gollabish. I think I've done. I asked okay. him where his name was from, and he he had no idea. It might be Polish. I don't know. But I met up with those guys the next day, and kindly they ferried me around in their car because it was quite a drive to the. <laughs> I don't uh, know what's going on. They're, they're watching TV upstairs, everybody. Di- so you just have to I kind of bear with it. There's this. a dinosaur loose in the house. Yeah, yeah, there's a dinosaur running through the house. <laughs> That's all right. And it sounds really hungry. Quick, Brent, feed it some turkey. <laughs> don't give it to it. No, I'm going to fight it for this turkey. Did you notice where, I'm, where I've positioned myself in this little place? Yeah. I am the closest, to, closest the to the turkey. Yes. And proper biscuits. Oh, yes. Ooh. They're anyway. very different from our kind of biscuits. Oh, yes. Yeah, so which, which we also have on the counter. Yes. yes. We bought Waitrose Christmas chocolate biscuits. Yes. That, that, Waitrose I think, biscuit. I think that is just a, a gallon of milk waiting to happen is what that is. I've been trying not to bust into that package yeah. all night. Yeah. Uh, it's going to happen. It's yeah. going to have to happen. Anyway, wait, wait, so, galloping gun, uh, no, so, so you were detailing uh, the trip. Sky Cursor. Sky guys picked me up in the morning because wife was a little bit ill. So she stayed in the hotel and recuperated a bit. And we headed on to the Galloping Ghost, which is a little way out of town. Um, and we met up with Doc and a guy there behind the, the counter who was working there called Pete. And they really looked after us. Absolutely brilliant day we had. I mean, it took me, tw- I did a, a walk around for the audio and it took me 20 minutes just to walk around. And I was rushing around the place talking about the games. They had so many different uh, rare games there, ones I've never even seen or heard of in Maine before. And Doc treated us like kings there. He really looked after us. We had T-shirts off him. I, he gave me all his time to speak about some of the things he was getting up to. Absolutely brilliant. Amazing hospitality. It's been amazing hospitality from everyone so far. Absolutely. This part of the world is brilliant for that. I think it's well known, to be honest with you. 
Um, well, it's, it's good to hear. I, I don't think we get to hear that, you know, that much. We become accustomed to, you know, just you know, manners and everything like that. So, yeah. so it, we don't, we don't really see it as extraordinary, but I'm glad that I'm yeah. glad that you guys were treated well. It's awesome. Yeah. 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 We, well, I always find the service in America, anywhere in America, cause I've been all over the place is second to none. I mean, that's, that's why I give tips, not because I think I have to, but I think they deserve it because mm-hmm. they're not doing it to earn tips. They're doing it to be nice. Mm. And you know, it just comes hand in hand and it's absolutely fine. I enjoy it. Yeah, but that's you know that was one of the things that was um, that sort of struck us. I mean, I mean, Chris and I was saying, "Oh, come on, guys, just take some money." You know, cause you, you pay fifteen dollars to get in the Galloping Ghost, and he was like, "He was like, no, 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 you're right, you're good." He was like, "Come on, just." Oh, oh. And then at the end of the day, I said, "Right, I'm gonna buy me and Sean a T-shirt." You know, and there's another guy back home uh, who's a friend of ours as well, Sarge. I thought I'll get him a T-shirt as well. You know, he's been very good to me. I want to buy some T-shirts, please. Yeah, yeah. And I went to get my wallet out. No, you're good. You're good. I was like, no, no, no. And like, so it's no, been quite hard to spend money so far, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, e- even this morning, no, just oh, was going this for morning, breakfast. The breakfast story. Yeah. So before we get to that, I see in Chicago. Yeah. And Still in Chicago. Ghost. We, yeah, because I was going to bring that up. We did the yeah. Alpen Ghost, and and then at one point I said to Doc, "Oh, do you mind if we go somewhere quiet? Cause he's a busy guy. He works like eighty or ninety hours a week at his arcade." Oh, it's, I can imagine. Every I mean, day of the week, and it, he's a real busy guy. And he said, yeah, you've yeah, got yeah, a lot of equipment around. to keep up. You've got, oh, if you're goodness, doing t-shirts, yeah. you've got inventory. You've Absolutely. got to keep the lights on. So. Oh, yeah. And we, he sort of took us like two doors up to his little office there, and it was full of equipment and PCBs, and he, he spent some of his time, and he gave me his time, which was to be the most important thing he's got. And we spoke for a little while about the galloping ghost and how he got off and what he's doing and some of his future things. And he's a really busy guy. And I was really grateful for that. And we had just, we didn't have enough time. I mean, I played a few games, a few odd ones I've never seen before, but I would like to spend at least another day there, a whole day. You, you, you haven't got enough time to get around the place. It's massive. And I had to talk to people and you sort of get up, you get caught up with talking to people because they're interesting to talk to, even though there's 450 odd games I wanted to play. Yes, yes. And he was just, he, he, he held my attention. And you know, it, was, it was great. And then the Sky Cursor guys were there to, I think, Doc has already bought their game and they're going to they're, they're talking about setting it up there because they're really proud of how they set their game up and they want people to see it in the best light so that was good and when we finished there we went to uh, another part of Chicago and went to the underground retrocade and I saw real snow come down out of the sky <laughs> don't see a lot of that in the UK <laughs> and the underground retrocade um, I didn't think months ago when my wife was planning our visit because she does all the hard work I just sort of tag along and nod my head a bit <laughs> and do things when I'm so told. you planned a gaming outing to the U.S.? Oh, my. Sort of, yeah. That's I, wonderful. That's awesome. She's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And, and that day, even though she was ill, I was I was allowed, in inverted commas, to do my day. <laughs> you're always allowed to do anything. Yeah, like, yeah, but, you're not a hey, dog. Vic, you don't hold, need permission. To her. But what you <laughs> don't happy. seem to realize is some wives, they don't allow their partners, or, or the other way around even, yep. to do that. Sort of, or they moan at them for doing but it. But if, people, really if people can't do their hobbies, then, then what's the point Absolutely. in being with well, them? Well, I've noticed. Yeah? I don't know if you've noticed, but you know, Tori, an awful lot about this hobby and this so I, you pick it up yeah <laughs> so which it does, is awesome it does osmos because it? now it, in my opinion and in, in what scant few hours that i've known you it's kind of like your hobby as well and you all can share i think together. it is because it's if it's important to him then it's important to me 
yeah. you know if it's something that helps to keep him happy and then he's yeah. the same way with me and, and indulging me in what I like to do as well which is to eat <laughs> well, it's not just eating. You, 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 say, you make it sound so bad there. We, we go to different restaurants, we experience things, and you cook as well, and you bake. So you're a foodie. She's a definite foodie. Yeah, a definite foodie. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a non-reluctant foodie. <laughs> I will come along and help. <laughs> Until he complains about his expanding waistline. <laughs> that's always the end. That, that seems like that's the bad part hey, that goes this, along with This it. is an audio medium. Works great. Yes. Absolutely. We've yes. often said we've got faces for radio. Don't yep. worry about it. Yep. Let it fly. Well. Anyway... <laughs> I do this a lot on our podcast. Getting back to <laughs> um, I talked to Scott Lampert, who's a guy who runs the Underground Retrocade ages ago, because they used to um, sponsor the No Quarter podcast. And when the No Quarter podcast stopped for a little while, um, they were putting our games in there and oh, okay. giving little prizes out for people who could beat our scores mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And I, okay. he said, Oh, if you ever get over here. And then one day I said, I'm coming over. You know, we're doing a holiday. Oh, come on round. And when we looked at the map, we realized he's quite a way out, the underground because Chicago is massive. And I said, oh, I don't think I'm going to get round there, about mate. 40 miles out, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite a way out. And I said, I really, I'd love to, but I don't think I'm going to get out there. And then when I found out that Chris was, was willing to bring his car and ferry us about and go to different places, I was like, can we go? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we've got to take him a Sky Curse aboard there anyway. So it was two birds one stone really I was like oh this is amazing I get to see Scott we sort of got there and I didn't know what he looked like or and we sort of got in the door we got our money out to pay I think it's like ten dollars there or whatever and this, this guy behind the counter we didn't know just said and we said how much is it he said are you Victor yes <laughs> are you Chris yes nice. then he's good to go yeah. He's like, wait, no, no, not again. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, your, your husband is an international celebrity. <laughs> oh, I've done about that. An international man there, of there mystery. There is a story about that yeah. from when he went to New York once as well, actually. <laughs> is that? With is your, it? your T-shirt that you were wearing that oh, time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk that in a minute. And anyway, um, so Scott has got a, a really nice arcade. Have you guys ever been there? We no, have not. Have. No, um, not yet. Have you ever it. get a chance to take take the time out it's really nice it's such a clean arcade as well and at the front of his of the storefront it looks exactly like um, Back to the Future where they've got an old Apple Mac an old Apple Mac computer <laughs> in the window and he's done yeah. it just like that and it's really really nice and it's really well lit inside and in, inside when you talk to him at the counter he's got like some soda pops behind and you know snacks and stuff and he's got a, a counter with a glass front full of old consoles and handhelds. And I said, oh, I used to have that one. Oh, I've got that one. He actually took it out of the cabinet and said, you can go on it. And he had batteries in it. I was playing Packery Monster. And it was really cool. And then I sort of said, right, oh, I'm just going to do an, uh, an audio walk around. So I walked around the first floor there. And I was like, oh, this is a Pac-Man. And this is a Dig Dug. And oh, he's got one of these. And, it's the and I sort of went around. And then I stopped recording. And I came back. And I said to Chris, you know, I just want to walk around. And he said, have you been upstairs yet? I went, uh, oh, there's what? more. There's I went, oh my God, there's an upstairs. So I had to go upstairs and do another walk around. And he had a load more stuff up there. And he's even got room out the front of the place. I think he's going to expand. And then we sort of, we got, um, we put the Sky Cursor board in a suitable machine. We got it all running. And I was playing for a bit. And it's a great game. It's, it's, it's quite hard, but you do get used to it. And I was doing that for a bit. And then we, I played a few games. I went on the, um, their Dig Dug there. I thought, oh, I can beat that score because I'm not bad at Dig Dug. I've got my own Dig Dug home. And I got second place score. So I went and told Scott. He said, oh, brilliant. You know, are you on Orcade? 
And I said, oh, I don't, I don't know if I am. And I realised, oh, I actually was. And he put my score on Orcade and it come up on there. They've got like an on... It's an online... An online scoreboard, uh, yeah. yeah. And they've got it showing at... I say online, but it's more of like a scorekeeping kind of a... For, yeah. for folks that haven't heard of it, it's... What's the easiest way is... I think, I think I've already x out the word that probably best fits it, which is an online method to keep scores so you can compare scores yeah. across the world, yeah. Yeah, for that matter. Yeah. A record. Yeah. I've got number two. It's nothing like the, the world records. That's in the millions. But I think mm-hmm. I've got 300 and something thousand on it, which is a half decent score. Mm-hmm. It's not the best I've ever done, but I got number two, so I was happy with that. And he sort of got it all online there and did it. And then we sort of we stayed there for a little. We didn't have to stay there that long because the snow was coming down a little bit, and we had to get back for dinner later on. And uh, I said, "We we better go now." Oh, yeah, we better go. And um, we were talking to Scott at the end, and we said, "Oh, I didn't realise you had an upstairs." He goes, "I've got a basement as well." <laughs> Goodness, and I think he's going to expand into the basement. I was oh, like, "Wow, Whoa. nice!" And he was such a nice guy, absolutely brilliant. So really lovely. How many games are there roughly? Oh, I'd say a hundred. Okay. Something like that. Now I don't your, know for sure. On your walkthrough, did you just you, you go through and name each game yeah. and maybe say a little bit and about usually, it? Yeah, oh, I like that. Oh, I've yeah. that later on. Yeah, I do that sort of thing. And he had, he had loads of different games, not just the common Galaxian Pac-Mans. He had all those. And he had some other cool games as well. And another great thing I, I really, really liked about Scott as well, and I already knew it, I talked to him about um, Doc Mack, the guy from The Galloping Ghost. And he said to me, He's the best guy. If it wasn't for Doc, I wouldn't be here because Doc helped him out with a lot of the machines in the mm-hmm. early days. Yeah. And I think when I talked to Doc about it, he's helped out like 10 arcades in the local area. He helped him out with machines and sort of information and stuff. What a brilliant person for the the community. Rather than just doing his own arcade and, you know, making or, some or money even, on it or whatever. Or even looking at that as competition. I yeah, mean, yeah. He yeah. helps, he actively helps other people out. 40 miles, I mean, that is a distance, but... I mean that that would take a little bit of your draw, but yeah. we see Whitney and I we see that a lot where people will rise to the top of this hobby, mm-hmm. and there's just not a lot of us that do it in the big picture. Yeah, and they'll help everybody out as best as they can. Yeah, and, and really, that's that's what you want to see, and that's yeah. what that's what should happen. You yeah. know, in order to keep the hobby alive and to keep it to keep it growing and to keep it fresh, you know, and once everybody turns inward, then it just it it'll it shrinks, and, and that's and that's yeah. we, no one wants to see that. No. So he's he's been a, a, an ambassador for arcade machines. Yeah, that's great. And the work he's doing there is brilliant as well. So absolutely amazing people. And then it doesn't end there. We went back for pizza at Giordano's, which is famous thick crust <laughs> yes. pizza, which yeah. was amazing. How, how was that, Tori? Was the pizza good? It was pretty good. Yeah, I couldn't finish it though. We yeah, had I the know. smallest one between two of us. Yep. And I, I just managed to finish mine, and I had to let a few buttons off my back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good though. Hey, yes, it, it, it is. It's good. It's good. So we took the Sky Cursor guys again. I think we dumped the car somewhere, and we walked to Logan. Arcade, yeah. No, we've got um, we've got an Uber, didn't we? Sorry, an Uber taxi, yeah. So Logan Arcade, and unfortunately, there was some guy called uh, what was his name? Cool Keith. Cool Keith. So all the kids listening, they'll know who he is. He was some kind of rapper. I haven't got a clue, <laughs> but he was playing at Logan uh, in the back room, and you had to pay extra money to go in to to listen and watch him play. Yeah. So I couldn't get in and look at the the Killer Queen game, the ten player. I wanted to look. I sort of saw it from the outside. And I was like, no, I want to go and look at it. Yeah. And uh, I did get to play on the other games though, and I got to play Sky Cursor on the Sky Cursor machine. 
which is probably the best experience of playing Skycoaster. Now, this is one that Chris Cruz and his team hand-assembled. Yes. So, they chose the cabinet, and then yep. they made sure it was tuned for the game. Yeah, it's really nice yep. as well. They did their own side art on it, and they painted it up, and they had a control panel overlay made up. And the game runs really nice. It's got a 25-inch screen on it. It's really good colors on there. And they've got it pinpoint accuracy on it. It's really good. And people were putting quarters into this thing and playing it. And much to their amusement, someone had beaten their score on it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah they weren't happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to change this. Score. <laughs> this game needs to be a little harder. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty hard. hard as it is. It is, it? yeah. It's pretty hard. And also, the, another good feature of, of Logan is they've got another unique thing in there where they've got next to that machine, they've got a VEC 9, which is this vector game some guys have produced recently using old vector hardware, old vector <laughs> screens. And Vic, you had a picture of, I guess it was the attract screen. It kind of looked like an, uh, I'd call it an astronaut, but the story behind the game is it's uh, it's Soviet bloc, Russian type yeah, of a situation. Yeah. So maybe a cosmonaut's the better yeah, way to describe yeah. the, this picture. They, it was like this head, and just to have, in modern time, yeah. to have relearned that technology. Because, I mean, it was difficult back in the day to program a vector game. And yeah. to see what they drew just for the attract screen. Well, as well I as mean, that, on the later amazing. on, there's a whole story they've made up. Oh, yeah, a whole backstory for and the thing. If, I, think, I think we did it on our podcast recently. We, we linked to a, a site said about it. And these guys, from their own admission, didn't know anything about making a game. But they did it. Mm-hmm. And... There's also a picture later on, I think, of Stalin. I think I would have chosen well. a little easier platform. I think I'd have chosen a little easier platform to do my first game on. Well, easier hardware. They, they do get points for cool. Oh though. yeah, the no hardware joke. on it, it. They've made this cab, and it looks like a clunky old Soviet block arcade machine. You must have seen the site where they've got they found all these old Russian mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it yeah, looks I, like th- one I think of those. we had that on our Facebook page. I, th- I think we put that article up at some point. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And the, the actual control, it's got like a yoke, like a Star Wars yoke. But it's, it's really heavy duty. You can tell it come out of like a submarine or a tank. And it's got like, you know, enamel paint chipped off on it. And there's always buttons. But it works like a dream. And it's, it's the only one machine that they've made up, as far as I know. So I got to play that as well. And I failed miserably on it. It was rubbish. I didn't get past the, it's a tutorial at the start. Was well, that like you could have practiced at home? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll play that in main. But when, when you play, you sort of control um, a sort of a, a craft, like a... a, a an airplane or something. And at the start, they, it, it lets you, like a tutorial, you've got to fly through stuff. A little bit like the trench in Star Wars, but not as quick. And you've got different buttons to, you know, roll your ship over and you go up and down. And I didn't make it through that. And then later on, you go on to the, you know, the lock-ons with the, the, the fire buttons. And it's sort of like a star glider type thing, but in all vectors. Yeah. But, I mean, the screen on it looks brand new. I don't know where they got a decent you know, vector uh monitor from but it's really nice and the only one as far as i know in the world so far do you know what their plans are are they going to mass produce this or are they going to build it to suit to order or anything like that if you can source all the black and white vector monitors i'm sure they will yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I don't think they will because they probably haven't got that many vector monitors because you'd have to pinch one out of a uh, asteroid i suppose yeah or an asteroid or a battle zone or yeah, yeah. Uh, um you don't want to ruin machine a mega race or yeah. something mm. something yeah and this one didn't have any burn on it as far as i remember yeah, it was a really clean screen. Mm. Really, really clean. Nice. So you guys, okay, so Sky Cursor, VEC-9. Yep. Did you get to play, you know, Killer Queen or anything like that I where you were there? because it was in the same room as this little concert was going on in there. I so I, unfortunately, I didn't. And I'd like to have got hold of the owner 
to speak to him because he's apparently a really good guy. Yeah, yeah, mm. Mr. Zaspi, Jim Zaspi, fantastic guy. guy. Yeah, fantastic but unfortunately, guy. I didn't have time to do it. <laughs> you got your thumb in your mouth. You're like no, no, this. No, 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 I've got it right here on my chin. <laughs> I was like, what are you yeah. doing? No, 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 I'm just, I was just kind of resting. I, I, no, I was just kind of resting on my chin. <laughs> yeah. This is how our show goes. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been the side profile of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> so Logan was pretty good. It was very packed as well. And it wasn't just because that concert was on, because there was a lot of people at the front. And they got a lot of craft beers there as well. And I think the beer is pretty good. They've got quite a large space in the middle. So they've got yeah. all the machines sort of around the outside of the room. Oh, I think there's the, actual the, the space very front room. to sort of, yeah. yeah. And then there's actual space yeah, for people to stand around or there, sit at the tables. And if so anybody on. out there makes it into Logan, it's what, Whitney, three rooms, I would say? It is. It, it's, yeah, it's like the, the front room, then of course the middle, and then all the pinball machines in the back. So, yeah. 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 And the yeah. middle room is where the killer That's queen right, yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, uh, like a C shape where the games just run all the way down the wall around the back and then back up the other yep. side again. They should do. Yeah. So another game I played that I've never played before. I've seen once or twice is um, Tron Dead, uh, Disc to Tron Environmental Camp. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a funky machine to sit inside of, isn't it? It is. I've, I've you kind of lean in it. Yeah, it's more of a sort of lean your backside on, and, and yep. oh, I loved it. You were but pretty shocking at it. I was pretty rubbish at it, yeah. I mean, I've never <laughs> played it before. I've never had a chance to play it. I know yeah. some people have got it, but I've never seen it on. It's quite hard because you've got... Yeah, you've got to bounce these those, discs around. Both those The men. first few levels, you can just throw the disc and you get the guy quite easily. But then you've got to start bouncing around the outside mm. of the screen to get him, and it does get quite difficult. But the machine was great. When you die, all these red lights sort of flick around you. It's, I didn't expect it. It's great. You also he, played Woe Nelly. I played Woe Nelly, Great Big Melons, or whatever it's called. Yes. <laughs> big Juicy Melons. Big That's Juicy Melons, it's yes. It's supposed to sound as rude as it is. Yes. <laughs> and I, I thought it was a bit dull, actually. It's, it's supposed to be themed like an old school pinball. Like an old it? EM game, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. single level play. Yeah. Kind yeah. of a, I hesitate to say, but basic layout, like an old EM game. Yeah. yeah. I think the pr- the price on a brand new pinball for that reflects it's cheaper than the Stern. Like a pro model? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I played some, there were some old 80s pins there as well, some side states I had a quick go on as well. But look, everyone was playing them. And there were some games like Simpsons I didn't play. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like I mean, he's got a wide variety of games there. Yeah, he's got I mean, he, he does. He spans stuff. several decades. Mm. Yeah. Now, the, the last time we were up there, and I can't remember the name of this game. Do you remember the Firefighter game? Or the like Firefighter? Firefighter. Yeah, Firefighter. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's natural. It just happens. <laughs> when we when you walk... Now, they move games around quite often. Oh, right. So, like, oh. they're... The the last two well the only two times I've been there they were it was within a month or three three weeks or so mm-hmm. and there was you could tell there was a rotation they keep things fresh oh, wow. and, and yeah, that's a good so, idea but uh, the second time I was there when we walked in over to the left where the uh, environmental discs of Tron usually is mm-hmm. that, that tends there, to yeah. be yeah that, that's a popular game so yeah. I'm sure it kind of stays it's in, pretty in, big in the line of somewhere yeah no. off to the left of that on the wall there was this um, fire fighting type of a game. Yes, I remember that. And it, it had a it had a small steel ball in it, and it was like a ladder type deal, and you had to run a, a was it a crank or a lever it, back? No, it, it was it, it was like, like a, a wheel. It was like a disc. Is like a, it as best as I can remember is like a wheel with a little handle, and you would spin it oh. to to like ratchet the ladder up and down. Best as I remember. Right. It was yeah. it was ODM game. Yeah. No. Uh, 
I no, wouldn't say I don't it was old. Video. It was from. There's a whole backstory on this game. So yeah. this company made the game, and they ended up. The short of it was, they went out of business for some reason, and there a couple got out, and then there was a warehouse full of parts and pieces and a few assembled games. Wow. And then somewhere in the mix, and, and I think I'm getting some of this right. Somebody bought the warehouse and ended up leveling it. Oh. So in the middle of all that, in the mix, a few pieces slid out, and they're very, very rare. Sounds but it's fun. it's a it's a mechanical game, but it's a somewhat modern game. It's not from the EM era. Oh, right. And it's have you ever seen Ice Cold Beer? Yes. It's Ooh. maybe similar to an ice cold beer in that you're manipulating something physical into ball and you're trying yeah. to move it up and down. And in the backdrop is like this fire escape type deal. Oh, okay. And it's themed on some, a fire department. Yeah. I wish I'd seen that, man. Well, you, if you, it was. The last time I saw it, it was in that front room. Yeah, it wasn't and there. Right, right, yeah, right off yeah. to the very left-hand side, like up in a corner by the window. No, it didn't yeah. sit there. There must have been something else in there. Yeah. I was wondering if it was still there. Yeah, they do that in... There's a, there's a bar in Peckham Rye in the UK, in London, called the Four Quarters Bar. A friend of mine uh, looks after the place, and he does the machines there. And they've got a stack of machines in storage, and they tend to move a few around every now and again. Keep it fresh. Yeah, yeah. it's a great idea doing that. You know, you don't have to have a massive premises to have, say, a hundred games. You can have thirty games, and they just swap them around every few months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people do enjoy that. So, so after, so after Logan, did you guys roll on down here to Louisville at that point, or we had another day? No, we had yeah, Chicago, we had the we? Saturday and the Sunday. We did all the touristy nice things. Went up the uh, Willis Tower, and we had some beef sandwiches and. Mm, beef sandwiches. <laughs> Dip sandwiches. Did you go to Portillo's? We didn't, did no. we? We went to Big Owls. Yeah, Owls, Italian beef. Owls beef. Yeah, but Portillo's was the other place we should yeah. have gone. Yeah. But the problem is, is we just went hungry. We forget that... We were cold. It's true what they say. Some things are bigger in America. Yeah. <laughs> so, when... Uh, we have breakfast. We don't usually eat again until the, the evening because no. it's just so full. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then we sort of got enough time to try everything. <laughs> we picked a car up on Sunday and we drove down to Louisville. We got sort of here very early. Was it this morning? Yes. Yeah, because we forgot yeah. that there was a time difference. Yeah, there's an hour yeah. time difference yes. as well. Yes, yes. Uh, I forgot that myself. Yes. Yeah. And then we've uh, we've had we had breakfast this morning, which uh, a couple we were just well a, a family we were talking to paid for us for our breakfast oh so this is yeah i cut yeah. you off on this earlier tour yeah i apologize so no no how, how, tell us about the hospitality here in Kentucky. uh well first of all the hotel ferried us to wild eggs for breakfast yeah um and then when we got there there was a wait because it's a very popular place mm-hmm. wild eggs <laughs> <laughs> and i know uh, how you spell that Vic. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of a's There's a lot of a's um, and there was a, a family sat along the bench. They've got a little waiting area and they, they sort of shifted over and said, Hey, you can sit here. And then um, we said, Thank you. And obviously we opened our mouths our and there was an accent. Yeah. <laughs> we charmed them. <laughs> but you've listened to us so you could understand what they were saying, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So we, we are an international travel toolbox, is what we are. <laughs> yes. And, um, so yeah, we were talking to them and they were yeah, obviously yeah, really, asking really where we were. Yeah, yeah. And Whole so, um, family. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and the woman wanted to hug us, <laughs> which yeah, is really nice. Big on hugs, yeah, they're big nice. on hugs in Kentucky. It's oh, lovely. Yeah. yeah, everybody loves to hug. And um, and yeah, so then we sat down to eat at our table and had a really lovely breakfast that mm. I couldn't finish because it was so big. <laughs> I finished mine. <laughs> you did, but yeah. and then 
when we went to pay, the waitress told us that it had already been taken care of. You're good. You're good. Yeah, we're good. So we we were able to thank them and got some more hugs. Yeah. Yeah, really, really nice. (laughs) Just paying hugs. Yeah, it was was a really lovely experience. So it's been difficult to pay for things here. Apart from um, the stuff we bought in the malls earlier. Yeah, you did. Yeah, the Apple shop. We offered them hugs, but they wouldn't Apple frowns on hugs (laughs) is a form of pain. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately. I did try, but unfortunately. did. And then we came here and we've had even more wonderful hospitality this evening. Yeah, then we came to Whitney's place. We had to find it. It was up on a hill somewhere. Oh, it was quite were you quite terrified it was it was funny it's funny because when uh when vic and tori got out of the car they said i mean simultaneously they don't know what you look like oh no not at all because i poked my head out the door (laughs) and as soon as they realized it was me they both go you live in the middle of nowhere (laughs) (laughs) well also we were kind of scared that we'd gone on to someone else's property yeah Yeah, they're just gonna come out and be like who are you yeah get off my land Get off my land. Well, they don't speak like that. Well, G- GPS isn't is not an exact science out here. No, no. the pin wasn't exactly where we were. On yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's because we saw some houses that had mailboxes and the numbers on, and we couldn't see one for this. But the sat now said it was it was here. Yeah. So we sort of pulled in, and then then we realised there was this huge kind of ride up to the actual house. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason the reason that, oh my God, that Whitney lives out here in the middle of nowhere is you can have such a big, massive, beautiful house. It's amazing. I mean, if you put well, this in the middle you. of London, it'd be billions of pounds. It is a lovely house. Oh, I'm not exaggerating. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're, sat we, his own, we've worked on it a lot. <laughs> we've sat at his bar. He's got his own bar his here. Own bar. Which is quite cool. His bar yes. and cinema are probably, what, the size of our... House. House. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah, Probably. we've been in the games room. We were blessed yeah. with the games room earlier. Yeah, well, thank you. Unfortunately, most things were in bits because he's having all his painting done at one time. Yeah, I've just I've torn everything apart to powder coat. This so, is—it's going to be so shiny when it gets oh, back. It will be very pretty. This has been a topic of discussion on the last yeah. what three shows? Three shows <laughs> where, yes. where we've just. I've come to the realization and I've started to pare the projects down and, yeah. you know, move into like one or two only. Yeah. And you unfortunately come to the realization, and, but yet continue just to it, just it, it might as down. Well, and, might as well. Yeah. I mean, because they're not done yet. So, you know, I've got to finish what I start. But you keep it, starting more I, stuff. Uh, well, I'm uh, getting better Someone about else that. does that. Oh. Yeah. I don't do as much anymore. I've only got one machine to work at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I do little projects mm-hmm. like this thing here. Yes. And um, we're looking at a Vectrex controller that uh, Brent's going to try out for me. And, uh, and give a, me the lowdown. Apparently, the first one. It is the first one in yeah. the world has made its way from London to yep. Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is. It, it is a very, very nice. Piece. And hopefully, your scores on Mindstorm should get better. Is now. a nice piece of kit. Is that the right? Yes, that's there. A good, we go. That's a good word. For it. Yeah. <laughs> very, very nice. So hopefully, some more will be made soon. I just want to get a chance to get to work and. Uh, get going on them but they're all working now and it seems to work quite nicely so hopefully you'll enjoy that you need to go into large scale production Vic everyone yeah. says that yeah, yeah. Not, this time. is kind of a com- complex but some I know you've done pieces for um uh, what's the gimbal game? Food, food fight. Food fight. Yeah, food yeah. Fight. yeah Atari food fight. That, that's kind of niche, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's enough of them out there. Yeah, I can you know, make more of those as well. I've got the pieces at work too. Because I, when I made them, I had to make um, certain pieces to hold them to do other operations. Mm-hmm. So you do half it and then you hold it with a certain way and you know move it around and stuff. And I've kept those pieces. So I can make more if I have to. 
Uh, I think, didn't one of you guys have an arcade guy near you? We needed someone. I was going to make some for him as well. Uh, was yes. that Carrie? There was Carrie. Carrie Cheney. Carrie Cheney, yeah. yeah. I'll send it to you. I've got some, I've actually got some of my work bag at home. I'll send him some. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we'll we can make sure that they get to him. That's yeah, no, no problem. problem at all. Yeah. Yeah, but this controller, Vic, is just unreal. The body of this controller, for anybody that's never seen a Vectrex controller, I don't know, Whitney, how would you describe this? It's probably twice the width as it is deep. Yeah. Rectangular. I think, I think it's pretty Analog fair. joystick to the left, four buttons. And that's kind of how the factory controller was. And it's similar, similar shape. Similar yeah. shape. Yeah. But the body of this is beautifully milled out of a an aluminum billet. Yeah. And it, you know, it's not like plastic. I think you'll find it's that's like aluminium. Oh, I'm sorry. What? I'm not sure. What is? What is this mythical me- metal of which you speak? Yes. Is that what Thor, that's what Thor's hammer's made out of? Isn't it, it, must isn't it, be. Okay. Yeah, it must be. We're gonna recite the alphabet here in a minute. Now I'm gonna be wrong. I'm. Go- I will be wrong. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of craftsmanship. Vic. Well, the good thing about that is it uses a um, an analog stick from I think it's like a uh, an Xbox 360 or a PlayStation 3 controller. Oh, is it? But it's yeah, it is. Oh, did you just remake it's the analog. shaft? Yeah, I remade the shaft. Okay, right. Right. just glued it on. But the actual buttons on there are Sanwar 24 mil buttons, mm-hmm. so they're proper arcade buttons. Because the ones in a Vectrex, they get dirty. The contacts inside, and you've got to really hit them hard to, to mm-hmm. work it. And the bad thing about the Vectrex, which was a bit of a design flaw, is there's a sticker on top, and you've got to peel the sticker off and ruin the sticker usually to get to the screws to open it. But once you open them, you can fix them and, and clean them. You can put new springs in the analogs and all that sort of stuff, but it seems a bit of a waste. And people keep saying they, that's the only thing they don't like about the Vectrex is the controller. Well, you you spent the whole night taking a Vectrex apart. Oh, yeah. I thought I broke my Vectrex. Oh. In the end, I didn't. <laughs> but have you ever taken a Vectrex apart? You know, I've not. I've uh, Don't um, do it. The one that I <laughs> have. horrible to work on. My <laughs> Vectrex has been, it's like, it's a one owner, well, owner and a half because it was my sister's. Oh, We've yeah. had it. We bought it new. My sister You've had it new. a pretty cool system to have a Vectrex. My sister's boss. Yeah, <laughs> she's a gamer. That's good. But it was my sister's Vectrex, and yeah. you know, I've I've got it now. So uh, um, I've not had. It's had an easy life. I know you can go through and cap them because yeah, it's just a monitor. Yeah, I, I did a few when I was in there, and I've not taken it apart. Now, actually, I'm afraid to because you know why fix what's not broken? Yeah. Is it got buzz? It does have a little buzz in the audio. Oh, buzz, and that's apparently an easy fix, but. I like the buzz. It's I've, brought, I've gotten used to it. Yeah, yeah. I do. But I, th- I took it apart thinking I had to look at something. I, it was really filthy inside. Dirty, filthy inside. But the way it's put together, all the screws are hidden. You've got to get you know, the big, long screwdrivers to get down to it. And honestly, they're, they're a nightmare. So when I started working on it, I realized what I had to do. And you've got to take, you've got to unsolder certain wires to get it apart even because there's two two boards put together that... You know, and there's, there's there's another three wires, I think, with really thick, heavy gauge wire you've got unsolder. And it's not fun to work on. It really isn't. But I know I know now, if I ever have to fix it, I know how to take it apart properly. So it was a bit of a learning curve, I think, in the end. But it still well, works. It's good. It's I, I know there's right. many of an arcade game that I've taken apart and thought, how in the world am I going to get this back together? And take many pictures. Take many pictures. <laughs> oh, yes. That's absolutely. no doubt. That's a way of doing it. Don't think, yes. oh, that, I'll remember that. Because you no, won't. Because you won't. No, no, no. <laughs> and it'll no. break. Yes. Well, it is a beautiful controller, Vic. And I Enjoy. greatly appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, I certainly will. Yeah, Brent, that'll have to get up on the Facebook page and you know, yep. show, show that to everybody. And actually, what else. I will do, I will take the Vectrex to our family Christmas. 
Oh, yeah. So that my niece and my nephew and my sister can play it with your controller. Yeah, oh, excellent. Oh, that would be great. Be yeah. Cool. yeah. yeah that's they will love yeah. it. Yeah. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. They will love it. So, so, Vic, just out of curiosity, so where are you guys headed to after Kentucky? I mean, are you staying another couple of days or, you know, what's your schedule like? I'll let wife take this one because she's knowing where we're going. <laughs> uh, we're here until Wednesday and then we're heading to Nashville. Yeah. And then after Nashville, we're on to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. For Christmas Day. Yeah, we'll be in Atlanta for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then we're off to Charleston and then Savannah. <laughs> it's a tour of the South. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and then got a bit of a long one to New Orleans. Yeah, that's and then another guys. long one to Austin, and then we'll fly home in January. Mm. Wow. So. And hopefully we're going to find some more arcades and barcades <laughs> on the way. Just quickly nip in, have a few games on something. <laughs> I doubt that'll be a problem. I mean, they're sp- they're springing up here at a fairly yeah. Uh, yeah. at a fairly regular rate now. So, which is great, which is great, yeah. yeah, which is great. But I, I don't I don't think you'll have a problem with that. Well, well we ran into someone that Chris and Phil knew at uh, Logan Arcade, yeah. Who, yeah. who's like. Setting up a barcade in Indianapolis. Yep. Jeff and Austin. Yeah. Austin's a beer guy. Jeff's the arcade guy. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're going to open a new one soon. And they were actually in Chicago staying there doing research on different arcade yeah. bars. Now, yeah. you said a beer guy is in, they're going to have like a microbrewery? Or do, do, do they even I get into that? I think he's really into his beer. We were talking to him yeah. for a while. He's and a beer nerd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a beer nerd. Really, and- nice, really nice guy. He knows his stuff as well. And I think he sort of said, I'm the beer guy. Jeff's the, the arcade I think the plan guy. is to have quite a lot of craft beers. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he the said, you know, they figured yeah. out it seems to work really well mm-hmm. in a barcade. Yeah. And have I've a, heard have a really good selection of beer. in Chicago. Really? Five, yeah. Show is massive, but I mean, there's still four, oh, there's, more, yeah, there's four more than London. Well, yeah, <laughs> considering the t- you know the population, they're just mm. maybe it's something that's yet to kick off on a big scale in London. Yeah, but it's yeah. also well, Chicago. You got a little, you got a little bit of the history. Yeah, the the gaming, the coin op history. Yeah, absolutely. You've yeah. got yeah. you know the the space to do it. Mm-hmm. You've got the people that would yeah. enjoy it, so you kind of yeah. got that mix. I think so. Yeah. And it, it'd be, it's a good place to kind of start that yeah. kind of a thing and figure out what works and what doesn't. And then mm-hmm. it sounds like the couple guys you met, they they realize that as well, and they're, yeah. they're using that as their test bed doing their yeah. homework. Well, I'm not sure how far they're along with their project yet, but it's all going ahead. Yeah, and they seem fairly well, confident. Yeah. I think Je- they're going to Jeff do a good was job. saying they've got quite a few machines already, haven't they? And yeah. he, he was interested in talking to Alex. Because yeah, Alex has got um, the Sheriff and the Skyskipper. Has, has got a game, a Nintendo game called Sheriff, and Exidy made a version of it called Bandido. Yep, I've got and one. He's got a, you've got a Bandido? I have a Bandido. Oh, yes. Alex well, will I, be I, interested in you. Oh, I had a, uh, a Facebook I don't know whether message. that should be excited or scared about that, but okay, well. <laughs> I had a Facebook message Bandido. from Alex about Bandido, and I said, oh, I'll put you in contact with Jeff, you know, because Jeff said oh, I was going to talk to Alex. I said, yeah, yeah, he'd love it, you know. I'll get him onto you as well now. Okay, yeah, I'm that's fine. You talk about when you Jeff, spoke to Jeff him. wanted to do a swap, didn't he? He wanted the artwork, or he wanted to know what the sheriff looked like completely, and yeah. Alex wanted to know what the bandido oh, okay. looks like. Oh, yeah, I see. Well, unfortunately, so unfortunately, I didn't make the interview with Whitney. Interviewed Alex, oh, okay. yeah, so yeah. unfortunately, okay. I was just unavailable to to, to set in. Yeah, so th- it never came up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah Alex is really not. interested in the early Nintendos before Mario, and. He recently found Skyskipper PCBs, and he's going to do a machine up as a Skyskipper. And no one's ever seen the full machine, but we don't even know if it ever came out, if it was ever released. We've only seen a mock-up on the flyer of mm-hmm. it. And 
we know the game came out because he's got two PCBs. And they're original yeah, he's PCBs. He's got not one, but two. Two, and they were converted <laughs> to Popeyes. And he had them deconverted back into skyscrapers. So, uh, do you know? This might be more of an Alex question. Are they converted boards? Are they different than a stock Popeye? I'm yes. Air quotes. Oh, okay. Yes. So yes, you can are. tell. You know that this was a skyscraper. Yeah, yeah, very different. Okay. Yeah. That, that's interesting. Boards. They're, they're further along than the early Nintendos, as in Space Fevers, but they're before Donkey Kongs. And they don't look like a Donkey Kong four layer cocktail either. They're, they're completely different boards. They're quite long and thin. And I think that's three, a three stack. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And Alex found one on a raid and he bought another one of another guy from somewhere in Europe, which he was lucky to. And he's, he, the, the guy he knows, who's more of a TV repair guy, who lives near us, he, D, D, um, he changed them back from Popeye to Skyskipper without so any kind, schematics. So kind of, kind of deconverted, yeah, I guess. Without yeah. any schematics. Yeah. Mm. I don't know yeah, how the it. heck he did it, but he's a clever chap. He really is. But Alex is getting another friend of ours, a guy called uh, Ollie, Muddy Music, who does artwork. He's a graphic designer by, by trade, and he's doing artwork on pictures, black and white pictures of the flyer, and he's making them colour, and he's actually producing this artwork to what he thinks it would look like. And so far, they're doing a really nice job of it, because all that artwork was done by um, Shigeru Miyamoto. And they're, they're making, he's getting, I think he's got a Popeye cab lined up to convert into a skyscraper. There's a lot of converting and deconverting here. But yeah, it's going to be really cool because it's a fun little game. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder. I mean, it got out. Well, no, I say it didn't get out if the boards came out as Popeye. You mm. know, because that, that's kind of how you ended up with the Red Donkey Kongs, where, you know, Nintendo had at the time a little history of, okay, well, this isn't working, but we've already got some money yeah. soaked into. So let's yeah, re-roll yeah. this. So let's, yeah. let's change it. Yeah. You know? Let's rip the side off. And that, yeah, yeah let's make it something off. else. Yes. That, make, that makes sense. So, yeah, um, yeah I guess I guess maybe, I was going to say, they obviously made it out, but... Apparently they did because the boards come out as Popeyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've never seen we've one as a full skyscraper, which is weird. And there's a few uh, other early Nintendo games that Alex and I no, don't argue over. But I say, "Oh, that never came out." He says, "Well, we might have done, and you know this." So optimistic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think he wants to think he, 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 he wants it. He's, 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 he's got, he's got, he's got passion so for it. Yeah, he's yeah. got so much passion for it. So yeah. what he other really games? Does. Well, there's another one called um, Monkey Magic, which is almost like a breakout game. Okay, I've heard you talk about that. And recently, some guys. Uh, I know one of the guys. He, he moved to America. He's in the San Francisco area. He's really good with PCBs, and, and they got one from somewhere. Um, and this board is so rare, nobody's ever heard of it. And they he fixed it and got it working. And I think it's been dumped for main now. And it's a fun little game. And we know well, the Skyskipper sounded fun when you, yeah, you it played is. it on on your show. Yeah. I mean, you played the game and talked through it. Yeah. I thought that'd be a fun little well, game. We, I mean, we it sounded a lot better it. than Donkey Kong. We covered it on an early podcast. Brent. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, that just took me a second because it's past midnight, you know, so we're all going to start to fade yeah. down a little bit and everything. But come on now, Brent. Jeez. It's Donkey Kong. <laughs> oh. I'll, give you, I'll, give you, I'll give you a Christmas. I'll give you a Christmas pass on that, okay? okay? I said right. it sounded more fun than Donkey Kong. 
<laughs> and he kept on going. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No. I was like, how did I get that out there? Yeah. Does I'll address Whitney for this one? I'll turn my turn my back on you, sir. Oh, fine. Do you know about the extra levels someone's working on on Donkey Kong? It's been on the Donkey Kong forums. No, and and I don't get on the Donkey Kong forums hardly at all. One guy has has revamped and rejigged all the levels and added his own levels, and he's put in things like. there's, a, there's now a blue hammer you can jump with ah. and just all sorts of weird and, and he's put springs into you can bounce Mario around wow. levels and stuff no I'll I've have seen, to take a look at that I've seen some videos and it looks really cool it's, I don't think it's, it's released it yet so, so this would so this I'm going to assume this is not the same gentleman Jeff Kurzweski and I know I just butchered that name and I apologize uh, the gentleman who created D2K Jumpman so. Returns I think it's a totally so different guy it's a totally different guy yeah but it looks okay. a lot of fun it yeah. completely changes the game yeah and he's added new levels to it and all sorts so fantastic yeah, I will get on the forums and check that out mm. I, yeah despite my love for Donkey Kong we just gave him a sideward glance yeah <laughs> side eye no I was not aware of that but no that's cool I'll check that out yeah it looks good yeah that's sweet but there's some other there's some other ones. I think there's um, some early Nintendo as well. Uh, what's the other one? The Space Launcher, the one we just covered recently. Um, I've got the tabletop of, and Alex has got one as well. Um, there was an upright uh, supposed to be released, but on the flyer, it's just a painted image of it, and you can tell it's not a real machine. And I said to I said on the, the, the podcast, I don't think it came out because any picture. And Alex sort of piped in with some feedback, said, "Well." Sheriff is the same thing. Sheriff, the flyer was just a painted picture, and I've got one. So he's optimistic that one was released, and maybe it did. You know? maybe just it imagine did. if he could speak Japanese. Oh, he'd be over there, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would know all of it. He has would find seen, everything. Has anyone seen a space launcher or a monkey, <laughs> monkey magic? There, there was quite a few games, you know, early releases, but it's. You know, even even uprights in Japan, I don't think were that popular. A lot of their games were released on cocktail tables. And it seems as if in Japan, I mean, you, you've seen, I've seen the pictures floating around the internet forever, where they get to a point where they just destroy the games when they're not yeah. making money. Yeah. It's not like in the U.S. where mm-hmm. it's not uncommon to still find something from. You know, the black and white era, that's yeah. just been set in the back of a building and it's, not touched. Yeah, they just get exactly stored. Right. You know, they just get stored. stored and, yep. and <laughs> whereas there, you know, space is a little bit more of a premium and they get recycled. I think also yeah. there was a tendency to move forward quite quickly in Japan. Yeah. I mean, when we were over there, there wasn't many old machines that you saw apart yeah. from in, in a couple of places. It was all modern yeah, we, games we, that we made had a lot our of money. Over five thing. years ago now in, in Japan. I went to some of the arcades in Tokyo there, and most of their games were in, I say generic, but they're really nice machines, candy cabinets, mm-hmm. like the Sega machines and the Taito mm. machines and stuff like that. But in some of the arcades in the main Tokyo, there's sort of a few different levels, and I think Taito Hay is on top of one of the Super Potato console shops, if I remember rightly. And they've got like a Darius in there, a three-screen game. Oh, wow. But it's a smaller version than the one I've seen in the US and, and the England and UK. Because, you know, the Japanese people are a smaller race, you know, and everything was a bit smaller. And their pole position, I saw your pole position earlier, mm-hmm. they had a pole position too, totally different cabinet, but it was smaller. And it's just real cute. And <laughs> smaller they, isn't shorter and narrower, or just like just, smaller? Just the whole thing around, completely scaled yeah. down. Everything scaled down. So proportionally scaled down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Cause I, really and I, I know you all would get a lot of games 
like the four player when the four player Konami games were huge here. Simpsons, Teenage Mutant Ninja. Oh, Turtles. It was a totally different shape. It was, and it was a two player game. Yeah, your your game your games here. I saw some uh, um, the Galloping Ghost because huh? he's got a lot of four player games there because they do well with the kids. Kids love playing together and mm-hmm. four player, and they're basically a normal machine but with a really wide control panel. Yeah, we call them uh, like the aircraft carriers. Yeah, and yes. that's what you've got but in the UK. Our Simpsons, X-Men, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were as a cap made, I think, by Electrocoin, which is a UK manufacturer. And it's a really ugly cap. I always give it a load of ragging on, on the podcast. I don't like the show. But it's sort of like a, a pedestal and a big lump on top with a big... And I just don't like the machine. Yeah. And it's quite, and even people who like the game say, yeah, it's an ugly machine. Yeah, it's not just me. It is an ugly machine. <laughs> so our cabinets in that respect were very different. But I saw some in, in, in Japan as well. I, you see like two-player gauntlets. And someone I oh, know in the UK has got one. Yeah. They're really rare. You know, so they did do different shape ones. And in, in a different countries, you've got different shape. Have you seen a six-player X-Men yet? I saw one at Underground Retrocade. It's massive. It's massive. <laughs> it, has two, massive. it has like two 25-inch yep. screens in it. One is laid down and mirrored. And the other one uh, is up, upright. Yeah. So they, they perfectly match each other. It's really clever. I mean, I don't think much of the game, but that is a, a, a massive cabinet. Well, it's it'd, a be, it'd be of one of the, it'd be like like you mentioned with like turtles and in, in, yeah yeah kids, six right? people around get it, yeah. six people around it and just yeah. and just go. That's yeah. everybody's going to be at it. That ten player killer queen would be quite fun. It is. Yes. When, when you play that in a group, uh, the last time I was at Logan, I walked up to that and there was a, there was a guy there and he's like, "Do you know?" I was staring at. He's like, "Do you know how to play?" And mm-hmm. I was like, "Never played up, just trying to figure it out." He's like, "Well, jump in here." Yeah. So whoever pays for the game, you know, I think it was a buck. A pl- I think it was just a dollar a play. Yeah. yeah. So you get yeah. you get all those people around it, and it it's nothing for some. All right, all right, let's play. And we'll throw a dollar yeah, in. Yeah. And everybody gets to play. Oh wow, that's really good. And so it's a dollar for the whole. A dollar group. for the whole thing. So not per person. No, not wow. per person. Nowadays, I think that'd be a dollar each on yeah. a modern machine. Yeah. It? So now I don't know if the pricing has changed. You know, it may have been something that for. For the game, for the fire, yeah. As as mm. it was in or, or whatever, but you know, I did it. Well, I was like, let's play this again. I throw a dollar in it, we'd all go. Yeah. But so you have all these strangers. You'd have your team and the other team, and you would just get in, and all of a sudden you were a team. You were you. It's like cool. you knew, you've known this person forever. Yeah. And when, it, it's hilarious because as the people surrounding watch. And at Logan, they've got the game mirrored on a large monitor t- on the end of oh, the I room didn't as see well. That. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. impressive. That so, like, when you rude, walked into yeah. the room that you meant, the middle room that yeah, you yeah. couldn't get into, uh-huh. Killer Queen was on the left. Yeah. And if you look to the right, up on the wall, there was a there was like oh, a fifty five wow. inch monitor up there displaying the game. I did not know that. And say my side wins and the other side loses, you hear the other side of the room just. Oh, just completely <laughs> deflate. And on the inverse, if you lose, you don't hear your team uh, because you hear them cheer. I mean, it's, it, it brings the whole... It sounds a lot it's a, fun. It's yeah. really, really fun. Do you know anywhere else? That, there must just be in the U.S. I've never seen one in the U.K. Uh, there's, there, there's another one up in Columbus, Ohio at, I believe, Arcade Super Awesome. I think that's I'm not a, sure. Yeah, I, th- cool. I think that's, if you where, go, I think that's where, where the second one is sitting at right now. If you go on their site, they list where the games are located. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I'm off to get on to uh, Andy at Arcade Club in the U.K. See if you can get one. Yes, if That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it would work really well on that mm. location because our code club's really nice. I mean, yeah. it, it seems like the crowd follows that game, yeah. you know, and it obviously generates a lot of foot traffic, and it, it just really keeps a lot of people moving, you know, moving. So. And it, it gets played. Yeah. The times I've yeah. been in there, it's it's always being played. I think yeah. when I looked through the door when 
Crazy Chris, whatever his name was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Cool Keith. Cool Keith. Cool yeah. I sort of poked cool my head in and there were people like that. <laughs> and I, I believe you've got to have 10 players at a time to play it. You no, can't. you don't. Oh, right. No, you don't, you don't have oh, to fill all the controls yeah. up. Yeah, because that'd be quite hard to fill up someone, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. Brilliant. I might have to get onto Andy just so I can have a go. Now, it can be a cooperative <laughs> thing. So you, you you can make it lopsided, I'm sure. I, I, I didn't play it enough to know. Yeah. But uh, you don't have to have 10 to play. No. Cool. Sounds really good. I like it. Yeah, you guys need one of them over there. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Andy's pretty good about getting machines in. He's he's uh, he's trying to expand all the time. He's got plenty of room to put more stuff in there. So hopefully, he will yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, good deal. Good deal. So so Vic, I mean, you taking any cabinets back with you? You know, are, are oh, you wheeling them on the plane or anything like that? You need a cabinet for TSA. It's yeah, carry on. It's no yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Okay. It's just four slabs of plywood. I'll tell you two said we can do it. It's yeah, that'll get you far. That'll get you far. Carrying a bar top. You know, like a like a touchmaster or what is it? Was it? Is it? Do you know what? In all seriousness, I was going to ask you about a machine. I want you to try and find for me. Well, finding it's one thing; getting it to you is another. Yeah, but it's a plastic cabinet. It's only little. Okay. Uh, I will talk about it. It's a little arcanoid cab I saw when it was in Seattle that time. Was it in another oh, castle in- arcade edition? Oh, okay. Is it a handheld? No, no, it was an Arkanoid t- t- um, a bar top. It was like on a plastic that's a, pedestal. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's wow. it. I emailed them I and they said it was a bought cab. It wasn't a made up thing. Wow. So um, maybe hmm. one of your contacts could find one for me. Interesting. Okay. okay. That wouldn't be too much to get. You wouldn't get on a plane, obviously, but you might, it might be easy to <laughs> send over in a big <laughs> box. You send an Arkanoid cab strapped just, in. Just put a strap around it like, <laughs> yeah. it's, like it's a. He's my friend. Like, yeah. it's a, like it's a backpack or something. Yeah. And just walk on with it. <laughs> Please switch off all electronic devices for the duration of the flight. <laughs> it's a jammer cab. Where's the pallet in this thing? <laughs> That's awesome. So you guys are here till you said January. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We get back on that Very January. Nice. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very we've nice. Got, we've got Christmas Day in Atlanta. We've got a couple of days in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. And we get the cinema on Christmas Day, which you can't. In the UK, I'm sure, <laughs> and we've got New Year's Eve in New Orleans. That's going to be a fun. That's good. That, that would be, be a blast. Ball. Yes, mm-hmm. it I will. I don't really like jazz, but that night I'm going to like it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really like jazz. <laughs> that night I'm going to love it. So let me ask you. So, so when are you guys going to catch Star Wars? Well, in a month or so, when it's all died down, maybe. Yeah, okay. well, I'm not a big Star Wars yeah. guy, but I think it'll be a good film. It's it's yeah. a good sci-fi film. Yeah. 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 That, that's all the there three is recent it. ones, mm. episodes one through three. Well, yeah, yeah, and nobody likes those. Yeah, yeah, even the Star Wars people don't really like them. Well, they say they don't, but then they they watch it. The first again. three original. <laughs> films I mean, it's are part great. of the canon, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the first three were great. I mean, I watched them as a kid and I loved them. But I, I never had the toys. I, 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 I do, I do think that's toys. part of it for a lot of people. It's just happened into that nostalgic time. You know? yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah. yeah, for sure. At the time, I mean, obviously, I wasn't even alive. So I can't no. imagine how it must have felt to watch it for the first time, something so groundbreaking. Yeah. But I, I, I do I like the science fiction. I think she just called you old. She might be right. Yeah. She would be correct. <laughs> it, that, it, was a, it was a very uh, left-handed way of saying it. When, when, yes. when did the first film come out? 1977? Yes. Yeah, but I didn't see it until the early 80s. I was only four when that came out, so I didn't see it then. My mother was 12 years old when that film came out. Oh, shut Goodness. Oh. <laughs> you are so young. But who doesn't love a good sci-fi film? It, exactly. I mean, I love the Star Trek films. I love the old Star Trek series. I like the new Star Trek series. Yes, I love Babylon 5. You know, all these different 
difference and anything sort of science fiction I really like and mm-hmm. I think the film would be good it's just that there's so much hype I'm trying to ignore the hype a little bit yeah. but it'll be good I think we'll yeah. get to watch it yeah, I think I think for us, we're getting ready to go see it. For us, you know, we're trying to see it soon enough so that we see it before all the spoilers start to hit, yeah. and yeah. it ruins the yeah. and, it, and then it ruins the movie because invariably you're going to run across something. Yeah, I think I've already run, run across gonna, at least one thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, see, the thing about it is, I don't want that to happen because it, it's so funny. Whenever we go to watch movies as a family, my daughter will turn around to me, you know, in the opening scenes when I'm going, yeah. And I throw my arms up, and my daughter's going, Daddy, Daddy, stop. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. You shouldn't be doing that. And she's like, It's embarrassing. And I'm as big a kid, or if not bigger than she is, you know? So I think the spoilers people are talking about are not to do with the plot of the film. I think it's everyone saying, It's brilliant, or there's a little bit here that's not so good. And people don't want to hear that. They just want to go, I want to see it with my own first eyes. Yeah, I don't know about here, but all the the major news. Newspapers and news outlets in the UK—they they publish their reviews, but they've been very, very careful to keep oh, that's them good. spoiler-free. Yeah, so that's they good. say at the beginning of the review, "This is a spoiler-free review," and, and all of them are first Yeah, yeah. But I believe an extension for Chrome that you can get that blocks spoilers. I heard about that. Yes. <laughs> Just don't look. I've yeah. got to where I'm bare. Well, I'm not a big Facebook person. Avoid all of the social media as it is. Yeah, but I've gotten even more sensitive to just looking at what might be on my wall just for somebody that you know I've seen stories about some football player that tweeted some spoiler and irritated a lot of people and I I mentioned it earlier somewhere in the US someone walked into a theater and started spitting spoilers out in the crowd somebody in the crowd beat him down I mean it was rough justifiably so yeah yeah yeah. he was asking for it I'm wondering if there's like a you know a I'm your father type moment in this movie and I don't know. I'm going to try to honestly. No, I'm going to try to catch it here in the next couple of days. Yes. Just, I think again though, it's just part of the hype. I, I mean, yeah. you know, just trying to keep it. Yeah. You know, wanting to be able to see it and experience it. For well, years. they've taken so many squillion dollars in the first couple of days. I think it's going to do pretty well. Yeah. 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 It was always going to take that much money anyway, though, right? But I think for for guys like you, who who's a fan. You're going to love getting there. You've, oh, you've, you've oh, got yes. your ticket already. You're looking forward to it. I mean, yeah. Friends, we, we, we bought our tickets. Friends bought our tickets today, so we're ready to go. Yeah, podcasting friends with people like Rob O'Hara is a massive Star Wars guy. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to his, his excitement. <coughs> yeah, in in going to see it, and the, the poor guy is a twelve year old again, <laughs> and he, he's he's excited to see it. And I'm thinking, oh god, more Star Wars. And I'm thinking, no, oh, this is actually a good thing. He's yeah. really excited yeah, to see it. It is. I it's, hope you liked it, Rob. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I think it is a good thing because. You know, there's only so many of these types of events that happen Mm. over the course of the prime of our life, you know, to where we can can reconnect with that nostalgia and and experience it all again. And this is going to be one of them. At least it feels like it. You think they'll have a new vector game? Oh, no. <laughs> but you know what, Brent? Brent, I saw an upright on eBay for $8,000 about three days ago. No. So, yeah, that's what fair, the amount it. of yeah. Star Wars merchandise or anything related to Star Wars I've seen at the moment, I wouldn't put it as being too far-fetched a possibility. Oh, oh, they, did, they did a fix at Felix. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it is, Disney. Knows, it is Disney. And everyone knows, and this is a fact, the best Star Wars games ever is the arcade color vector game can't argue with it a lot of people look at that and they're like it's the same thing over and over 
Yeah, but I love so it so well. Over yeah, I, I really yeah, like I know, it. I was, I, I was playing a, 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 I was in, I played an upright in a cockpit over the weekend just a couple of days ago, and I still love it. I yeah. can't get my knees in the cockpit. I, do what? Can't get my knees in the cockpit. It was kind of tight, even for me, and yeah. I'm not very tall. I, it had been a while since I'd been in one, and I'd forgotten. It was kind of like being in like a go kart. So, so yeah, which all, one did you prefer? A go kart? Uh, no, 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 no. The cockpit or the upright? I, I mean, I like the co- the cockpit. Yeah, because you got yeah. the speakers behind you. Yeah, it's you? a little bit and more it does immersive. Sound good. Yeah, because when I was in that um, that environmental district of Tron, the speakers are behind you. You see all these lights go past you. Yeah. Just, oh yeah, it makes a difference. Yeah. Have you ever played a cockpit Omega race? No, I have not. They got one at Galloping Ghost. I would like to play one. I don't know if they take advantage of it. If you, are you just sitting down playing the same game, or do they do like a three sixty type of video, or you know, know, a little surround sound? But, but they, those... I know we're one sitting actually. Oh, do you? Yes, I do. Oh, well, me and you may have to talk. <laughs> well, let's let's talk offline. Okay, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't mean like right now. Yeah, no, no, I, I got you. But yeah, I do know where one is sitting at. Oddly enough, oh, but those, okay. those yeah. cockpit games and, and some of the older games. I mean, when I was at I was at Eurocade earlier in the year in Holland. Uh, the Netherlands, and they had a, um, a space encounters there, and it's basically a. Tra- it looks like the trench run in Star mm-hmm. Wars, but it's one with gra- um, rasters. And when you play it on main, it's just black and white, and it looks awful. You think, oh, this is this doesn't work properly. You play on that real machine with it. It's got these handlebars you hold onto, and you go left and right, and you push them in and out to make the ship of yours go in and out. And it's got this sort of black and white thing. And when you get killed, you get all these red lights actually flash on and off around the bezel oh, and, cool. and it's all got overlays on it as well it's kind of, yeah. it looks brilliant because they've used all these physical things to make the game look better than it actually is yeah. and I really enjoyed it it's, it's like when you play Space Sap it's an old black and white game it's just four buttons and another button on the left hand side and you play it in May and it's like oh it's just a thing going around the middle it's nothing nothing when you play it on the proper machine with it it's got these weird it's got like a mirror above it and it flashes lights on the mirror so you get this really weird effect mm-hmm. kind of like a strobe effect yeah, I a guess. strobe effect yeah. you don't get it on MAME or, or you know any kind of emulation yeah exactly and that's what made me want the uh, machine they got at uh, Arcade Club because I've got one there and apparently Andy bought it for like £150 because wow. the guy who, who made it couldn't sell it but when I played I was like Andy will you sell it me I want this. He goes, no, no, people like it. And you can't have it. It's <laughs> <laughs> too late. Curses. We'll never say never, but... There, there yeah. was a space that floating around here uh, a yeah. couple years ago, and it made it to a little arcade expo. And oh, wow. I had never played it it's a great game. until then. And it... At first, you're looking at it, and it's like, there isn't a lot. This is okay, you know? But, but then you, races, but then you it? play it, and yeah, it's a different it's a different experience. Yeah, yeah. The, the gameplay itself and the whole experience. Yeah, it yeah. does get real fast as well. Oh, yes, it yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Good game. Yeah. Good, game. Yes, Good game. Good game. Good <laughs> game. <laughs> I have to do that at least once. Every <laughs> Well, that's awesome. It sounds like you guys have got uh, got a really nice trip planned. So, yeah, yeah we appreciate y'all stopping by. I mean, it's, 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 really it's great you having that, us and making yeah. us feel so welcome. Well, no, no, no worries. I mean, it's 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 pretty neat to think that uh, you guys come from all the way over in the UK, and then here you are sitting down here in my basement, and we're recording for the show. That's so that's awesome. I'll do anything for arcade games and anything for turkey. Well, you know what? <laughs> we got you squared away tonight. How about that? <laughs> this is double. This is double. 
You got both right yeah, now. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Got them done. Got them done. Man done. In the world. <laughs> <laughs> we thank you guys for being on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see you guys over our side of the pond one day. Yeah, I'll tell you. That would be the bomb. Just lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> just bring it's lots of money. very expensive. It's expensive in the UK. So yeah. it's not that we just can't Just pretend with- that it's all dollar signs, not pound signs. <laughs> we, we, I'll buy all your beer. We can't, come over. We can't yeah. pay with hugs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and then you can pretend you're not actually spending any money at all. Oh, you don't even have to put in a number or sign anything. It's oh, all it's contactless. You can just touch, touch, and pretend. Contactless hugs. They don't so much fun. Yeah, no, that's no that's, fun. That's terrible. <laughs> what, what is Stay the exchange rate? Hugs to pounds at the moment. I'm not sure hugs what it is. Hugs to pounds. Hugs to pounds. What's the exchange rate between a pound and a quid? Or is that the same? It's the same thing. That's what I thought. Okay. Get on XE.com. Yeah, a quid. It's one. It's one point five dollars to the pound. Yeah. At the moment, maybe we should wait till the. Until the UK market crashes. Yeah, yeah. Here with the de- yeah, the dollar gets a little stronger or something. Yeah, we need to wait till a little bit more. Pain. That's that's quite <laughs> yes. strong actually. I was I was in the US in 2007 and 2000 and early 2008, and it was two dollars to the pound. It's amazing. <laughs> Everything here was half price. Yes, it's fantastic. God bless you, sir. Thank you very much. You okay, he's allergic to Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Gesundheit. Thank you. Yes. And that. <laughs> no, thank you guys very much. We, thank we you. certainly thank appreciate you. it. Hope you enjoy the rest of your trip too. Oh, so I'm sure we will. We'll look forward to uh, doing that and definitely. Vic will have to do beer mail. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> beer mail. Hey Brent. Yes, sir. Know what time it is, don't you? I do. It's my favorite time of the month. <laughs> Gosh. Let's spend Brent's money. No. <laughs> I just made it through Christmas. Oh. oh. Your credit card is getting ready to scream, my man. Scream. I'm going to just like start. I'm going to cut it up. That's how I'm going to start the next show. Just cut my credit card up. Man, you killed the segment, dude. Hey, and I will say this. The spend, uh, the spend Brent's money episode or, uh, segment, I'll get it I'll get it straight there in a second, has become quite the favorite, man. It's become man. wildly popular. Wildly popular. Even so so much so Brent and we'll get to this in the feedback section you even have a hashtag on Twitter now oh my gosh. That, is, that is specific for <laughs> spending Brent's money it's it's been it's, it's great dude well, it's taking on a life of its I, own I have entered the mythos yeah the mythos <laughs> so that is a great word so, for it man so what's the first thing I'm buying uh, the first thing Brent that you're buying and I've needed this for the longest time and you've I'm, needed and, this <laughs> but I'm buying it okay no no I, I don't I don't need this but I, I did think it was interesting man when is the last time you have seen a bank panic? I don't think I've game. ever seen a bank panic. Neither have I. And and I didn't really know much about this game at all so until I did I'm gonna, some research. I'm going to go out and Google this because I, I've got a picture of a game in my mind, but I don't think it's a bank panic. Okay. Well, here's here's what's interesting. So um, there is a thread on Clove. We'll have it in the show notes where reproduction bank panic CPOs. That is definitely not what I'm thinking of. Yeah. It wasn't what I thought of either. I think it, initially I was thinking of something that would look like Thief, but that's what I was it, thinking That's probably of. what you we're thinking thief. of as yes. thief yes but uh but no bank panic is uh, is completely different but uh but Brent, these are being uh they're they're solvent printed and this old game is doing these okay is reproducing these cpos uh there's a member on claw his name is junior pack and he is the the individual that did the uh, the vectoring of the control panel overlay and you know in, essentially did all of the leg work on on the artwork and everything like that so uh so junior pack is working 
working with uh, Rich at this old game, uh, you know, to reproduce the CPO. Uh, it's oh, it's it's neat though. I wonder if this was this a dedicated game because the picture on Clove looks like a conversion. Oh, you think so? I well, you know, what does a conversion look like? You see, know? well, see, and, and that's kind of, I guess, kind of yeah. what I'm getting at. You know, I mean, what's a conversion look like? It looks like a Rockola cabinet. I, I don't know. They yeah, all Rockolas look like conversions to me. You know, so I don't, I don't know. Well, this is, uh, um, it was developed by Sega. Did Rockola uh, release it here? I don't, the, I don't think, I don't think so. I don't think so. I know they played this game over at at um, not ten pence. Um, Gosh, help me here. Oh, um, No Quarter. No Quarter. No yes. Quarter played the game. Yeah, they okay. did a while back. Well, you're, I'm you're seeing correct. several pictures of this game in different settings. So apparently um, the picture that I see on Clov isn't like a conversion. So yeah, okay. they had a dedicated. Okay. Okay. Excellent. So uh, so this is being done in, in a velvet texture poly. And so mm, it should velvet. have... A, yeah, velvet. Exactly. So it should have a really, really nice kind of crinkle kind of kind of feel to it which if you look at the detail pictures of the cpo that looks like a, a very good match you know if, if for for that for the texture of the overlay so um you know it, it is going to be a little pricey though brent i mean according to the thread the the price is estimated to be around 90 dollars for this cpo does and, it have to do with the finish that you just mentioned or I, well i am going to i'm going to say a couple of different things okay i'm the finish definitely i, I think that that probably plays into it um, and then probably just the um, relative um, obscurity obscu- of the game. Yeah, that's a very good word, Brent. Thank you. I, I was I was going to use another word that probably wouldn't have been as complimentary to the game, but obscurity is is good. So I, I I'm just not sure how popular this game is, and if it's if it doesn't rank high on the popularity you know uh, scale, then it's going to be very very tough to get enough people to buy into the CPO without it being exorbitantly priced. And I'm not saying 90 is too high, but 90 is high is is high enough. You mm-hmm. know. So it's I mean, higher that, than the average. It's, it's higher than the yeah. average for sure. So, uh, but you know, I'll tell you, if you if you're a fan of Bank Panic or need this, I, I don't think you're going to get it any other way. So you know, from that regard, at least not at this quality level. So with that being said, it looks like a good option. There, there looks like they're working through the color matching process at this point. So I'm sure it'll look good when it's done. So the next thing, Whitney, actually. I know I, you might spend my money on this yeah, deal. I, I, do you have a laser disc game? No, but I want one. Okay, and I see. want one like in a in like a really bad way. Oh, do you? Yes, okay. I do. So, I want to be a laser guy. Oh, <laughs> well, then we can never talk again. <laughs> no, it's just <laughs> I'm just throwing that Hater out. You're gonna hate. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I brought this up to you, Whitney. This is the Dexter. You did, yeah. Laser disc replacement is yeah. now available for pre order. Now I've heard about this going on for gosh probably a couple years now two years at least where you know this project was kind of underway and it looks like they're at the point of doing pre-order look it's being run by matt how would you how do, how do you think own b own b that's how i how you pronounce it, it. That, that, that's how my head says it yes apparently matt is the creator of daphne which is if memory serves the MAME equip the equivalent of MAME for laser disc games. That is correct. It emulates yes. laser disc games. That, that is exactly what it does. And he needs a hundred pre orders by February twenty ninth. Yeah. And let's see, this will replace the laser disc player. Is that correct, Whitney? That this- is correct. Yeah. You choose the images that you want loaded on it. Oh, so can I see like the menu here where you can say, okay, I want the Dragon's Layer twi- uh, Dragon's Layer Trilogy, trilogy, yes. Or you know, an individual Dragon's Lair space ace, yada yada yada. Uh, I wonder if you could, if you wanted to spend the money, if you could get all those put on there. 
I, I don't that, that's know. a good that's a good question I, I mean i would have to hope that you could because it looks like the the website allows you to load you know to specify a quantity for every single one of those mm-hmm. but uh you know for every single one of the the titles i mean we're talking about like time traveler which oh yeah so be, it's that would be crazy to get time traveler man have you seen that game before the last time i saw one was actually on location at a family fun center did it work did it work well this was back when it was new yeah Yeah, okay okay all right okay excellent yeah yeah i've never seen i don't know they come out of the crate broken i mean (laughs) well let's put it this way from what i've read of the game they're difficult to keep running they're difficult to to keep running they are not very reliable because of the mirrors that's in it and just Mm -hmm. the way that sega set that game up so i I was just just kind of now for people that don't know time traveler is a laser disc based game but it also it it projects like holographic like a holographic that's exactly right yeah yeah but we're talking time traveler i mean thayer's quest is on here the whole crime patrol bundle which i don't really know anything about yeah i've not heard i've heard of who shot johnny rock but i think i've heard of that like on the console side like a sega cd or something like okay something equivalent thereof yeah but the mad dog stuff i've mad dog mccree mad dog 2 I mean, I've seen Mad Dog McCree. I've not seen Mad Dog 2, The Lost Gold, or, or The Last Bounty Hunter. But, uh, you know, Brent, this is one of those things where I have to ask myself, okay? And, and I think anybody in the hobby does. You would have to look at this as a, am I going to hedge a bet? to the point to where I think I may ever where I think I may want a laser disc game at any point in the future because if he needs a hundred pre-orders to make this a go what are the chances of him running this again like or three times from now or four times down the road if he needs a hundred every single time now I know that there's probably more than a hundred laser disc games out there that I, granted but this just doesn't seem like the type of item that is going to see you know a, a just due to the cost, like multiple bar- reruns. Yeah, just due to the barriers to entry, namely the cost, okay, and the lead time and everything like that. I mean, I I don't know that this would be rerun a lot. I I mean, I'm not sure. I just don't know. Well, you know what surprises me? I want to take the opposite tact here. It surprises me that this hasn't already happened. Not not that mm-hmm. not that um, Matt hasn't has been behind the ball or oh no no i'd say it's anything but i'm just surprised that from what i know of laserdisc collectors that the 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 desire is there there seems to always be this chase for uh, another laserdisc player or one of the old boards that was out there a decade ago that you could use what was at the time a more common laserdisc player like a translation board for game x y and z there was a couple there was a couple boards out there i don't know if you knew this whitney like dragon's lair had whatever that pioneer was in it and it Uh would only support that maybe one other player correct yes and then some some translation for lack of a better term boards had been made so that you could take a, an easier to find yeah. more reliable player or, or let's say a newer a yeah. newer player a, a newer generation player yeah, yeah. And, and put this conversion board sandwich it between the arcade cabinet and the new player and it would work yes you know so yes. you could kind of work to get around that so i'm really kind of surprised as as adamant as that community is about their you know is their games and getting them working and keeping them working i'm really surprised it just took this long for someone 
to come up with another solution. solution. The, you know? this, this seems to be the thing that would that in my mind I would think would have been crowdsourced a long time ago. Yeah, you know enough. Now, people, you got to have the someone's got to have the the, the wherewithal to be able to do it. Well, yeah. the, the wherewithal to do it and the technical chops to get it done. And so you've got you know you've got the board fabrication, you've got everything, and I am sure that Matt has. Uh, I, you know, with I'm, well, I'm saying this without knowing it, so that's probably dangerous just in and of itself. But I'm sure that the sweat equity that Matt has involved in this is nothing less than monumental. Well, in, in order to make this happen. Speaking of, this is probably a lot of the holdup. Yeah. Um, at the very bottom, <laughs> the of, the licenses. It it says all laser disc images are fully licensed. Yeah. And you know, and I'm glad you brought that up. So that might be it. He may have had this wrapped up two years ago. Oh, very, very possible. Very possible. You know what would be cool? We need to talk to Matt. Yeah. I, hey, I'm going to put that on my to-do list. Okay. Get a hold of Matt. I'm going to see, see if I can we get a hold of yep. Matt. Yes. Okay. So with that, because I want to know more. Well, here, here, let me, let's give the prices real quick. So if, sure, if you okay. got a laser disc game, we'll have uh, you can search Dexter laser disc replacement uh, on, on your favorite search engine, you know Google or Bing or whatever. We'll have the note. Uh, uh, excuse me, the links in the show notes. The board itself is three fifty nine ninety nine. Yep. And then depending on what title you want, is uh, the additional upcharge for the the content. So yeah. you know this is different than the solution I was mentioning earlier. The solution I was mentioning earlier, you would use your existing laser disc yeah. and another player, and it was just like a translation. Yeah, this, to, this to stick is A with this B. This is no disc. This is this is gonna. I think it says in here it's SD card based, right? That, so it's, that it's is, all solid state. Yes, that is correct. You know, so Dragon's Lair, those games, Mad Dog, that, that series of games, uh, Crime Patrol. We mentioned that already. Fast Draw Showdown, which I'm not familiar with. Space Pirates, which and I think Space Pirates is the uh, follow-up to Time Traveler on that Sega Holoseum. Oh, it is. Yeah, I think okay. I think you t- got a Time Traveler, and I think the next you could you could get like a kit and change it to Space Pirates. Space I could Pirates. be wrong there. Okay, it looks like Thayer's Quest. So, uh, and maybe a couple more in the works based on his actual site. There's a question mark next to Cliffhanger and Astron Belt and Cobra Command, yeah. and you know, there's several other games. Gold cool. to Go, Don, Super Don Quixote. So, yeah, it's neat. And, and the games themselves are actually very reasonably priced i mean you're looking at like twenty dollars for dragon's layer space ace and dragon's layer two each 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 or and a bundle at 40 bucks a, bu- a bundle at 40 dollars and then from that standpoint and i would i would hazard to say that those are probably the three most recognizable laser disc games mm-hmm. and then once you start rolling down the list they're like 13 dollars you know 10 dollars but you can you can bundle a lot of them as well and and i've not walked through the website but it looks like once you order once you put in a quantity for the board and then each one of the games it looks like it stacks a discount so you know i'm sure that if you were to start loading up your cart with a lot of games you'd, you'd probably see some money start to tick off mm-hmm. so yeah the the dexter is there let me make sure i got the official name of this so the dexter laser disc replacement yes that that is the official name for this and we do have the links uh and in our show notes and we'll make sure that that's uh inside the blog post uh for the episode as well um the next one up brent and uh, you know with your love of donkey kong i thought Woo-hoo! i would go ahead and get you a bucket of these these, these are uh <laughs> just one yeah yeah just one one bucket yes, yes one, one bucket. bucket yes these are 
Nintendo joystick uh, restrictor plates, um, they tend to get worn down from time, but uh, you know, time in use. But what's interesting about this are, are these guys are 3D printed. Okay, uh, this is uh, uh, this is being put on by or put for sale by cloth member Chocolate Apple. And no, I, I'm hungry. I, yeah, no doubt. I, I'm not. I don't know Chocolate Apple and not had any dealings with him. But uh, he's selling these uh, two and four way plates. They're five dollars and fifty cents a plate shipped. Uh, we'll have a link to the thread, uh, you know, in the uh, in the blog post as well. You know, I, I, I mean, I don't have a need for these. I've been fortunate enough to be able to kind of just stumble across enough uh, joystick restrictor plates, either just by buying some junk joysticks or this or that. So, you know, I mean, I've got enough, and and I don't really think that I would I would swap what I have for a three D printed version. But at the same point, if I had nothing, then this is a definitely a very viable option yep. because you can get them like probably within a week versus you know trying to trying to source a so, bunch of joysticks it sounds to me like and i don't want to put words into mr apple's mouth <laughs> but you know he needed one he didn't have one yeah yeah or he had one and he could mod it was damaged and he yeah. could model it and fix it yeah so and you know, good on him and so there you go yeah so exactly. 3D printing to the rescue exactly exactly you know, speaking of you know you don't necessarily need one the next thing is this is kind of interesting because i i from time to time can't figure out where this part goes on some of the cabinets that I have and that's the top marquee bracket. <laughs> I know. And you you know, I'll get them mixed up from cabinet to cabinet. You know, it's like I've got to walk around and, and size them. So, you know, in it's order like, to how, get it right. Did, where did, it's like there's somewhere there is a huge warehouse and it's full of nothing but top marquee brackets and back doors. Yes, back doors especially. Yeah. Back doors. So this is a top marquee bracket for a Cubert and a Mad Planets. It's uh, from Clove member uh, I was going to say something witty here, but honestly, Whitney, it is, it, I have completely failed the show. Uh, we've <laughs> referenced we've referenced Troy uh, Troy Aiki, yeah, so many times. He goes yeah. by Take Man on Clav. I know I bought some of his his uh, um, his products, some of his control panels, and the like, and he continues to make many many metal parts for the community i mean this guy i mean he's he's like a a one-man wonder is what he is because i mean brent where would a lot of these restorations be without his metal kits they would be missing parts that's where they would be parts i was going to say nowhere (laughs) so yeah so troy is uh he's a definite asset to the community no doubt so troy's offering cubert uh slash mad planets top marquee brackets they are die punched and powder coated black so they're ready to go right in your game 18 bucks yeah that's yeah that's that's nice so I mean, that's not really a part that I think everybody would need, but uh, but man, you know, if you were, <laughs> if you've got either one of those when you games, need it, you need it. when you need it, you need it, and that's that's how it goes. Uh, the next one, Brent, I, I immediately thought of you as I was uh, I was eyeballing this. Yes, as I was yeah. uh, putting this inside the OneNote. Uh, this is the uh, the Wells Gardner sixty one hundred. This is a frame and high voltage cage reproduction, and so um, this is of course uh, a four piece. Um, a four-piece kit for the chassis frame itself and the high-voltage cage as well. Um, we'll have the link in the in the uh, blog post uh, for the for the episode. But it looks like there's going to be a, a minimum of 18 people uh, needed in order to justify doing the uh, I guess essentially the, the punching and everything like that for the HV cage and you know to re uh, to remake the four pieces for the frame. So essentially, Brent, this is five pieces to to I, I guess source out and build a new 6100 and it, now it looks like they don't have pricing settled just yet no They're they just don't it's kind of an interest this list. is still in the interest phase but i will say this if you need it 
you need it. So I would greatly, greatly recommend that you take a look at this if you're, uh, if you're uh, quote unquote, a vector guy. It's kind of hard to tell what they're in for right now. There's some people that have committed to two sets, some people to one, and some people one or two. So, I mean, it's anywhere between four, five, six, eight to um, 11 or 12. So, yeah, yeah he, they're, they're still not there yet, but they got a good start. Yeah, I mean, let me ask you, I mean, is this something you would be interested in? I'm still a little fuzzy on exactly what what it is. I mean, for, so it's the entire. Is it the the four piece chassis frame? Yeah, that's what they call it. Now, here's so the thing. is that the actual frame that the monitor set the tube is mounted to, and the pan that the high voltage cage and everything attaches to? That's what I'm kind. Of, I was looking. I was hoping for a picture. Yeah, and that's what that's what I was hoping for as well. Because the the thing that I would have to do, okay, is I would have to go and like yank the back door off of my Tempest, or my or my Black Widow or something, and then literally count the metal pieces to mm-hmm. ensure that it was a one for one match. Okay, See, like you've got the frame, which uh-huh. is in in the pan as you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, to me that well, yeah, to me that's the frame is is three pieces it's right. the left side the right side in and the, the pan in the pan that is correct and then yeah. on the pan um you attach the high voltage cage uh-huh. which is itself a piece it's kind of like shaped like a c mm-hmm. like an uppercase c if you will yeah uh and then there's usually there's a uh, an rf shield which is like a, a a piece of graded metal. It's like a mesh metal. Like a mesh metal. It's like mesh metal. Right, that yes. snaps over that. Yeah, exactly. And then it looks like they're also creating the RF, uh, the RF shield that surrounds the tube. Yeah. So... Um, I don't know. I, I'd just kind of like to see a, a picture of it to see what's included. But nonetheless, I mean, it seems like something I'd want to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, as would I. I don't think that I need everything inside that kit. I think that I need a few things. Um, if I were to, let's say, like buy two kits, I mm-hmm. think I could probably um, shore up the missing pieces on probably four different monitors with two kits like that. Na- namely, the uh, the mesh metal and, and you know, the... Uh, the cover for the high voltage, you know, for the high voltage cage cover. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know if they're going to be sold pieces and parts or if it's going to be, you know, one kit does it all. But if you're interested in that, uh, you may want to post up in that thread. And you know something, Brenna, I will say this. I think I'm going to go ahead and just at least make a post in the thread and just like secure a number on the list and just, you know, see see what, what comes of it. Because I would rather support it and try to try to make it happen than to wind up with nothing at all. You know, and oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm keep looking at. To see what's included. I mean, I've, I'm with you. I've got pieces and parts, but if I could use this to shore up something that's missing some things or to build a complete monitor with, I mean, that's always welcome. That, that's always welcome. Always welcome. So it looks like a Reproduction Robotron cabinet? Yeah, yeah. Look Williams at- Robotron by Clove member Atari Scott. Yes, yes. What, what about that? I mean, it, it's neat to see a lot of the cabinet reproductions being done. Uh, for us here on the uh, East Coast, the only problem is that, that Scott uh, is out on the West Coast. And so in order to get a cabinet here, it's going to involve a significant expense unless you can uh, group by and you know economize dollar cost average on the shipping or something like that. But Brent, this is um this Robotron cabinet is the second in a series that I know that he's done. Uh, he started out doing reproduction major havoc cabinets, and I'm talking the dedicated major havoc, not the Tempest, 
not not a tempest cabinet gotcha. used for conversion, but a dedicated like pedestal, like iRobot cabinet, you know, for for major havoc or iRobot style cabinet for major havoc. Um, so Scott apparently, you know, apparently and assuredly does really good work. I mean, uh, I mean, look, this thing comes in three I've different varieties. Known, I've always it's known him crazy. for all Atari stuff, us Atari Scott. That's, so that's exactly that's right. what's so interesting about this to me is it's it's a Williams cabinet. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So you're saying three different varieties. Yeah, shop grade birch. Um, let's see, he's got cabinet grade maple, which is which is great, and then a one grade birch, which uh, that, I mean that climbs up to like six hundred dollars for for a reproduction cabinet. Now I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm just saying you just need to factor that into the expense. You know, if you're if you're uh, building a new Robotron. But uh, anyway, you know, I mean, it's uh, you know it's got the T molding grooves already in it, and you know includes a back door. Hey Brent, that's where all the back doors are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in half inch ply but um yeah it's 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 uh it's a good looking comes good right looking cabinet uh, comes right it for t-molding and everything ready ready to go so yeah we'll have a we'll have a link for that uh, you as know well. if you're if you're looking to restore a robotron and you've got one in front of you that's beat to, beat to death beat and, to death you yeah. know for for the shop grade birch cabinet, if you're going to paint the cabinet, which that's probably what I, I you don't would know, do. that's, yeah, that's, you would shoot it like like air air painted, you know, air sprayed or something. Five and a quarter. I can't imagine not putting twice that in time and effort into restoring one that's just been beat to death. That's exactly right. Bondo sand and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then you would paint it anyway. And and you would wind up painting it anyway. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess we'll file that in the uh, what's your time worth category, and uh, we need a hashtag for that, but nonetheless, that that's really how that sorts itself out. But the main reason I want to bring it up is it's good to see that these types of solutions are becoming, you know, becoming available. So, So the next thing, this is uh, it's pretty specific to this particular game, but yeah, it falls you, into that. I can't believe it's that difficult <laughs> category for me. Have, and, you ever and, ha- have you ever had a Tubin? I have not had a Tubin. I come close to buying a Tubin, and uh, someone kind of um, they snake it on you, snookered it out from underneath Ooh, me. Yeah that's, yeah, that's a story. Sometime we'll have to talk about that. Really? Yeah, we need a segment on snookering, dirty, dirty dealings, double crossings, and snookering. <laughs> <laughs> I said that, that in the most Kentucky way I that, possibly. That would take could. us into completely new new territory. <laughs> well, maybe we need to do like a Saturday evening show and then just call it that. Yeah, you know? there yeah. you go. Uh, it and not that that this gentleman that doing that's doing this. So what this is, it's a Tubin Marquee waterfall motor, and what the. If you've never seen a Tubin, it has this beautiful marquee. Beautiful marquee. It's it's like the prettiest thing on the oh, game. Oh, it is. Yeah, and it, it's kind of got this this assembly that's inside the marquee um, that rotates, kind of like I guess maybe a conveyor belt is what I'm envisioning. It's been a while since I've seen one, but as this rotates, it filters the light from the fixture as it hits the backside of the marquee material and gives the waterfall that's in the marquee this shimmering look like it's flowing yeah so it infers movement that's not there right exactly it's really cool it it is it's cool so this the cloth member greg bl has is trying to come up with a drop-in replacement proper diameter shaft and motor speed uh and the right mounting holes for the motor that goes in this marquee yeah and we're going back to the i can't believe this is this difficult to do comment there are so many things in this just isn't tubing and this has nothing to do with greg specifically i assume his first name is greg 
there are so many things that are in the the pen and video world that use these little motors and i'm just shocked that they're so difficult to track back because honestly i would have expected back in the day some some engineer would have been saying okay we want to do this in the marquee that's fine let's just go and get an off-the-shelf motor because we're already going to have to have the rest of this assembly made because there's nothing else anywhere that has this fake water movement. Yeah. So, you know, but we can use all the off-the-shelf parts we can to save money because we know that they're trying to save every nickel they can. Yeah. It just shocks me that it's that difficult to find some of these motors for these these toys if you will well i'm, I'm gonna add i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this on the table to, to just you know as a as an alternate viewpoint on this i think the reason why why you say that is because at this point in time we care whereas 15 years ago a lot of them may still have been in may service have just been off the and, and and they they hadn't failed yet so people just really didn't care about oh you know what maybe i need to find a replacement or have a motor on a shelf you know or something like that well, what i'm saying is, is i'm just i'm shocked that you couldn't open the equivalent of like the granger catalog back in 1986 and find it and just say okay well i need a motor that's this diameter and that has this, I, I know I want it to be about this RPM to this RPM range. And then, you know, slide across the table and down the table. And then, you know, Bob's order your uncle it. in order. Yeah. It, yeah. You know? Well, and, and you know what? Maybe at some point we could have, but maybe Granger maybe said, gone. They said uh, we only sold 800 of those over 10 years. Yeah. You know, and they say they're gone. And so maybe the window of availability is uh, we're a decade late on that. Yeah, I don't true. know. That's true. Yeah. And you're probably right. Yeah. So it looks like, yeah, it looks like we were, someone is, Greg BL on Clove, and we'll have the link in the show notes, is working through, and just reading it a little bit, actually with a manufacturer to try to come up with a drop-in replacement for the motor, and he's shooting it at about 50 bucks per motor, which I don't, I don't think that's bad at all. I don't think that's bad. I, I mean... <sighs> I, I kind of want to support the guy. I don't have a tubing. Never have had a lead on a tubing. Wasn't never schnookered out of a tubing. You know, <laughs> you, so you haven't lived. I haven't lived yet. I don't suppose. But I will say this: um, if I get the opportunity to get a tubing, I'm I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna try to make it happen. Yeah, it's a fun because because it's a fun game. And the thing about it is, it's bright and it's pretty. It looks like candy, and and little kids would love it because you know you're sitting there just you know trying to trying to bat your way down the river and everything and and there's enough comic-y kind of animation going on that it it seems like it would appeal to a wide uh wide age group yeah i think yeah it's one of those games where you can play by yourself and have fun or if you had a group of folks over it would be a blast you can play you can play um like two player uh-huh. i think it's just a two player i don't think it's a no, three no, is it? no it's not i you can have two, i think you can have two rafters on the screen yeah you can have two, two at a time two, two floaters on the screen at a time and I then think. you can play if memory serves you can you can play for yourself but you can also do things that kind of trips up the other player or you can play cooperatively yeah. and things like that yeah so i mean i think the game has legs you know i now i, I know that you know there's ways to you know kind of fast track through the game and get to the end and everything like that but all that being said i, I think the game would uh, represent well in a game room so I, i'd like to pick one up at some point myself and then finally on the list of things that you're going to force me to buy and i did think of you again as as i was and putting I, this in the window i see why you see why yep so you see who's thinking about you man play you know? field plastic protector sets yeah for dirty harry yeah look at you 
TSPP. <laughs> uh, the, the Simpsons pinball okay, party. Okay, all the other pin, the real diehard pinball people are having a stroke right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. And I, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm just going to say it straight up. I hate those acronyms. Yeah. Because people talk in uh, essentially what becomes pinball tongue, and it, it wears me out. I just just, I just want the name of the it's, game. It's, I know it's difficult. It's difficult. WPT, yeah. World Poker Tour? Yes. Good for, good on you. And Diner. Say. That, that's, and Diner, yes. That is an eclectic collection of games. And the only thing I could think of is that the, the the gentleman or the person, whoever, man, woman, or child that came up with this probably has those four games at their disposal. Right yeah. Now. Oh, you know something, man? I did not put that in the show notes. I apologize. Let me bring the link up. It's uh, Indy Pinhead. Indy Pinhead. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. And so he's in Indianapolis. So, so yeah. So that's it. So it's it's nice. I mean, I think these are I think these are relatively affordable considering the fact that they're all CNC cut. Now, I'm looking at the one for Dirty Harry, and yeah. it is, I'm just checking that one out, and it looks like it is $45, 116th uh, inch CNC machine, polycarbonate, five-piece set for your your high-impact plastics, which is basically, from what I can recall from my game, it's the two slingshots, this looks like the plastic in the lower right under the gun, the plastic in the lower left along the edge of the play field that's over by headquarters yeah. you know so a lot of uh, where you're going to take a lot of abuse because yeah. you're right in the high strike zone for the you know the most power power off the power, flipper power shots yeah and then this the little piece that's basically under the I'm looking now under the, I think it's the uh, uh, headquarters no, no, not the headquarters. Uh, under the safe house. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's that's basically a shot almost straight up the center of the playfield. And man, when you when you lob one in there, it's not uncommon to it'll bounce right back out. Cause oh, because it yeah. hits it so hard. It hits it so hard. Yeah. So, yeah. At least on my game. Yeah. Well, you know, Brent, like I say, I, I thought this was fairly. Um, I thought this was fairly timely, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And the post on this on Pinside is is very new. I mean, we're talking just a few days old it, as of this recording. So, uh, and we're what almost mid January right now. So we're a third of the way through January. So, um, you know, this is this is kind of a, a you know this is a new newly oh, available yeah, it's, part. It's, so. it's one day the dirty hairy one was one day ago one day today. ago there yep. you go man there you go so if you need it now you now you got a, a, an opportunity to get it so all right whitney so have you spent all my money for the month uh brent i have done i have done my darndest man so that's uh that's the family uh that's a family friendly way of saying yes <laughs> I, I have so uh, the, the credit card's hot it's smoking and everything like that so i guess we'll go ahead and uh and give it a rest for the month but uh i, I figured there was a couple things in there that you'd definitely be interested in a couple things i'm definitely interested in and you know hopefully everybody out there and listening uh you know was able to score a couple mods there as well. Well, Whitney, before we roll into news and feedback, yep, um, we have a, kind of a special treat for everybody. I yeah. think we mentioned this earlier in the show. We've got a couple of the key organizers for Louisville Arcade Expo that came in and sat down with us for a little bit and uh, spoke with us about the upcoming 2016 Louisville Arcade Expo. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Jeremy and Matt Flights uh, sat down with us a little bit earlier, and it was uh, it was uh, you know a great a great talk. So, looking forward to hearing about the show. So, while I'm uh, uh, over in a corner reviving yeah. my wallet, yeah, so, and recovering personally, cur- curled up in the fetal position, yes, holding yeah. on to it. Yes. Uh, how about <laughs> how about we crank this? Well, that's uh, a visual, isn't it? <laughs> 
How about we crank this up and we give uh, we give a listen to Jeremy and Matt? Yeah, let's do it. So, Brent, for the third year running, we're going to be involved with the uh, upcoming Louisville Arcade Expo. We're fortunate enough to have Jeremy and Matt Flights, who are two of the principal organizers and, I guess, creators of the show, sitting down here in the uh, in Brent's basement studio with us. So, guys, uh, Jeremy, Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks, Whitney. Yeah, thanks. And uh, Joe's here with us in... Uh in spirit. In, in spirit, in, in spirit. Yeah, yes, exactly, yes. So, so right, right before the show, we were talking a little bit about the age, for lack of a better term, of the expo. Yeah, and I, how, didn't, I didn't realize this. How long has the show been going on at this point, guys? This will be our sixth year. Sixth year. And, and right before we went live, it, I was convinced in my head it would it was the third year. And it's like, man, it's, the time just goes by well, way, way fast. They have, they have let us be involved <laughs> from the show perspective for three years, which yeah. is their mistake. <laughs> but yeah, six years. Um, I remember the first year of the show was yeah. where? It, which hotel was the it? Holiday Inn. Yeah. The Holiday Inn. Yeah, yeah. on Hurstburn yes. Lane, and it was a uh, wow. It was a little different setup because you all had that long hallway, and then you had everything kind of broken up into the rooms that were off the hallway, as opposed to what you've had the last five years, which is basically a, a an exposition center. Yeah, the, a show in the round, so to speak. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, you said uh, th- is this going to be your third year with us, like b- being involved so as the show? As the sh- so we as still have show. time to fix that. Yes. It might be the third Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After the interview, the jaws clamp. This could be the end of it. It could be. It could be. Yeah, and each year, you know, the first year, we've said this before, I think, but the first year we really just had, we didn't have much of an idea what we were doing. We had thoughts and, you know, we thought it'd be an awesome party for the weekend and it turned yeah. out way better than our expectations. And, uh, you know, from there, it's just grown and changed a little bit each year. We try to make the you know continue the good things and discontinue the bad things and just tweak it and make it more fun each year yeah well i know that just from i guess you know casual or layman's observations the the attendance on the show is just ratcheted up every single year i mean are you guys i mean are you guys tracking that pretty hard and projecting kind of kind of where this this next year is going to be yeah every year uh obviously we people that came to the show you get a wristband um we keep track of all of our attendance per day um, and it's it's funny, but like every year, it's almost like you have a trend. You know, like yeah. even if like on a Saturday around two o'clock, it's like the busiest time, so to speak. And you can see exactly where all the uh, um, the most amount of people are going to be there. Um, we really look at that data because we need to make sure we have, uh, even though we have a lot of games. Yeah, it's only one or two people that are playing per game. We don't. The last thing we want is like a lot of people standing around doing nothing, not having a good time. Yeah. So. Um, that really is, that's really also what drives um, the way we figure out when we're going to have certain seminars. Yeah, okay. Well, the yeah. show the show's definitely grown organically. I mean, you you don't do a lot, if any at all, local advertising. I, I know usually the news comes out and you'll get a little spot. Yeah, here a couple and there. of days before it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, the press loves. You know, we we send press releases out and we talk to them, and uh, they love coming out and filming it and talking to us. They want us to do more, but uh, honestly, like those morning shows are like five a.m. and you know, we just decided, it, yeah, it makes a long yeah, weekend we longer. We just decided not to do those anymore, honestly, because it's just not, you know, we need sleep, too, yeah. during the show and before the show. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, we don't do a lot of local advertising. We put up posters. We are... Uh, uh, we are linking like a little bit with like Goodwood Brewery, and they put up posters and talk about us and uh, some local business like tie-ins. Yeah, yeah, Zanzibar, of course, they're always you know right with us, and uh, yeah, you know, you guys. 
Well, I, I'm I'm just curious. I mean, what what's the exposure? I guess what's the interest like? You know, with other shows. I mean, are you know outside of the Kentucky area? Are you guys seeing that ratchet up as well? I mean, do you guys do a lot of advertising? You know, like at Pinball Expo or you know Replay FX, yeah, Replay FX or you know Arcade Expo or anything like that. Yeah, we know. Uh, you know. Uh, at the Chicago show, actually, there's a meeting of all the other shows, and uh, so we're always at. The, Jeremy and I always go to the Chicago show. We were at the Replay show uh, this year. It was awesome. It was yeah. our first time, and uh, so we're friends with all those guys. Mark Steinman, uh, you know, we've talked to Paysack and all those guys at Chicago, Roger yeah. uh, Burke, and everything. And um, you know, everybody's cool. Everybody knows our show. We know their show. Uh, we all talk to each other cross promote each other and stuff so it's uh you know it's a good thing really yeah. uh there's not too much beyond that you really have to do at least from our perspective um, yeah I would, I would say also public interest i think that's where you're also going with that is yeah is, is definitely ramping up i mean it seems like every year is yet another show coming up yeah um, and it's kind of cool just watching klov and Pinside and seeing like you know oh you know please attend xyz exactly. show coming up exactly it's like, wow it's another one you know I, I would say that if you were to you know if you were to just track every single show especially the new ones that have popped up over the let's say the last nine months you could almost be at a show during quote-unquote you know the calendar year probably every every other week if you really really tried absolutely right? yeah yeah and another big thing for us too like our pinball tournament being on the papa circuit uh, we're the last stop before the finals for the year. Okay. So that makes a lot of people that want to get their points straight uh, stop by. You know, they, they want to play in our tournament to get yeah. those points to qualify. Yeah. And uh, like last year, we, like if you look at our top 16 on IFPA of the people that, uh, uh, you know, finished the finishing order, uh, it's amazing. I think number one was like Finland or Sweden and... I wow. mean, everybody is just like from yeah. We had quite a few, Italy. quite a few European people coming in last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was that was really cool. Yeah, and, and there also there's a video on our website. Uh, if you go to LouisvilleArcade.com, and then uh, I think it's under videos. There's a link to last year's 2015 show. There's a video uh, like the Papa people uh, talking about. The uh, you know they're sort of like reviewing the finish and stuff. Oh and yeah, good yeah. highlights of the show. It's really yeah. cool to watch yeah, because the, they're pointing the pop out the pinball highlights. Yeah, it's it's a cool video to check out. So uh, it's cool. Like I think it's Bowen talking or Bowen or Mark, and uh, you know they sort of have the guy going, little flag next to his name. It looks it looks really professional. Those yeah. guys do a great job. Yeah. So speaking so. of the tournament, are you doing this year the same as you've done in prior years, where everyone that uh, has admission to the show has an admission to the tournament? Yeah, everybody gets two free entries into the tournament. Yeah, and the way they do that, uh, back in the day, you used to get a ticket at the front desk, but now it's just as long as you're not registered yet, when you walk up there and they, they sign your name up, that's when they give you the two free entries. Oh, I see. Okay. So it makes it much easier yeah, to very, very not, easy. not watch them for these little blue tickets and where <laughs> they went. Yeah, and if there's a game, <laughs> exactly. there might be a game in the tournament that's not in the free play area that someone wants to play, so... You know, you just go over there and play that game and, you know, just check it out. So, Well, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you guys have definitely done a really good job of kind of mixing up the floor plan each year. And I know, Jeremy, you know, you've given me a couple of the graphics, you know, after the fact and so that I could, you know, include them in a blog post or whatever. So, uh, you know, how's, how's the floor plan of the show shaping up? And, I mean, and most importantly, where are we going to be at? <laughs> okay, well, actually, uh, there's I got three different versions. It's one-two punch. It, got, and I, in all of them were by the, by the men's room, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Out in the uh, we thought you wanted to be in the men's room. <laughs> too echoey, too echoey. Yes. Oh, okay. I just um, need to sit on a toilet and I'm good. There's, there's actually three different versions and uh, every version is the same as far as when you first walk in to the left, that's where the, the pinball tournament's going to be. Um, when you first, and then also right in front of the doors, that's where the vendor area is. As far as 
to the right where the the order of the arcade pinball and console mm-hmm. that's what's changing up okay um as far as where broken tokens going to be they're going to be in the exact same location as last year kind of oh, right sweet. in the middle oh, yeah, um awesome. i think it's kind of cool how you all are just always set up right there with the tables and you, i think it's like a t formation yeah so you yeah, can yeah have it is. four yeah people kind of sitting side by side and that that's kind of cool yeah, yeah it, it um, works out well so and real quick before I, we haven't mentioned even when this is i know we're, we're talking about <laughs> Louisville arcade expo and we wanted to get it on the show in yeah. enough time so folks can make plans it's going to be march 4th through the 6th oh no that was the first no <laughs> <laughs> it's april fi- it's april 15th oh, I april ha- 15th. If he doesn't know i don't have very good faith in the planners you know <laughs> come on whitney so it's march 4th through 6th ramada plaza hotel here in louisville kentucky and we'll have links in the show notes sure. so it's uh, uh i know the old website which it sounds like you're all kind of getting away from a little bit. I know it still works, but what's new in LouisvilleArcade.com? Well, they all go to the same place, okay. actually. LouisvilleArcade.com, ArcadeRx.com. Yep. Uh, yeah, they go to the same spot. And then yeah. also on Facebook, uh, that's probably the most current information, I would say. But the, the website's the main thing, but little things we post on the Facebook site. Yeah, so, yeah and Twitter, enough. Twitter at ArcadeRx, too. Okay. Cool. All right. So sorry about that. We thought we'd throw that in there before yeah. we got too far away. Yeah, from and, it. and that's good because uh, we're starting out the year, and we don't need uh, we don't need any more podcast fail than you and I will put into the show. Just you know, automatically. So yeah, it's a good good call. So yeah. So so how's the how's the layout gonna gonna shape up? Mm. Yeah. So like I was saying, there's three different versions, and the the biggest change between all of them, the reason why we have three different layouts, is uh, <laughs> the uh, if y'all remember last year in the vendor area, there was mommy's best games. Um, as well as uh, some other local game developers, yes, set up in the kind in of the an, corner. an indie row, if you will. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, I mean, the 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 uh, the challenge with their booth really is that they're not really selling anything; it's more games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's it's they always do draw a crowd, and and it kind of I wouldn't say blocks the area of the vendors, but it's almost like they're not really a vendor. So what we're doing is we're moving them into the gaming area. Oh, that's uh, cool. Okay. So in the very, yeah. so when in the very far back, right, um, where the arcade games are normally set up, that's where we're going to have their booth and okay. then kind of surround their booth with arcade and pinball machines. So it's really just trying to figure out where does their booth fit in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that way it makes the most sense for us to have pinball on one side or arcade, or maybe even have it like replay effects where we kind of mix them all up together. I see. That's what, I we're, see. That's what we're kind of working with right now. Huh? Yeah, I guess anything to optimize the traffic flow because you're right. I mean, I do remember those guys. I mean, they great booth and great crowd, but you you had to walk around that a whole mm-hmm. lot. So yeah, okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, they kind of have different needs and stuff than a regular vendor who's just sitting there with a table selling yeah. stuff. So yeah. it it makes really good sense, and we think it'll you know tie them to the show better. So. That's good. That's good. Now, how, how about the con- how about the console scene? I mean, that that always seems to draw a very good and consistent crowd. I know that you guys are. Uh, <laughs> I guess we're all blessed that there's a couple local collectors. Uh, my cousin actually is my cousin. His brother is actually involved in it, and they just they raid their closet and pull out just a just a boatload of just games and everything like that. I mean, is that is that pretty much going to be? I guess pretty consistent with the previous years or how how's that going to change up i'm really thinking it's going to be about the same but yeah. that's obviously joe's area that runs yeah. that unfortunately um, joe's astromech projection you know <laughs> isn't mic'd up so he's standing here talking but, i'll kick him talk joe know. talk yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a repeating on a loop so yeah um, fair enough yeah we are we are working on one project uh taking a old vectrix um 
actually it's a broken vectrix and connecting it up to a laser with a galvanometer so it can actually be a projected laser oh wow vectrix oh game. neat Really, really hoping that's done before the show. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, like sh- sharks with laser beams on their heads. You know, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't happen in time, so that might not be the it may I mean, not. It may not who, work. It may work, or someone may lose an eye. Right. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to play a 20-foot Vectrix? I mean, I think every, <laughs> you know what? Um, I think every person deserves a warm meal and a 20-foot Vectrix. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Freddie, uh, I was going to say <laughs> Freddie Roosevelt said that. <laughs> Whitney and I were just visited by uh, Victor Marlin of the uh, the Ten Pence Arcade, uh, the Ten Pence Podcast. Yes, he and his uh, lovely wife came into the states during the holidays, and get, they came through Louisville. And one of the things that he Victor brought me because I'm kind of a Vectrex person as well is he brought me a handmade, brand new aluminum Vectrex controller. I have to show it to you. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty that cool. That is awesome. It yeah. is it is unbelievable. Yeah, milled, I mean, from, milled from billet and everything. Yes, it's, it's crazy. It's the the body is milled from a solid billet of aluminum. I mean, it is amazing. Huh. So it's awesome. actually, does it actually attached correctly? No, it doesn't. Okay, it's, it's got a very similar form factor to the original yeah. Vectrex controller, and I'm thinking. Uh, we may be able to use that on your 20-foot Vectrex. Wow. That's pretty cool. That'd be know. awesome. With a controller that pretty, you don't uh, you don't attach it to anything. You just walk around and... You just show it. Show it. I'm thinking yeah, actually exactly. about putting it on a chain and wearing it around my neck. <laughs> nice. <laughs> For your That's belt. a very good idea. Yeah, yeah your belt. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be awesome. So is uh, you mentioned that you may actually mix up uh, con- or, excuse me, arcade and pinball. Are you... Are, is that something that's like seriously on the table? Because I, I always kind of thought that would be interesting to do like a block of each and then just kind of spread it throughout the venue. Of course, it's your venue, you yeah. know, your choice. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how. I don't know if we really will do it, but it really kind of got the idea from Replay Effects because that's that's kind of like what they did, where it wasn't just nothing but arcade on one side and pinball. It was they they had like groups of arcade machines, and then the next row over, it's nothing but pinball and then yeah. arcade and then pinball and arcade and pinball, and it was just. It, it made it really cool because you're walking around and and the the subject is kind of the the landscape's changing, changing every single time, yes. you know. Versus just a, oh here's the pinball area, oh here's the arcade, and here's the console. It it did make it very well to to meld them together. How, how, how well did that help with the, with the cra- with the crowd control? Because one thing that I've often noticed is that the pinball side, okay, when all the pinball machines are all grouped together, there tends to be a lot of lines. You yeah. know, and, and that's, and, and that's and kind of where to, I was going with it. You have to snake your way through a lot of people to get in a line or to, or to play a pinball machine in the arcade games. It, for you know, good, bad, or indifferent, they tend to only be one or two people deep at any given point in time. And I know it's just because of the yeah, cyclic nature of playing the arcade games. That's actually a very good point. Yeah, it seems to me like it would help if they were interspersed. It might. I think you just kind of sold me. Wouldn't you? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, another thing. Invoices in the yeah. mail. How about that? <laughs> another thing too is like our show. Well, Replay Effects they own all their games pretty much. You know, they like had like how many. Three hundred, seven hundred. I was gonna say totals, probably. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, total. Yeah, yeah like seven hundred. It was ridiculous. How they many own, games and uh, we, you know, we don't own all our games. We rely on people bringing them. So right. if somebody's bringing their games, they like them grouped together sometimes. But yeah, mm. uh, but yeah, we could, we should probably definitely mix them more a little bit. Mm. Even if you did like a block of twenty or thirty, and then just hopscotched, you know, yeah. pinball video, pinball video. Yeah, it would definitely help with power too. <laughs> yeah, I bet it would. Yeah, yeah I bet well, it some would. of the some of the pinball guys may actually start playing some of the arcade games. Right, I know that kind well, of. Well, I can, I can see that. I mean, it might keep the lines down a little bit more on yeah. the pinball side. And, yeah. and we've talked a lot about lines. I don't want folks to think that the lines at Louisville Arcade Expo are no. 
monsters. No, the, the they're line, not. The lines are a good problem to have. I yeah. mean, that means everybody's engaged and everybody wants to play. You know, you're just you're just trying to look for, uh, I, I guess, a balance between the lines and then mm-hmm. line turnover at the same time. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Well, yeah. sometimes people, you know, a lot of people at our show are just really good at playing games too. So a pinball machine. If you're playing it with like four people and four people are pretty good yeah. doing like a dollar game or something, it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a while. And then if you have, you know, ants playing with you, it's going to take for even Five longer. seconds. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, because they'll disappear while you're playing. But yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you, four people disappear out of the line. Right. And right. Less ants is with you than one disappears immediately. Is that what I'm picking up on? Right. Okay. Much. All right. Gotcha. gotcha. All right. Yeah. 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 Credit up and roll, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so what about speakers? We've talked a little bit about the games. We've talked a little bit about the each, console area. Each game has a speaker in it. Normally it's about eight inches or ten inches. You know, <laughs> it is power. It's a mid-range. Yeah. I think there's a magnet on it. Did, did we invite these people? <laughs> I think we did, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, for sure. Okay, how about this? Seminars. This how about let's, seminars, let's, seminars. Yeah, let's roll that backwards and swap the word seminars. Do you not know how to play a pinball machine? Uh, not very well, no. <laughs> you know what, Whitney just hit me? I remember, was it two years ago, speaking of games of speakers, didn't this fine, outstanding young man sitting to my right put us right behind every EM game with no back door and just like 14 inch bells in it. So Did you do that? That's why you were asking about speakers. Did okay, that, that makes sense. Yes, yeah, so now everything does have speakers. It's not okay. chimes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll back and go back to uh, seminars. Though. How about that? <laughs> no, one of the things that I've always appreciated about your all show is He's that lying. <laughs> if my lips are moving, no. Um, you, you guys definitely get a really good headliner each and every year. I mean, we've had David Crane, Roger Sharp, and, you know, it goes on and on. John so, Trudeau. Yeah, John Trudeau, thank you. So, you know, how, how's, how's this year shaping up? Yeah, this year's uh, speaker we're flying in is uh, Steve Ritchie, nice. who, uh, you know, legend. Um, I imagine most people listening know who he is. But yeah, the man he, needs no introduction. Yeah, he started at Atari back in the 70s. He uh, uh, He's done pinball machines for Williams, you know, some of the classics, High Speed, F-14, uh, Star Trek Next Generation. He's been working for Stern. Uh, he did the new Star Trek game. He did ACDC. ACDC. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, his newest game is Game of Thrones, which uh, he's going to talk about at our show. Okay. And uh, he's a uh, you know he's a great guy, very cool, very entertaining. Uh, I'm sure everyone will love to hear him talk. Yeah. So. Now, d- does he generally do like a, a prepared format where kind of like what John Trudeau did, where John stood up and went through some slides and yeah, just talked about everything? He's going to do something like that. Oh, yeah, he's okay. got a slideshow awesome. he's going to do, and uh, he's just going to he's going to talk about his latest thing, Game of Thrones. Okay, so excellent. He's, excellent. Yeah, he really loves that game. So good, good. So not to derail too much, but you mentioned F14. So there's something going on with an F-14. Yes, thank you for that wonderful tie-in. Yeah. Uh, This year's charity raffle prize is an F-14 pinball machine because, uh, you know, Steve Ritchie's the featured guy. We love F-14 pinball. It's one of our favorite games. And uh, Jeremy uh, and I have been working on fixing it up. Uh, It's a barn find, which Jeremy can talk more about the story of a barn find yeah we found it uh right around hopkinsville in western kentucky wow um got it pretty cheap uh about five years ago i think 150 bucks um whoa 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 whoa. what 150 dollars well it's not the you know (laughs) 150 (laughs) dollars 150 bucks 
Yeah. Wow. <laughs> or deer skins. That's, deer that's skins. awesome. <laughs> or deer skins. Yeah. And, Beaver pelts. Right. And yes, <laughs> yeah. And yes, Brent, there is a speaker in it. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm just thinking maybe you need to play this up a little bit more because you're starting off kind of on a low note. <laughs> uh, well, it, okay. Well, it, the funny thing is that uh, it was beautiful. Well, no, I mean the uh, the space shuttle we gave away for the first year. Oh yeah. yes. That yes. was also a barn find. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that was a central game. Kentucky. I think yep. the city was called Central. Which is really weird. Yeah, it was near Horse Cave. Or yeah, something like that. Central Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> people in, in, West, in Western Kentucky. People yeah. are listening just, to this I show. I just never knew there was actually a place called Central. People are listening but. to this show across the U.S. and across the world, and they're like, "My <laughs> gosh, I know what's wrong with those people." <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I went down to Central next to Horse Cave. <laughs> Got a pinball. So, so the machine actually works now, um, but it still has. It needs a lot of cleaning. It had a lot of uh, mud dauber nests in it and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we got a new plastic set for it, um, and we got to strip the play field, get it all cleaned up. But basically, we're not taking any money out of it. We're, um, it's all for charity. So, um, you know, canned goods to our food, food bank, and then money's going to... Uh, Cozera Charities. Cozera? Uh, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the canned goods go to Dare to Care. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen the work that you've done before. I remember the space shuttle, uh, and it, it was beautiful when you were finished with it. So I'm sure this machine is going to be just as nice. Well, thank you. It wasn't exactly beautiful, but... <laughs> well, I mean, for where, how you know, it started. For yeah. how it started. Yeah, yeah. how it started, yeah. And this is the same thing. This is not going to be a beautiful collector's quality game, but it is. it Could will be a, be a nice fully game. functioning, working, nice game. I'm sure it'll, it'll be play a, very nice. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm sure it'll be a great player's game, and anybody who gets and, it And it's should. also a Steve Ritchie game. Yeah. So Steve Ritchie will be there with yeah. the machine that you, you can win. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's nice. So now, yeah, it's do you have nice. to be present to win? Yes. You do have and to. And you better be able to take that machine. <laughs> it's weird because we are not delivering it. With a yeah, truck. the delivery, yeah, that's not cool. Not, not as, as is where it is. <laughs> so it's canned goods, or are you all still doing tickets? Because in prior years, I think we, you yeah, we are. Both. Yeah. yeah, and the, the money is what goes to Cozair Children's Hospital. Okay. okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Yeah, awesome. I mean, as far as the total number of games, I mean, how, how have the prior, prior years run? I mean, if we were to look at, you know, just an all-up number on arcade and pinball machines, what, what can people expect, you know, when they walk through the door? You know, if this year is, is any indicator of, you know, uh, or I guess if the prior years are, is any indicator of this year, you know, what, what will they be, what, what will they be walking into then well last year last year was down a little bit because of all the snow we had yeah the weather the weather was definitely freak snow yeah Yeah, it was bad i mean brent was still a hero over here and brought a ton of games which was very nice but uh it uh it definitely decreased the total number of games at the show um we still had a ton of people and everybody had a good time yeah uh you know no one really complained so that was nice but um so this year we kind of expect it to be more probably like the 2014 show uh, yeah, say our, our pre-registration seems higher. Already. Yeah, especially for Does game it, registration machines. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then we're trying to, you know, put the word out to try to bring Steve Ritchie games to the show. Um, and I think it seems like people are really responding to that too. So uh, we're trying to have as many of those there as possible. So yeah, excellent, excellent. And there's there's and kind of like Brian, I mean, there, there's also you know people that that will repeat and bring the same machine for the next you know or for the past few years and. Um, one example is like Ryan Cundiff. He he brings his Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man pinball machine. I think he's done that for like how many years? Like four oh, years? Oh, yeah, a long time ago. You know, I've still ago, never played yeah. that game. Yeah, I mean, neither, it's, neither it's amazing because it's like every single, like the first year, uh, sorry, Ryan, but the first year he brought it is like it, it broke within like an hour. But there's so many people there that, that want to make sure the machines keep on ri- uh, running. Yeah. And so he's had some help. And then every year he brings it back, it's even better. 
Yeah, so and even cool like uh, that's cool. Yeah, like Jared, he brings uh, Jared Nebel. He always brings a couple games. Always from Evansville too. Yeah, from Evansville, yeah. and uh, you know those kind of guys. You know, it's just great seeing them every year, and they always, you know, people like that really the get into Pinball the show. Group. I mean, they bring yeah a ton. Phoebe yes. and all them. Yeah, they're Rob, the people that are just yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. And, yeah. and don't forget ants and ants. Yeah, and ants again. Yes, ants. Yeah, Zanzibar brings so many games to the show. I mean, without them, it would just totally stink i mean Can really put sarcasm so. tags around like when i say ants let's <laughs> uh, make sure this isn't, like love text. Ants. this isn't like text unfortunately <laughs> so i have uh, i have looked at my collection i haven't decided exactly what i'm going to bring this year i'm going to change up a little bit i'm going to bring it probably a game or two that i've brought in the past but not in the past couple years so if that makes sense yeah. you know, bring some new stuff bring some some things i brought before but you know not recently try to switch up a little bit you know so there's always something a little different there yeah absolutely that's what we you know we always like people doing that that's great now yeah. and give everybody the rundown on on bringing a game i know you mentioned pre-registration you mm-hmm. all like to have that so you kind of got an idea but it's not necessarily required mm-hmm. and the reason i say that is is if if on a on thursday you decide that you 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 can make it you got your game running you've been working on it and you want to bring it you can still bring it right oh yeah even on friday if you get the game running, you want to bring it go ahead and bring it that's that's one thing we try to do our best is no matter what time you get there with the game we're going to get it up and running yeah um as quick as possible we're not going to try to we're not going to turn down a game yeah now the one thing we do do for everybody that brings machines um we do have prizes and stuff that we've given away in the past years um, including stuff from like uh, Stern, Jersey Jack, CPR, uh, soldering stations. Um, yeah, we usually buy some stuff and throw it in there too. Yeah, yeah. and so every every day that your game's there, it's getting a ticket, so to speak, for winning a prize. So the earlier, earlier you do bring your game, if you do bring it on Thursday, on Sunday you have a much better chance on winning some stuff. Yeah, cool. cool. And then with every game you bring, you get a weekend admission? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yep. So if you're coming and your wife's coming, you know, bring two games. And so, you're in for free. Yeah, absolutely. And you have a chance of winning a prize. And uh, it's a good time. You're part of the show when you bring a game. So From, I guess, a seminar perspective or an activity perspective, you know, Steve Ritchie coming in, can you guys talk a little bit more about, you know, what, you know, what kids can do, you know, later on in the evening, what the parents can, you know, what the parents can count on and things like that? Well, we always have a kids costume contest on Saturday that's yeah. real popular. So, uh, like, and we try to do it earlier because, you know, little kids... Uh, you know, you kind of wanted them there earlier in the day as opposed to later. And uh, so the little kids on, uh, it's usually it's like Saturday around noonish. Uh, we have a little costume contest and we give all the kids a prize, you know. And uh, it's cool seeing them all go around. Uh, as far as uh, the, you know, the hotel is very kid friendly too. I mean, again, yeah. they got an indoor yes. pool that's yes. very large, and kids yeah. love and there's swimming a, there's for some a reason all the time. Decent restaurant in the front of the hotel. It used to be a Wix Pizza, which, uh, you know, everybody around here likes Wix Pizza, but. Um, it kind of had bad service at the hotel, but I wouldn't say I, kind of. <laughs> it, did, it did. I was trying to be nice, <laughs> yeah, but I understand. Um, but anyway, yeah. So now there's uh, like it's more of a sports kind of bar up there, and it's uh, it's cool. So yeah. it's way fat, better service and good beer. And, and you, know. you know, if you're coming in from out of town, where where the expo is located, there is all kinds of dining. I mean, within minutes, if not yeah. seconds, of where you're at. And, uh, you know, if you fly into Louisville, uh, there's a shuttle, that, a free shuttle from the uh, airport to the hotel, 
And uh, obviously with Uber and Lyft and stuff these days. So even if you get to the hotel and you don't like the restaurant there or the Dairy Queen next door uh, <laughs> or walking down the street, you can, you know, get Uber and hit hit the town, man. Have a good time. And uh, definitely if you're in town, you know, you want to, I'd say swing by Zanzibar for sure. And, and uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Play all the games down there, you know, because uh, and they have great food and beer and, uh, you know, it's. You know, it's the same crowd as uh, the show. But yeah. Wendy, as you were saying about like uh, all the fun times and stuff later, uh, you know, everybody that comes to the show, they kind of make their own parties. You know, we don't really mm. have official outside parties going on. I think the word is non-sanctioned. Non-sanctioned. Well, not sure. I mean, yeah, it kind of goes back to you saying you know, we were talking about shows popping up everywhere. Yeah. Sometimes there's a show that pops up like a mini arcade expo. Yeah. It's like it a might show, pop a up show like on the, the same show. weekend. Yeah. At the same location. Yeah. So that's a little bit different time. Right. Exactly. But those those are kind of like you know different private parties that go on. So you know you kind of gotta well, know it, stuff. Well, you yeah. mentioned already. It's you, you see a lot of people every year. That you only kind of get to see at the show, Jared. You mentioned, Absolutely. you know, yes. you know, I, I've Jared and I are Facebook friends, mm. but he's in Evansville. That's a couple hours away, right. so right. you never you never see one another. This is a perfect time to get together and see those folks and hang out and do stuff after the show. Yeah, kind yes. of rekind- rekindle the friendships and things. And all like the that, all so. the Ohio people, my goodness, I mean, they're and the Papa guys. You know, they're always hanging around the bar and the hotel and stuff. You know, it's it's just a good time, really. I, last year with all that snow, Jeremy and I were kind of snowed in on that Wednesday night, and you go to the bar and it's oh, like, oh darn! <laughs> you go to the bar in the hotel and it's it's just full of uh, European pinball players. You know, the best people in the world and the Papa guys and Ohio people. It was just like this is crazy. This is awesome. So, yeah, it's it's like you couldn't you couldn't organize an event like that unless you know unless just i guess kind of lucky things happen you know and then everybody comes together so yeah i mean just the fact these people come to our town you know like that's the biggest thing is just kind of getting our town as part of you know this whole worldwide event of gaming you know we just want to put us on the map because so many people from here go to other shows all over the place and take games it's like well let's just have it here and have a good time you know i think people really do enjoy that so we've talked a lot about pinball. You mentioned the Papa guys, folks that come in from uh, Europe, come in from all over the U.S. to play. Don't forget heavy arcade game, heavy yes. video game yep. uh, influence at Louisville Arcade Expo, heavy home con. It's Is it fair to say it's it's probably a third, a third, and a third? Is it yeah, that that's, that's our goal. I would yeah. say so. Maybe honestly, I think we dialed back the console side. I mean, the oh, console, did you? yeah, the console side. I think was it third year. That's when we dialed it back. So, I mean, it was. There's so much console. Yeah, stuff Joe yes. that, that Joe has our astromech projection. Joe Stith has so many games. <laughs> he could, he could <laughs> that, fill up that whole entire. Yeah. Now, room. one thing, one thing he really did like the last year or two is sort of expand into European consoles. You and, know, like there's and, all kinds and of Russian. Ru- yeah, which is weird. Well, I was thinking Euro- Russia. Really? Kind I've of seen part I've of seen Europe, some but, interesting you know. pictures oh, of just. <laughs> yeah, I don't know you. <laughs> And they're, these they're are con- they're these concrete are, blocks, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these are consoles and their home computers. You know, recently yeah. some and of the British other, uh, things too. I think some of the other yeah. other podcasts have, for whatever reason, dabbled in some of the Russian Soviet block home computers, and you know they're they're based in similar hardwares to what we had here in the U.S. or what was common in Europe, but still, they're just an interesting animal. So, yeah, so, so Joe's dabbling in that now. Well, there was a the console. I just, I just remember when he was walking around with David Crane and uh, he was showing David Crane like, oh, here's all these uh, 
you know games we have and he's like yeah these are the russian the russian ones and this one's based off your game and david grant's like i had no idea that even existed yeah wow you know, that's, <laughs> that's that's insane that's kind of cool it is yeah it was very, very cool. much so yeah so uh, there was like that the console room down at the very end uh there's sort of two big console rooms and then they're also out in the main room too but the console room way at the end of the building that one had mainly the international stuff in it and uh yeah it was all very cool stuff and uh you know he expands that every year and he's he's definitely the console side of this but yes console we try to make it a third you know we try to split it up evenly uh the arcade video game side uh the number of games is usually a little less than the pinball side mm-hmm. um maybe last year might have been a little more than the pinball side i don't know because of the it seems like people could still bring arcade games in the snow but Pinball machines kind of went down a tad. I'd say most of those arcades are coming from Ants too at Zanzibar. Right, that's true. He brings so and Brent brings a ton too. But yes. yeah, so that, that's um, that's huge. Yeah, but um, the, they this pack easier. But too. everybody likes yeah. to bring you know yeah, crazy titles you've never seen. And uh, I actually I think Papa's going to bring some video games down too. That's for right. the replay show. So. Oh wow! Oh nice! Yeah. Wow, be pretty cool. Yeah. So um, we've touched a little bit on the play area. We've touched on the panels. We've touched on some of the tournament. Uh, the giveaway, the charity raffle. What about, we talked a little bit about this earlier. I'm putting Jeremy on the spot. Are, is it decided? Is there going to be cosplay again this year? I know that's usually kind of. Oh, a, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, there, there definitely will be cosplay. Uh, that really was what wondering. What would you be wearing? <laughs> now he's on the spot. You know, he did this. He dressed up one year. Uh-huh. Did he? Yeah. What, what would you like for me to wear, Brent? <laughs> <laughs> right, there so, we go. Now I made you a cosplay. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, I'm nervous on my own show. I'll just, I'll just wear a Pauline costume and then just call it right there. Just easy peasy, man. Wow. Yeah. One year, Jer- one year, Jeremy dressed up, and I'm wow, sure this picture right. exists somewhere online. Please but not. He ex- he dressed up as. Uh, Elton John from the Captain Fantastic Backlash. Oh. Yeah, with the tall shoes and the toboggan. And then we were on a morning show. How did I miss that? We were on on the the morning morning show, show, yeah. Oh, nice. You're a little tall, but okay. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it can work. Yeah, the whole platformer heel deal. Yeah, I got yeah, those. I yeah, know. sweet. So <laughs> sweet. Is there going to be like? Is there going to be a, a cosplay contest, or is it just? Because I know there's usually an attendance of cosplayers. Yeah, yeah there's always a contest. Yes, and it's uh, it's usually there's, there's two of them. One for kids. One for kids earlier mm-hmm. in the day, and then one mm-hmm. for of an adult contest. Well, you don't want to say adult contest, but uh, one for older uh, older people later. <laughs> adult. <laughs> so yes, and uh, um. So are you going to have, and I know you're all still working on scheduling. So, you know, if, if this is still up in the air, just, you know, obviously let us know. But usually on Saturday night, you've got a band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah uh, this year's the Broken room. Token. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know y'all knew that, but y'all are playing. Yeah, right. we are. The Broken <laughs> Token Jug Band Jubilee. <laughs> yeah, Jug Band Jubilee. And then, yes, yeah, exactly. Moonshine Jugs will travel. I'm glad all that Sorry. practice is, is not for, it's not for naught. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, one thing, too, I probably should mention. I'll uh, play the spoons. Uh, the, Hobbit, the Hobbit machine will be there. Uh Larry Kitchen, who uh, does the Escalera stuff, he's also a Jersey Jack dealer, and uh, they're going to make sure that they have a Hobbit at our show. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, if you guys haven't played it before, it's a pretty good game. Larry is an awesome guy, too. Yes, he is. He's down in, uh, like, Landon Between the Lakes area, and uh, uh, Escaleras are awesome. I mean, they're kind of pricey, but... Kind of near where the F-14's from. Gotcha. I think. Hmm. Ish. Ish, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, dash-ish. So how did you find the F-14? Was it just one of those, I know a guy that knows a guy deal? Sort of. Um, I mean, so this is five years ago. You can tell your source. Right. So, well, so basically, um, so I had a Star Wars episode one pinball machine at uh, my work. Mm-hmm. and um, Seems reasonable. Yeah, really, really just in the break room to, you know, get people kind of into pinball. Before that, we actually had an F-14 in our break room. Um, and so we had a pinball tournament. 
um, there and um, I guess like the the employees there to thank me they've um, pitched in some money and they gave me $150 worth of quarters. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't they put them like all over your desk or something? <laughs> yes, I have a yeah. picture. And they, they taped them up. They put them up on the ceiling. I'm not sure if that's wow. a thank you or not. They completely yeah. plastered it to the point where in the ceiling, I mean, it's like a 10-foot ceiling, so I can't just reach up and get them. Maybe maybe a 12-foot ceiling. So I'm sitting, no I'm sitting there and there's quarters hitting my head yeah. in random, random times. <laughs> yeah. So I took, the, I took the quarters and then somebody that, that I work with actually had a friend who had this F-14 in a barn. And said, "Hey, you know, would you like to to buy this?" And so I just took the quarters. Would you like one hundred fifty dollars in quarters? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I did exchange it into cash. Yeah, but, but yeah. So then I went down there and got it. Um, the the F fourteen was in a uh, a laundromat before he got it, and the laundromat got broken into. There's a pretty large size on this on the side of the uh, cabinet that somebody broke into, and uh, got the quarters out and stuff like that. Wow. Um, so there's a little bit of work we had to do to it, but honestly, the, the inside, the board set and stuff, it was very clean. Um, underneath the play field looked pretty clean. Yeah. Play field's yeah. not even terrible, honestly, for, you know, it just kind of like it got broken into and it's kind of sat there. Yeah. So, so there was a story behind the space shuttle from the first year, wasn't <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah. Wasn't that was on a television show, wasn't it? Um, that well, was well, no, uh, sort of. That it was, was in the uh, back. It was in the background. Well, Craig's, well, Craigslist. Uh, we we there was a person that was selling some bingo machines, and in the background, we saw oh, the okay. we saw the side art, and it had an astronaut on it, and that's oh, that identified okay. a space shuttle. Um, that guy was on American, American Pickers. Pickers. Oh, okay. So the sh- the the pin. I thought the pin was in the background of the American Pickers segment when they when they episode two forty two when no, they were no, this yeah. place. Okay. <laughs> So, but he was he was selling some stuff on Craigslist. It wasn't that exciting then. It I was kind of cool. It's I mean, you know, that story's been getting more awesome every year, and he just completely <laughs> <Yeah>. completely <laughs> brought it back to the normal again. It's a fish. It's a if fish story. If there's one thing I'm good at, it's screwing stuff up. <laughs> it's a fish. Story. Well, you just made the story bigger. We should have just said yes. That's right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> kind of like Venezuelan cliff driving, cliff diving accident. Well, you know. I mean that happened. I was there. Right. Yeah. Trust right. me. Selma sure. hikes alive because of that. Yes. So yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank God. God. There's actually a Tato game called Venezuelan cliff driving accidents. Is that <laughs> no? <laughs> it's on. But if you do have it, bring it to the show. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's on a 989 and one. I know I've seen it. So <laughs> if you see me at the show, pull me aside and ask me what that means, and maybe I'll tell. Maybe I'll tell you. <laughs> So, guys, uh, Whitney, did you have another question? No, 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 I'm good. I'm I good. was going to say, go ahead. is there anything we've left out, anything we haven't hit on? Uh, the uh, One other thing that goes on at the show, uh, actually, we did it for the first time last year. There was sort of a pub trivia uh, that's hosted by this guy named James Key, who's a local uh, school teacher. He contacted us, and he runs pub trivia night somewhere around town, but uh, he wanted to do sort of a game-themed one, and he did it last year, and it was crazy. I mean, it was really awesome, the questions and... The timing was just so difficult. It was amazing. But as, you know, not too surprising, the people there at our show pretty much knew most of the answers. Uh, but it was very cool. So if you're into that kind of stuff, uh, you know, it'll, just, it'll be probably an hour or so one night, uh, either Friday or Saturday. And uh, definitely want to check it out. It's it's very cool. Yeah, awesome. So, so guys, I know you all mentioned the website right up front, you know, arcaderx.com, louisvillearcade.com. So, you know, how much does it cost to get into the show and just, the, you know, rough order of magnitude? Well, this year, your family down? Yeah, this year, uh, raise the prices a little bit. Uh, so, you want to pre register to save. It's $20 a day online, $45 for a weekend pass online. At the door, it's going to be a little pricier, 25 at the door for a day pass. And then, uh, is it. 
I can't remember what the weekend pass is. Might be fifty five or sixty for at right. the door. So you Might definitely want to pre register because want to pre reg, yeah. Pre register helps us because you know you're already you know in the system and everything. Uh, it just makes everything easier. You know, you know how many people are going to show up and stuff like that. So definitely do that. Save some money, and uh, yeah, buy a t shirt while you're there. So. Uh, let me ask you: If you guys could uh, pull any any game that, that you wanted to favorite game to show up at the uh, at the expo, what what would it be? <sighs> what <Tough>. what has <laughs> what hasn't been there that, that you've always wanted to see show up? I know I know the the arcade game I really want to see. What's that? Uh, the Sega Star Trek cockpit. Oh, the okay. captain's chair. Yeah, the captain's yeah, chair. yeah, the SOS simulator. Yeah, that would yeah. be so awesome to see because yeah. I don't think I've ever played it before. I just it's, think that'd be so fun. Really cool. Yeah, it, it, it is. is cool. I, I've, uh, a local collector has one in his game room, and every time I'm in his so game Whitney, room, I, I think play. you probably have two of them. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no, it's not Whitney. Oddly sure. enough, oddly it's not enough. Whitney. It's not me. I can put in a good word, but I don't know if it's going to happen. That that would be my arcade. I had to choose. Wow, neat. Yeah. How about you, man? Oh, uh, you know, that's a tough question. Uh, you know, we've had so many good games over the years that, you know, it's hard for me to think of one that we haven't had already that I want to see still. Um, You've had quite a few rare games. We've had a lot yeah. of rare games. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So. And that, you know, that's something to uh, to throw out while you're thinking. You know, if, yeah. if you walk into the show and you see a game that you've never heard of, play it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, a lot yeah. of times, really cool games, they, they get looked over because no one knows what they are. Well, you know? and you know what I thought was really cool last year is you guys had an almost complete Atari Vector row. Because I, I remember walking mm-hmm. down through yeah, it, right. and there was That's Asteroids, right. Asteroids Deluxe, Space Duel, Tempest, you know, and Gravatar, uh, and Gravatar Black, Widow. Black Widow. I think really the... And Red Baron. Yeah, Red Baron was the yeah good. I think Blasteroids. You know, I think the only things that really would have been missing, you know, of note would be like Major Havoc or Quantum or something like that. Mm. But it's hard to get those to show up anywhere anyway. But I just yeah, I thought that was neat. They have probably fifty of them. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure that and California Extreme are the two places where you would see those two games. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So game. I've given, Man, you still put me on the spot. I've helped you. I've helped you out here. <laughs> he thought he was off the hook. Yeah, I thought I was. Um, you know, it's going to sound. See, it'll sound silly, but uh, have we had a Guns N' Roses at the show before? Pinball Machine. No, I don't remember. I don't one. think we have. Yeah, we, see, we I'm going to del- definitely remember that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with yeah. that. Honestly, uh, I like that game, and I haven't seen it at our show. So, or if uh, Slash, if you're listening, uh, I mean, Guns N' Roses yourself would Slash be fine too. Yeah, yeah. Slash, Slash would be cool. Come on, show yeah, we'd up. love That'd that Slash. I heard JNR's back together, so, you know, swing on by, guys. Bring Les we'll Paul. let you in for free. Bring Les Paul and destroy one of the machines. That'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd just, be awesome. Just waylay it. Like just a not, ball bat. Just that one that says Brent Griffith <laughs> 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 on the name tag. No, guys, we certainly appreciate your all's time. I mean, thanks for, you know, braving the weather and the icy roads and everything like that, you know, to, to come out and sit down with us and talk about the show. We're really looking forward to it and certainly encourage everybody to be there. I know that, Brent, now we get contacted, you know, over the course of the year and we'll have listeners that say, you know, are you guys going to be at the show again? I'm planning on coming down. So, you know, we've already got a, a small contingency that we know are, are going to be at the show. Uh, a couple guys that are coming back for their, you know, their second year around. So they, they really liked it. And I know we're all really looking forward to it that's Very great cool. guys yeah. thanks for all the help thanks for promoting us thanks for being part of the show yeah thanks right on games yeah thank you thanks and for everybody don't forget louisville arcade expo march 4th through 6th here in louisville kentucky the ramada plaza hotel louisville kentucky louisvillearcade.com arcaderx.com or just on say Facebook. Lo- just say louisville one more time louisville <laughs> <laughs> far apart yeah far apart <laughs> Firepower <laughs> out. Thanks, guys. Yep, thanks, guys. Thanks.
How about some good news and some feedback? Oh, it is about that time, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Now I'm all pumped up to go to Expo and everything after listening to Jeremy and Matt. So, man, uh, yeah. we're, we're going to have to wait it out. It's a few more weeks. Yeah, I know. I know, man. I know. But you know something? Uh, to, to bite us over that time, Brent, it looks like we've got a new pinball machine that has uh, just been dropped from the sky on everybody. And I think it, uh, I know some people took by surprise and some people it didn't, you know, as it, as is always the case. So this is a new direction for Stern. They've already kind of set the uh, the standard of a vault edition with Iron Man. Yes, they have. So for their second, is that correct? Their second this vault is their edition? their second vault edition, yes. It's a vault edition with a twist. So they've revived Spider-Man, uh-huh. albeit with completely new playfield, cabinet art, and uh, code. Yes. So yeah. it's new gameplay, new callouts, new DMD is what I understand. And it's based on... Uh, I guess Marvel Spider-Man, kind of from a comic book perspective. Yeah, the Ultimate Edition. Oh, okay. Yeah, Universe what, is, is what I understand it to be. Yeah. See, now I'm not a I'm not a comic fan. I do like the Marvel movies, but I I, I just didn't grow up reading comics, so I'm a little fuzzy on that. Oh, okay, gotcha. I, it, from what I understand, the Ultimate Edition is a fairly recent tangent to the spider-man universe oh, okay. so right. I, I don't really i don't i mean i i was a big comic fan a big comic fan years ago and read up to a certain point but i don't continue to read today so i i, w- I would like to but i just I just don't ever really get to get to put the time towards it so some of the characters i mean the toys i'm looking at they're they're recognizable from my exposure to Spider-Man. I mean, we've got Sandman, we've got Doc Ock, we've got, is that Venom? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. Let's see here. And actually, Whitney, I'm just flipping it looks through. looks like Goblin Hulk or Hulk Goblin. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, what I was trying to a, figure out what that really, was. It's a really different looking Green Goblin, too. Yeah, and he's all the way over on the left by some... Oh, it says Green Goblin. Yeah. So it's, it must be Green Goblin with just a little bit of a different look. Yeah, but. he just looks different. Sandman's different. You know, it looks kind of upgraded. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know, Brent. I, I mean, there's there's so many... I'm, I'm conflicted on this title, okay? I really the, am. Visually, the game it's is beautiful. beautiful. It's I beautiful. I love the colors. I, I, let's put it this way. And I said it earlier in the episode, and I think it's absolutely zero secret to anybody. I am in... I am an aesthetics guy. Mm-hmm. And when I look at this table, it speaks to me. Or when I look at this game, it speaks to me. My initial reaction, the the minute I saw this thing drop, I was like, whoo, that looks good. You know, I mean, me personally, I think it's beautiful. From an art perspective, I guess the only way I could put it into words is it's not overly busy. No, it's not. You know, there's actually portions toward the mid play field where you've just got your blue background with a slight gradient. Yeah. You know, that kind of washes into a lighter blue that goes into the lower play field. It's not like someone decided we have to take advantage of every square, square inch. millimeter. <laughs> I know. And just it. So, like, I can see in the art the shots they want you to make yes and and, and you know something and i love that because they have little arrows that like walk you through the table and everything Mm -hmm. like that uh the table is very open is very open air you know down towards the you know down towards the the outlanes and the flippers and everything like that outlanes the inlanes and all that i mean it 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 looks like a fun table to me it really does Mm -hmm. it looks like it would be a really fun game to play the part that conflicts me though brent is the price. The price is shocking. 
It, it is. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. ro- to, to recap, this is, and not to downplay it, but this is the original Spider-Man from uh-huh. what, 2008? 2007 or 2008. Okay, so, yeah. so from the, the early 2000s, it's the original Spider-Man layout. Uh-huh. And the art package has been redone and associated with that. So have the rules, the dots and the dots and the call outs because yeah. it's not based on the Spider-Man movie. And That's I think the exactly 2008 right. one, it was based on one of the Tobey Maguire movies. It, right? it was. Yeah. The ones that Sam, the Sam Raimi movies, the ones that he directed. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So we've got the same layout and uh, all new art, all new dots, all new call outs. So it's kind of a half a vault, it, it's if really, you will. Yeah, it's really half a vault. I, I mean, it's not a vault edition like Iron Man was, where Iron Man came out of the vault. They um, they essentially put LED lighting in, and they did minimal upgrades. Okay, what I would consider. Uh, mo- I would consider it modernizing the production run is what I would consider Iron Man Vault Edition. They mm-hmm. used LEDs instead of incandescents. When they redo the, the when they redo the toys, um, they're done with uh, newer manufacturing methods. So yes, the toys are going to come out looking a little bit different, but still be the same toy. You know, so uh, they made improvements, but the rule set didn't change. You know, nothing substantially changed on on Iron Man. You know, per se, same cabinet artwork, everything like that this is different you know yes it's the same game but it's not the same game right and i will admit i i can't think of if i've ever played a game of spider-man just looking at this we played it at phoebe's house have i you know i know phoebe had one but i can't recall did you and i play it i thought so i know yeah, I, we pl- made, I know okay. i i know well, i played it I, I didn't play it enough that it left a an impression with me. okay i know okay. that it's a i know that it's a very well-liked game it's a highly regarded game just no looking just looking at the layout of the play field just looking at some of the shots just looking at some of the toys it, look, it just looks like it could be fun and yeah, interesting i think so too so uh i mean you've already kind of got that proven layout now obviously you've got to follow that up with another successful slash accepted set of rules yeah uh and then all the associated soundtrack and the like but but i'm with you whitney the thing that i can't kind of grasp is is that is the price well i mean here's the thing um and either either love me or hate me for saying this okay i'm 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 just talking about it the way that i think about it from an economic standpoint okay so vault edition all right um when you look at what iron man cost okay and i'll just use a ballpark number because i'm sure everybody paid a little different you know just based upon who who you purchase from and things like that but let's say iron man vault edition i'm just going to just say forty five hundred dollars okay maybe 47 somewhere around in there by the time that you you know look at this uh and that's street price and then by the time that you look at what you know street price on this is probably going to be somewhere in the Sixty-three to sixty-five hundred dollar range. I mean, Brent, that's that's like a that's like a you know a thirty percent uplift. Mm-hmm. Okay, on on a vault edition. Now, others would say that okay, well, new art, new toys on the playfield, new dots, new callouts. 
you know, all of that, that justifies the uplift. And I guess from my perspective, I say, well, but does it really, though? Because that's the same R&D that would have been done on a brand new title. Plus, you'd have had to design all the shots and the, and the that's toys. That's exactly right. You had to engineer it from the ground up. And all of this was already done. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I understand I understand Stern's got to make a profit. I, I, I'm not taking that away from them at all. In fact, I want them to make a profit because we, we need to have them profitable in here. But at the same point, it doesn't this doesn't feel like it is um it doesn't feel like at this price point it is made to be consumer friendly that that's the best way i know to say it yeah it just it, i'm with you if they can get it more power to them mm-hmm. oh yeah I, for I'm sure just, I, it was a it was a shock to see that to see that price kind of come up, just you know, look at the MSRP price on it. Yeah, MSRP is seventy five ninety five. It's almost seventy six hundred dollars. And for um, for reference, seventy five ninety five is also the game. You could get a Game of Thrones premium. Now, this is MSRP premium yeah. seventy five ninety five. Uh, yes, I, I know, and, and that's the thing that's just kind of uh, that just kind of hurts a little bit, you know. The the pro the pro price. MSRP on Game of Thrones is six grand, fifty nine ninety five. Okay, so let's say that after distributor, um, you know, whatever whatever distributor costs may be, let's say maybe you get a pro for fifty, what I don't know, fifty seven, fifty eight. No, no. Would you say six thousand? Yes. The the pro Game of Thrones is fifty nine ninety five. Okay, six thousand so, dollars. So let's say that you get it for forty eight, forty eight, forty nine, somewhere like that. You know, from a distributor. I I mean, I don't know, Brent. I I I want one of these. I want it's this. It's a pre- you I know, want this game. We've already discussed but my inability to understand comics. Yeah, I look. I looked at this and I thought that is beautiful. Oh yeah, and you know something from from an aesthetic perspective. Yeah, you know we haven't played it, we haven't anything, but yeah. just looking at it, it really like you, it caught my eye. It, it catches your eye. It yeah. stands out. But Brent, I cannot make the economics of this title work out. I just cannot. I cannot uh, look at the other games in my game room and say that I, that I can spend up on Spider Man, where knowing what I have paid for other games including my Iron Man Vault Edition, I, I just cannot suffer a 30% uplift just, just to get Spider-Man in, into my game room. Mm-hmm. I want him. I want it there. I do. But I, I just, I'm, I'm just kind of sad, man, because <laughs> I, I just can't make it work out. So I guess the news of the day is, is the new, the new Spider-Man and yeah. that Whitney and I will probably not be getting that. <laughs> I guess that's a, I guess that's a very fair way to say it, you know. Despite uh, despite everything else, but I, I'm really interested to play it. You know, I don't me know. Too. I don't know. Uh, usually, you know, Stern announces they're not, but a scant few days of a week or two away from shipping. So yeah, I know. I love and I love them for that because they do that. You know, maybe we'll get lucky and there'll be one here at Louisville Arcade Expo and we can yeah, play maybe, it because I'd be really interested to see just how the game plays. I mean, because it could looking appealing and being appealing are two different, are things. Two different things. That's true. So, you know, the, the only thing that bums me out about this, Brent, is that when push comes to shove, um, I'm sure that for the number that they release... Uh, from a vault edition standpoint um, the window on the the purchase window on this is probably going to be relatively short if you wanted a new inbox game Mm -hmm. so uh, chances are if you don't go ahead and jump on it i'm sure that um i'm sure that you know six or eight months from now buying one new may not may not be an option now stern may rerun them again there may be a second or a third run of of these I, i just don't really know but um 
I, yeah, it it does just kind of make me sad because well, it, just because of the the economics. Well, of they've it. definitely got flipping games. I know uh, as of this recording, last week was CES. Cons- uh huh. Last week was Consumer CES. Electronics Show in Las Vegas, and yep. and uh, Stern was there. And there's actually p- pictures on Stern's page from January sixth. Yeah. Of Kiss, Game of Thrones, and Spider Man sitting on the show floor. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. So, like I say, uh, you know, it's definitely big news. Uh, you can go on Penn side and read all you want from an opinion standpoint. Uh, you know, Brent and I are just really just kind of reporting what we know and what we think. And so, I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure if we were to start a thread on Penn side, it would flame bait just almost yeah, immediately, oh yeah. man. You know. Now the one cool thing I see on it that I haven't seen on any other their games until you get into like the le's is they've got the side armor on it like it looks looks cool yeah and it looks really cool it's got like spidey's hand and it looks like he's throwing a web yeah yeah but it's, um, it's neat isn't the art is something that it's, it's so beautiful. It's so bright and pretty that I don't think that I would ever get tired of looking at it because it, you know, it pleases the eye and it doesn't, you don't get tired looking at it. It's, it's neat. It's the hand drawn artwork and it's just a, it's really neat. So yeah, you definitely owe it to yourself to go check it out. All right. So let's get away from controversy a little bit and get into yeah. some feedback where everyone tells us how bad we are. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's part so of l- it. Let me take the first one yeah. here off of uh, Twitter from yeah. Martin Oh, here we go. Laws. Martin Laws. Yeah, okay. we'll say that. Yeah. The the E throws me a little bit there, Martin, so I apologize. So at Broken Token, just followed you guys, smiley face, finished your latest show today, really. Enjoyed the pin talk this month. Great stuff. And when I first read this, of course, you know, Twitter. You, you, you got to compress everything. You got to get into that shorthand. And yes. when I first read this, I thought he said it took him two days to get through the latest show. Well, that would have been accurate yeah, as well. Yeah, that would have been accurate yeah, as well. That would have so. been accurate as well. You know, so 3.5 commutes. Appreciate yeah. that, Martin. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, next one up is from uh, Chris Gack, uh, Gack Attack, and he says, uh, Broken Token, your interview with Pitfall creator David Crane is one of my favorites. Happy New Year. And so, uh, so Gack, Happy New Year to you, man. Thank you for listening. In uh, the shout out, that was uh, definitely a high spot for the show as well. So it was, it was fantastic. Um, this next one, Brent, is in regards to Spider-Man. Okay, so, okay. so I, I want to set the stage for this because this is where uh, you get your own hashtag for spending your money. Okay, <laughs> so 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 let, let me walk through this. So I made a post on Twitter, you know, about uh, about the new Spider-Man, and uh, of course, you know, a couple tweets rolled in. But then Jonathan Leung over at Arcade Repair Tips posted, and he said, "Hey, everybody, what do you think about the artwork?" on the new Spider-Man, okay? And I posted back, and I, knowing it was Jonathan, and I posted back, and I said, Jonathan, or, you know, at Arcade Repair, I said, I love it. The hand-drawn art is beautiful, and I love how they have refreshed the play field with modernized components, Okay. So then our friend Vic Marlin, who re- he responds back. And what does he arcade. say, Brent? Yeah, at 10 pence arcade. And what does he say? So he comes back at Broken Token, at Arcade Repair. Can we spend, spend Brent's money on one? <laughs> so then what do I reply with? Oh. And I said, at 10 pence and at Arcade Repair, I said, I would be disappointed if we didn't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> booyah, like that. And then Jonathan comes back and he says, what? Oh, at Broken Token, at 10 pence arcade. As long as 
are using someone else's money to buy were in. Yeah. Hashtag free pinball machine. Hashtag, hashtag thanks, thanks Brent. Brent. <laughs> so that's going to be your hashtag from now on. Every time I talk about spending Brent's money, I'm going to put a hashtag thanks Brent there. So Jonathan Leung. I'm a thing now. I'm real. <laughs> Jonathan Leung, he's the man of the hour. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Man, we had, looks like we had a lot of feedback from the uh, the 10 pence guys. Mr. Yeah, Sean yeah. Holly got in on the game. He did. He did. So at Broken Token at Tim Vince Arcade, I heard you talk about deep fried turkey. We need to make that thing over here. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? Isn't that great? So, so yeah, so, so Twitter was rolling. Uh, Facebook was really active as well, Bryn. I, I'd had to scrape some of the videos and stuff, and I, I honestly, I just kind of ran out of time. So I, I apologize. I'll make sure that, that I shore the Facebook uh, the Facebook feedback up for next month. But, Bryn, we got a couple of uh, email, well, I'm sorry, uh, a couple messages in, and I'll just kind of summarize these here real fast uh in the email section uh a couple of them were emails a couple were uh, messages on facebook but i did want to give a shout out uh you know and these came in over the holiday over the holiday time i did want to give a shout out to to uh, both jeff waldron and eddie cox they both wrote us really really nice messages for for new year's and uh and said that they really enjoyed the show and you know kind of what we've done over the past few episodes and uh just tell us a happy new year and, and guys we we appreciate the both of you all listening for sure and uh, we want to thank especially yes no, well I, I hate to say that because that sounds like the end of uh wizard of oz where you know dorothy miss was gonna miss scarecrow oh, most yeah, of all yeah most what, of all and it's if, like well it's not a most of all scenario well what about the tin man yeah man? exactly exactly so we want to give a thanks to uh jim hale and uh jim stepped up and he actually made the show a little donation for 2016 yeah and, and jim thank you for that it's certainly unex- it's it's not expected but it is always appreciated and uh and yeah jim thank you for for doing that i know that jim jim is a great supporter from, from, of the podcast community and he uh he's he supports not only our show but a couple of others and i just think that's the just the neatest thing from now on jim will be known as the scarecrow the scarecrow <laughs> the scarecrow Crow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you, it's uh, it's 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 awesome, Jim. So thank you, uh, thank you so much. And then here to round it out, I do want to give a special shout out. Well, I don't want to say special. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got me, you got me. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out to Je- uh, Jeff and Eddie. Are like, I'm not so special. <laughs> yeah, I do want to give a shout out to Rich and Kendra at this old game because uh, Kendra and Rich sent uh, sent me a Christmas card and uh, just put in a whole bunch of uh, like stickers and cards and stuff like that and uh i did uh pop that back on twitter and thank thank them for sending uh something over to us so guys thank you all very much we appreciate that i was completely unprompted it took me by surprise but it was uh it was a fantastic uh surprise and rich and kendra i will go ahead and say that whitney shared none of that so well i just got to bring it over so Yet, Brent. Dot, okay. dot, dot. All right. Yet. Okay. You, you remember, Whitney, if you say it on the show, not only do they know about it. Everybody else does, But too. I know about yeah, there it. There you go. There you go. No, it's all good. It's all good. So so with that, Brent, uh, yeah, a great month for feedback, a great month for interaction, and uh, yeah, just uh, just rolling along really well. So now, yeah, it was great. Before we finish up and we wrap up with the outros and the yeah. social, discuss social media and all that kind of fun stuff, want to remind everybody, Whitney and I, right after the show credits uh-huh. we're gonna have before or after the outtakes 
Uh, I, well, I'll put it on the very, very end of the show. So, okay, so after the outtakes. Any, after any outtake. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have our discussion of Star Wars The Force Awakens. My, my palms are ringing right now. I'm ready to go. So, yeah, if you want to hear that, stick around for it. There definitely will be spoilers. So, if you, uh, uh, we'll give you plenty of warning before we start into it. But uh, if you want to hear it, we'd love to have you stick around. Yeah. Yeah. Sure enough. We're going to go way off topic. (laughs) We're going to love it. And we're going to love it. So, yeah. So, uh, real quick before we roll into that, we'd just like to uh, thank uh, Rob O'Hara and the Throwback Network for for allowing us to kind of ride piggyback with uh, the good work that those guys do over there. Uh, We're also available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Xbox Music as well. And, of course, all of your favorite social media outlets, Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash broken token. Twitter, we're at Broken Token, and of course, the venerable website. Yes. www.brokentoken.com. And, and I will say this, Brent, you know, Facebook and Twitter, they it's neat because we see the likes and the follows and stuff like that. Just, you know, just kind of ratchet up a little bit, you know, week by week. They and, like us. They yeah, like yeah, us. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's good, solid, organic growth. And we appreciate everybody, you know, uh, who follows us over there and, uh, you know, who interacts. So thank you all. Whitney, I think it was an awesome month. It's an awesome show. A lot yeah. of content, a lot of uh, uh, visitors and guests. Yeah, kind of like two interviews on top. Yep. Yeah. So it worked out well. So Whitney, I think I think I'm ready to talk Star Wars. Are you ready to talk Star I'm ready Wars? To talk Star Wars. All right. Well, let's go ahead and kick it out. We'll thank everybody for listening. Happy 2016 and game on. Congratulations! You made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with. But I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Letzi. And that's me. <laughs> Music for the Broken Token Podcast, graciously provided by Hayse Dixie. Head over to their website at www.hayseed-dixie.com for videos, tour dates, merchandise, and to purchase music. John Papaduke. <laughs> Papaduke. Plays pinball. Papaduke. Pop- Papaduke. Well, Whitney, the Broken Token Podcast would like to welcome back. Uh, that sucked. You got any clues, Whitney? Because this is just not working for me. Yeah, today. no, no, no. It's it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Matt, can, well, Matt, who we have here is Brent and Whitney with Broken yeah, Token. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks for coming to the show, guys. Yeah, We're really yeah, glad to have yeah, you. Yeah. Pre- appreciate that. Appreciate that.
I can fix a lot in editing. That I can't. <laughs> You'll have to edit that drop. <laughs> Crap. I've only got one hand. Yeah. Dear You going to die? You all right? <coughs> Are we going to make it to 38? I didn't know if I was going to thump you on the chest to get to 38 or not. And my defib's in the car. So, yeah, Whitney, enough on compact fluorescence. And then... Uh, uh, you're muted. <laughs> okay, so we've warned everybody, and here we are. Yes. We're going to talk Star Wars, and Let's there will it. be spoilers. We've got to have them. So, if you haven't seen the movie... Just stop now. Stop right now. Go see the movie. Save the podcast and come back and... and tell us how we're wrong which we're not because we're gonna be right you think so i think we're right okay fair enough then so first off the big spoilers they brought back jar jar binks <laughs> you had to start with that and he's a sith and he's a sith, he's lord. A sith lord yes exactly so whitney the force awakens okay i'm in three times i've seen it three times i've seen it twice i'm just going to sum it up by saying this uh i think jj abrams did a fan fantastic job with that movie i think he was respectful to the uh to the canon and i think that he i think that he paid enough homage to um to the movies prior and the storyline prior but he set the universe uh i guess kind of forward in a way with new you know with new people new heroes new new heroines however you want to however you want to look at that uh new antagonist everything protagonist as well and um i i just i just think he did a really good job and i i love his movies i love the way that he directs them i love the way that he puts the motion together it was just it was visually satisfying the storyline i think it had a couple holes in it personally or maybe some things that i just well, kind of pick apart is it holes or do you think it's something that's to be explained I, later and, and that's probably the better way to say it I, I guess but overall i was extremely extremely satisfied with the movie I was, uh, I mean, I can't say it any better than you did. I, I, I avoided as much of it as I could coming into it. Uh-huh. I had a little bit of a spoiler that I had inadvertently tripped into. Oh, man. Was, it, no, was it the whole Han Solo no, deal? No, it was not. It well, was that's not. good. Yeah, it was not. Uh, it was the Kylo Ren is the son of Leia, uh, Leia and, and, Han. and Han. See, I did not know. I didn't know anything going into the movie from a spoiler perspective. So I was at least, you know, I guess kind of okay in that regard now it, from your comments about a couple things about abrams abrams has done the star trek reboots which i think are both brilliant movies I myself love i those love movies. those movies i love them i mean i grew up in the star wars generation uh-huh. and i had all the star wars toys i was i mean i was the perfect age for star wars okay okay and i mean i remember um being a kid and going and see seeing the movies at the theaters i had yeah. the toys i lived it to this day as an adult I still have a hard time watching Empire Strikes Back because of like the scene when Luke is is having the vision on Dagobah uh-huh. and he confronts Vader and yeah. then the well when his head fell off and then it exploded and it was Luke's face. Yeah. I was like on like the third or fourth row and it was just like this huge head. You know, yeah. I was this little itty bitty boy to yeah. this to this day it is still in a good way unsettling to watch that scene. Yeah. It just Yeah, that's that's cool. I was there. Yeah. You know, and I, I 
you know, after the the, the, the first three, you know, when they did episode one through three, mm-hmm. I liked them, but... Nah, um, I didn't like the first one. I've gone back and watched them all multiple times. See, it, and I've gotten to the point to where the first one, I, I just, it just, it just wears on me. I, I haven't. And, yeah. you know, the, the, with a lot of movies, a lot of movies that are in multiple parts, I can tell you this happened in that movie, this yeah. particular one. You know, you, well, you know, in you know in which of episode four, five, and six was the Darth Vader "I'm Your Father" reveal. I mean, yeah. you, you know that minor and major plot points. I can't tell you that in the first three movies. Yeah, I, just, I know. I, I don't think I've ever. I, I think I've watched each of them all the way through once, okay. and then seen them in bits and pieces since then. Since so, then. yeah. Uh, they didn't Jar Jar didn't even overly bother me, but it still didn't have that that it didn't fit the canon, I mm-hmm. guess is the way you to to steal some of your words. Yes, and, exactly. And I, I was hoping JJ Abrams would do it would do it right and I really think that he did. I, I think so. I, I mean a lot of people kind of rag on him a little bit because it's like oh his films are full of lens flare and stuff like that and it's like well I think it's just the way that he tells the story but um but you know this this was this was like all the good of that JJ Abrams does from a directorial standpoint and I, I really couldn't find any hole I, I don't know really of any holes to poke in it from that standpoint. I mean I think he was respectful of the universe and yeah he 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 did he you could tell he was a fan and he carried it forward Uh, i've seen people that have just gotten online irritated that it's basically a retelling of a new hope and you know okay i I mean i guess i I guess i can kind of see that from from certain parts yeah yeah i can i can there's certain things that were definitely similar yes without a doubt like even down to the when uh, um when What's his name? Help me here. Poe po, was, was po, making po, the Poe Dameron. We was making the run. He was. It was almost like the Death Star Trench. That's exactly right. Yeah. But so, yeah, you know, to me, it's kind of a okay. I'm going to pay a little homage. Uh huh. I'm going to have a little tie back to the uh, to the original story. Yeah. The I know that there's an aspect of storytelling that uh, like a cyclical type story where basically it's the same story but with some different. Nuance, nuances and details yeah, yeah you know so i mean i'm not a director i'm not a screenwriter to yeah. me i thought oh that that was to me that struck that was nice it was something familiar it, it struck, was a good tie it struck a good it was chord. tasteful it was yes. tasteful it struck a good chord you know and i think he did the same thing in both the star trek movies not to tangent but i, I will just say this i, I appreciate how jj abrams ties it together and makes it feel comfortable uh, and relatable, yet fresh and new at, mm-hmm. at, the, at the same point. Now, here's a couple things that, that did kind of bother me about it, and um, I'll, I'll take these in no, no certain order, Brent, but I'm kind of curious as, as, to your, as to your thoughts on this. You know, when um, Ray and Finn were on the Millennium Falcon, and of course, uh, you know, after, especially after seeing it the second time, I totally get how the how she was channeling her ability to utilize what she could of the Force at that point in time to help her fly the Millennium Falcon. Okay, I I I, I, I feel that to be true mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, she even said, "Well, I don't know how I did that." Yeah, I just yeah did she it. did. She, yeah. And when it was all said and done, she's like, "I have no idea how I did that." And you're exactly right. But you know the the scene where 
Han Solo and Chewbacca make their entrance, and Han, you know, utters the word Chewie, were, the, the phrase Chewie, we're home. You know, when I saw the the previews or the, 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 the trailers, mm-hmm. okay, it, it was set up in such a way that I thought that that whole introduction of Han and Chewie was going to be far more epic than it turned out to be in the movie. Um, if there's any point that I thought there was just a wee bit of a letdown, it was how Han and Chewie appeared in the storyline again because I you know in my in my mind in, in the little kid in me wanted them to kind of swoop in and and make this grand kind of epic entrance when they were needed the most and I didn't feel like I didn't feel like that happened I felt like well they just kind of stumbled across the Millennium Falcon sucked it up in a tractor beam and oh hey look Look at what we've got. Well, hey, Chewie, we're home. Yeah, I just didn't get. I just didn't get the feel. I, I didn't get that epic cinematic feel of their entrance into the film, and well, I wanted that. When you, from from the story perspective, when you when you consider where he where he was, you know, because later on when he and Leia are talking, he basically said, "I went back to doing what I did best." He was back as a smuggler, yeah, and and his success was probably mixed you know based on it sounded like yeah, the it, conversation it? Yeah. between the two rival gangs yeah just yeah. you know this, even chewy acknowledged yeah, that he's, he's, like, like, no, he's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah how many done. times i'll let you yeah yeah, yeah you've yeah. done it yeah. yeah and part you know i'll tangent here real quick part of this i've heard people ye- yelling about well how do they just out of nowhere find the falcon how did well how did those two gangs just walk right onto his ship and be at the two opposite <laughs> I, I, ends I of know, a hallway i know at the end of the day you know you got to suspend you're already suspending a lot of reality yeah you know you're gonna have to spend a little suspend a little bit more just to get the story moving just to keep the story moving just to keep things kind of going yeah you know as long as that's held within reason so yeah. i was able i was like all right i can let go of that yeah but yeah i i, I, to, I can to but. me he he wasn't looking they weren't out looking for something they weren't out looking to save anybody they weren't out looking to be a hero they were out doing what they knew how to do you know they it it, it came out for later in the story as you learned that Kylo Ren was his son, that Kylo Ren was trained by Luke, and that uh, Kylo, um, as Ben, mm-hmm. he had portrayed, betrayed Luke, and he'd gone about his way. Mm-hmm. Then, J- Just the same that Anakin betrayed Ben, right. Kylo, Kylo betrayed Luke, yes. And you're... you're Kylo, who what now? Say that again. Just 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 as, just as Anakin. Oh, Ben Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, as yeah. Anakin betrayed Ben Kenobi, yeah. it, a Kylo Ren betrayed Luke. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, the 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 double Ben's got me because it's also Ben. Yeah, because it's Kylo was Ben as well. That was his actual name. Kylo. No, it's Kylo Ren. No, but his when when Han Solo confronts uh-huh. him, he calls him by his actual oh, name. Oh, he does. Ben. Oh, he does. Yes, his name, his real name is Ben. That's confusing. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, that's why I Okay, got my bad. Well, See, and I didn't even realize that. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back. I'll catch that. Yeah, okay. right when, he, when, when, when Kylo... When they're, when they're on the bridge. When they're on, on that the bridge. bridge that suspension he bridge. He calls Ben. Uh, I will, ben. I will yeah, go ben. back and check that. Yes. So, you know, he, 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 he left. Yeah. You know, he... You know, they uh, Leia said he lost. She lost both of them uh-huh. as as part of that betrayal. Han yeah. and Kylo slash Ben. Yeah. So you know he 
Han wasn't out looking to save anybody to swoop in at the last because I was kind of expecting that too. I was expecting, you know, uh, Skywalker to make an appearance and do something that you know he yeah. felt some disturbance in the Force and mysteriously as as the Force guides you showed up in just the right place at the right time yeah. at the right little square inch in the galaxy and save somebody and that's that wasn't the case. No, it, it, and that didn't happen at all. And you know, now that you bring that up, that does kind of bother me as well because if if Luke is the Jedi Master that everyone portrays him as you would figure that his insight would have would have um spurned him to action maybe but then maybe at the same point the best way to win the game is not to play i, mm-hmm. I mean you can look at it from a lot of different angles you know i i, I don't know well um you know the, the luke thing is kind of interesting you know it he shows up at the end you know, he's no spoken the words. Very end, no, no spoken words at all. So your assumption is is that he trains Ray, uh-huh. and then he probably is going to train Finn because yeah. it seems pretty apparent that Finn has some kind of force power as well. Yeah. So you don't know how the two of those end up together, or if they do. Yeah. You know, do yeah. do they end up back in the same place? But you know. Um, the, the the good Jedi seem to hide when, when the crap hits the fan. You see, and that's the thing that bothers me. Like, even even in Revenge of the Sith, I, I realize Yoda goes into hiding. You know, he, he's like, uh, I, I have to go into exile or something like that. And maybe they do it for preservation of the, of the um, you know, of the order, I, you know, of themselves. I don't well, know. You know, as they say, you know, uh, what, did, what did Snoke say? I feel a, a, an awakening in the Force. Uh-huh. And maybe that's that's kind of the cyclic thing here, you yeah. know. The the good overpowers evil, which overpowers good, which, which overpowers, overpowers evil. evil. Yeah, that's so. There's an expansion and contraction. Yeah, that's that's it's very insightful, Brent. This I'll is, give you I'll give you that. <laughs> very insightful. We're getting very philosophical. Uh, yeah, we are. We are. Now let me ask you this. Um, okay, no, let me, let me get to the next thing. Uh, and you and I talked about this before we sit down to record this segment. Uh, you know, we, I think we talked about it over the phone. You know, after we saw, after you saw the movie, the thing that bothered, that, that just kind of, kind of ate at me a little bit until I saw it the second time, and then I think I picked up on more of the nuances. Is it bothered me that Finn and Ray were so proficient with a lightsaber right off the bat? Mm-hmm. That I, I just, I, you know, to me, it's like the lightsaber is a tool. Uh, is a you know is a is an extension of the jedi and finn you know is a uh, sanitation worker doubling as a stormtrooper should not be able to pick up a lightsaber in battle Ky- kylo ren to the point where he doesn't die now now finn or cut did, his own arm off or cut or his own arm off yeah. or something and it bothered me that finn was so proficient just right off the bat i, I just it, it kind of to me it kind of cheapened the whole what is a jedi anyway type of thing because it's like well heck man you know so does c-3po that good with it you know it, <laughs> i you know it's just one of those things now now with ray i get it because she has she has obvious she, she obviously um with with her her boat her staff or whatever you want to call it she's got some it, she she's yeah. she has some discipline some discipline some least, hand some hand to hand combat discipline yeah. and she kicks Finn's butt at the very beginning of the movie you you know you remember that yeah oh yeah I mean she folds him down onto the ground where he's done uh, and she and she extends the hand to help him up 
you know so it, it just it just kind of it just kind of wigged me I, I it just kind of weirded me out that that he was so proficient right off the bat she definitely uh, deserves to be somewhat proficient because she you know she she exhibits uh you know some of those capabilities and backed by the power of the force I get it. She can do that. Finn, not so much. I wasn't buying it. Well, the only thing I could c- come up with, if you want to kind of pick it to that degree, is he had a And, li- and that's what we do on this yeah, show, yeah. Brent. We pick, we it pick to that. Mo- That's what we do on this arcade and pinball podcast. Is we, we pick, pick the, movies. We pick movies to death, yes. So he he had, back at Maz's place, he uh-huh. had the run-in with the Stormtrooper. Yes. So he already had some time with it. Yeah. You know... He had a little experience, all right? Yeah. And the only thing that I can kind of come to when it gets to the Kylo part is Kylo was a petulant child. And he oh, was, there's no doubt was, about it. it. Just spoiled rotten and to death. He, had, he was ill-tempered. And I think, uh-huh. I think the who, I can't think of the gentleman's name that plays him. I think he, he did an excellent oh, he, job. He did a fantastic job. And I love... I he lo- wasn't just whiny all the time. No, no, he wasn't. No, he was... He was um he was mad all the time and then he took it out when when he needed to be petulant, you know? Yes. And so I love the part where he took the lightsaber and literally ripped up the inside of that of console. The, of that console. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Because when he did that, I'm sitting there thinking it's like you spoilt little brat yeah. is what you are. Yeah. But he didn't play the whole character that way. Kind of like Kind of like I know it was always the complaint of what was it, Hayden Christensen from episode two and three. Jeez, yes. You know, he was a little stiff and stoic yes. is what he was yeah. with, without a lot of soul. Yep. You know, yeah. So, you know, my, my thought is, is that, you know, he's he's losing his composure. He's hurt because when they started the lightsaber battle, he was hitting his side. And, you know, if, if you've ever been. Oh, yeah. A, yeah. He was like chop, 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 yeah. chop. He was like pounding his it, side. To me, my, my nephew looked at me and he said, I don't know. Why is he doing that? And I said, what he's doing is he's hurt. Uh-huh. And this is the way I read it. You know, in, in, in the real world, if you, you're going to you're going to hit that and you're going to numb yourself up. Yes. That's what you're going to do. Yeah. You're, you've got a shooting pain uh-huh. and you're going to you're going to beat that out yeah. until you can just function. Yeah. So that's that's the only kind of saving for a gra- short amount of time. Yeah. 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 So yeah. That, to me, that was the little saving grace there is that he was working at a severely reduced mental and physical capacity. Yeah. And and it was it was depicted, I think, well, for a yeah. movie. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, like I said, that, that kind of to me, that's you're you're picking hairs with you're, you're splitting hairs rather on the suspension of reality and the in the universe that you kind of think you understand but you don't and yeah and i don't think we ever really truly yeah. understand we just accept and interpret is what we do i just hope that they don't get to the point where they're they're taking such liberties with the universe that it's just like oh geez come on everybody's got a lightsaber and yeah. everybody knows how to use it yeah. well okay then okay fine so you you and i talked a little bit about the uh, the map thing the map to luke yeah and this this was a hard part for me until i got back and i thought about it and actually i had to read some stuff that abrams put online okay so I couldn't figure out why in the world, if he wanted to hide out, would he have a map to himself? <laughs> and yes. why would somebody on a planet have a piece of the map? Uh-huh. And as you, if you really watch the movie and listen, it's not as much a map to Luke as it is a map that the old empire had to the first Jedi temple. Right. And it was incomplete. Uh-huh. Now, what they really don't tell you is, is how the, 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 I don't know what his name was. I think he was named in the credits. But at the very beginning, when Poe Dameron is being given the map by the old man. Right, right. 
you don't know how he got a piece of it. No, we don't. So not in the movie. Not in the movie. Now yeah. I think I've read on that, and I want to say that he's supposed to have been. He was an, a commander or something in the empire. And that he was left there abandoned. Okay. But that doesn't explain why he, you know, when he, he mentioned Princess Leia and he says he thinks of her as royalty uh-huh. as opposed to a general. Yeah. It, you, See, you don't have. Yeah. You ask, did he come from the same planet that she did? Yeah, I don't know. Was he from Coruscant as he, well? I mean, I don't know. Um, no. Alderaan. Alderaan. Thank you. Yeah. So you don't know how he got it. Yeah. But one way or the other, if you listen to the movie, if you watch it again, they start to interchange at the beginning, map to the first Jedi temple, map the Empire had, map to Luke, all those terms, and then eventually it just becomes a map to Luke. Yeah. So I think okay, at the end sure. of the day, yeah. what it is is it's a map to the first Jedi temple, which also happens to be where everybody thinks Luke went. So let me ask you this. And, okay, and, and I'm good on that. I'm good with that. Now, how R2-D2 got a piece of it? That's the thing that yeah. bothers me. And and why does R2-D2 have it, okay, number one, and nobody else has it, okay? Obviously, you know, obviously the Resistance didn't have that map because it took R2 to, to show it for them to have it. Yeah, the, the rest of it. The rest of it. And then why why does R2 sit dormant? Until that point in time when he awakens for no obvious reason whatsoever, and C-3PO says, hey, guess what? In his databanks, he has a map. I have that. And, I have and, no and idea. That, 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 that just, that, oh, that grates me to no end because it's those little nuances to the story that are just completely there to serve as a is a vehicle for advancing the story but is based in no reality that we've seen thus far yeah nothing that we can grasp in that nothing, universe nothing that we can grasp in the universe explains why that was even a viable way for that to happen and it's like oh r2's now alive and the way c3po put it is he went into low power mode as soon as luke left so it, does he is he mourning luke's you know luke's departure and vacancy and then all of a sudden he just decides to wake up and show the map it was just it was so convenient it almost felt contrived yeah that that and, part did and i really think i don't think we'll ever know and i don't know and won't. the reason i think that is is i just want some somebody to agree with me yeah no i agree with you yeah. that's I, I i don't a lot of that a lot of the bits and pieces in there i can step aside mm-hmm. and say okay that's this universe that's the fantasy i can accept it um if you're flailing around and you can control your lightsaber and not cut yourself off with the hilt cut your own arm off with the little saber lit hilts and all that kind <laughs> yeah, of stuff yeah and i mean you, you know you can fling stuff with your mind and you i can deal with all that but you're right that just seemed a little and, and the reason i don't think we'll ever know at least in the canon of the movies not yeah. that doesn't mean they're not going to do some kind of between the movie book or something yeah. like that well and i do want to touch on that too before okay. we stop but it, I'm assuming they're going to go follow the path of the other movies, which is when episode, what, what was that, seven? So when eight comes out, uh-huh. you're going to get that crawl at the beginning, and it's basically going to catch you up on what's happened for the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Ray's been trained by this. Ray did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray rejoined with. Finn, Finn, Finn or they Finn, didn't. Finn started this at the you know at the outer at the outer rim or yeah. something like that. Who knows? So I don't think you're going to understand that. And I'm with you. That that was just one thing. I was like, I don't 
I'm missing I'm missing that piece right yeah, there. Yeah, it just it just didn't it didn't feel natural at all. It just it felt forced. So what did well, you think it <laughs> Man, I shouldn't have said uh, that. Geez. I didn't even realize I said that. Sorry. So what did you th- <laughs> what did you think of Kylo Ren versus like a Darth Maul? Okay. So so here's the thing. Um I think Kylo Ren is a very interesting character. I think he is. And I I, I I liked him a whole lot more than Darth Maul. I think Darth Maul was I can was was Sith eye candy. Yep. I, he had he was a manufactured villain. He was a manufactured villain. He served no purpose whatsoever other than to introduce some type of antagonist at that point in that movie. Um, we never heard of him prior that I know of. Now, and, and I want to say I have not read the books. I've only seen the movies okay Mm -hmm. so maybe darth maul is in a couple of the books you know from 10 or 15 years ago i don't know okay so i probably should go back and read the books he he felt if i was to just accept the universe for the movies themselves he was completely manufactured he was there to fill up three and a half minutes of fight you get sliced in half and you go eh, don't care yeah he just showed up five minutes ago why do i care about who he is i think darth maul was just i think he was just um incidental at best mm-hmm. he yeah. was there to in- introduce uh darth sidious yeah yeah exactly exactly whereas kylo uh, he's uh, you, 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 we're going to get to watch him grow. Oh yes, you know we've watched him grow, go through kind of some growing pains, <laughs> yes. some, some youthful you know explosions and yeah. lack of control. Well, yeah, you know, it, some, uh, it'd be interesting to see him flip sides and then flip back. You know, oh. because he has the mental instability to to do that. Mm-hmm. You know when when. And here's here's a huge spoiler. You know, he kills Han Solo. Well, Han Solo. That, that's that's what I think what we were leading up. to. Yeah, he yeah. kills Han Solo. So you know, and up, he does it in such a brutal yeah. and um, disrespectful way. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, up, I, mm. up to the moment that he did it, I thought because he was asking Solo to help him. Yes. And up to the moment he did it, I thought the help was to save him, to yeah. bring him back to the light. Yeah. And maybe the way and i've seen it three times and maybe they did this intentionally it's like and that playing in with other conversations he has air quotes with himself leading up to that where he's struggling yeah maybe that was the intention for the viewer to think that there might be for a microsecond a a chance chance and he's coming back i did i thought but then he kills his father yeah he lights the saber and kills his father Oh, he sabers him right through the chest it was brutal i'll say this the first time I saw the movie, um, the entire theater, okay, g- was vocal at like three points through the movie, okay? When Han Solo and Chewbacca, no, four points, okay? When the Millennium Falcon first took off with with uh, Ray as the pilot, okay? See, I didn't then, think it was the Falcon. I, I didn't assumed, think it was the Falcon No, either. I assumed it was just another Corellian ship. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it was going to be the Falcon. And at that point, people were clapping in the movie, okay? Because I, I saw it early enough to where I think a lot of people had not seen it twice, mm-hmm. okay? So uh, it came out on a Friday. I saw it on the Tuesday, okay? okay? So, I, I mean, just two or three days. So it was still an influx 
it was still very new to a lot of people. So people were clapping, man, when when you know when it was the Millennium Falcon and she was flying it through, you know, uh, across the desert and everything like that. The second part is naturally when Han Solo and Chewbacca, abor- you know, board the Millennium Falcon, just got a just a, 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 a round of applause. Okay, just a rolling applause at that, and it was kind of cool to be in the movie theater at that time mm-hmm. and take all that in. The third time that we got a, such a huge reaction was when Han Solo died and so many people go <gasps> you could they, hear it they actually did it. Yeah, yeah they actually did <gasps> you could just hear people doing that all the way across the theater and then believe it or not the last time was when r2d2 when c3po pulled the rag pulled the the cover off of or the sheet off of r2d2 everybody loves r2d2 i know i love r2d2 as well but that was the four times not when Princess. My mother not when loved R2D2. Oh yeah, Jackie loves. Uh, yeah, we all do. But not when Princess Leia first showed up. <laughs> not when C3PO showed up with his red arm. Oh God. Or anything like that. It was. It was those four points in the theater when people, as a collective, emoted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was. It was wild. See, I the the crowd I was with was they they were pretty stiff. I mean, they didn't say. I mean, it was pretty quiet. Really? I mean, yeah, I was okay. the first the first crowd I was with. And okay. It, it was, I'm trying to think, see, it came out on what, that Thursday? So I probably saw it. Yeah, it came out it. on Thursday. I said Friday. It was Thursday, though. Yeah, You're it came right. out on a Thursday, and I probably saw it one day the, the following week. I'd have to go back and yeah. look. okay. So, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I would have thought that most of the people in there probably were seeing it for the first time. Yeah, you would think. But, uh, um, or I don't know, maybe I was just so caught up in it myself. I didn't pay any attention. Yeah, that, that's possible too. You know, possible too. When, when the, like when the camera flipped around and, and Ray's like, all right, the junk it is. And yeah. they, it, 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 if you, when you watch it the second, third time when they're running for that ship that gets blown up, uh-huh. for a microsecond, you see the Millennium Falcon. Oh, do you? Yes, okay. it's in the background as they're running by. Okay, but you don't know unless you know. Yeah, okay. and then when because the, they they the camera angle they had it down to the that degree to know that they were showing them from <laughs> that's, this that's angle. Abrams brilliant. Yeah, right and that angle is going to be where the Falcon's going to be. Yeah, so you okay. just barely saw it, and it had those covers and stuff over the back, like the tinting <laughs> over the back of it, the tarps. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they show it just for a split second. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and and I know in the books, and uh, from what I've read online, I know in the books, they describe why, you know, uh, why an Imperial battleship is crashed into that planet, you know, and so uh, they, and, and they, they explain, they explain enough to set up the for the opening of the force awakens and i realized that there's holes in the story that i just don't know yet so, so I, yeah i've heard i've not read any is it a book or a series no, it's of a books? series of books okay. it's a series of books it's supposed to yeah. be like prior to the force awakens prior to the force awakens and even between the uh, even between the you know the the six movies prior prior to that as well well i know there's been um quite a few books out there mm-hmm. and you know because it in in the books that from 10 years ago you know luke got married you know the uh, han and leah had twins yeah and it what one of them wasn't ben if memory serves it was okay jason and Jana or something like that because i I read them long long ago oh did you okay see i've read none of them but so i I do need to go back and read think i think it's kind of almost where that fork is abandoned okay and you know that doesn't you know because it it won't play into this it won't play into it won't play into this this telling of the universe right i guess yeah yeah, yeah. okay that, that no, makes no, sense. so maybe i have to go back and read those yeah um 
you know, with with all that though, uh, you know, I, I think that the visuals around the fight scenes were just unbelievable. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie, especially going back and watching it the second time, well, two, two of my favorite parts is definitely with the pursuit scene with the Millennium Falcon. I thought that oh, was that's I, unbelievable. I thought that was unbelievable. And then the second the second sequence that I just loved to death is when Poe and Finn were in the uh, Tie Fighter trying to leave the the imperial battleship mm-hmm. and it was caught by the cable and after they break free you, you know impose like whoa this thing really moves you get a sense for just how fast that tie fighter is mm-hmm. and, and you feel it you feel it in the sound and and you get a sense for it in the visuals and um one thing i will say brent is the second time that i saw it and I didn't realize this the first time. The second time that I saw it, I was in a theater that had Dolby Atmos. The first time I was not in a theater that had Dolby Atmos. Okay. And that is Dolby Atmos. Um, I don't want to misquote this. I am I am quite a bit of a home theater aficionado myself and geek myself. But Atmos has got speakers in the ceilings, and it can. I think it can support uh, in in a theater configuration. I think it supports up to like seventy some odd speakers. Okay, but in a home theater configuration, which theater was this? Uh, the Escape Theater on Blankenbaker Road. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. but but w- the the first theater I was in did not did not have Dolby Atmos. See, I haven't seen. It. See, now I'm going to have to go see it a fourth time because I've seen it in IMAX 3D. I've seen it in standard 3D, and I've seen it over in XD. Oh, over! Oh, you saw it in XD. Yeah, I saw was it in it, XD. Was it good? Yeah, there? I really liked it. Okay. Now, of course, that's just the visual side of it. I mean, yeah. You, you, the, the, well, the, the XD has a, they have a sound component to the X, the, the quote unquote XD theater, don't they? That's yes, the XD. They, yes, they, yeah. they, they do. They do. Yeah. But uh, or the Escape Theater, you know, uh, it's close to us, and I know this means nothing to anybody else listening, unless you're unless you're from Louisville or in this area. But uh, one of the theaters that's brand new to our area is called Escape, and it does have full-blown Dolby Atmos. And Brent, the second time that I went to go see that movie, the sound experience was unlike the first time. Hmm. And so as the TIE fighters were, you know, as the, the TIE fighter was racing underneath the Imperial Battlecruiser, Battleship, however you want to say that, whatever it is, I guess it's Battlecruiser? Probably Battlecruiser. Ba- yeah. Battlecruiser, Destroyer. Destroyer, yeah. Destroyer. yeah, yeah, Destroyer. A, yeah. yeah there we go. Th- yeah, thank you. That. And so while it was cruising underneath of it, you just literally got the sense for this, you know just i mean it just was shaking i felt it here you know in your chest in my chest yeah th- yeah, yeah as i no, feel the visual nobody like, can yeah, see yeah, nobody yeah, can yeah, see that we're talking movies and no, we're not in one yes. <laughs> but you know what what we need to be <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt it in my chest and I didn't get that the first time around. And, and so the, the experience of the movie was actually far better for me. The second time that I See, saw I don't, it, not I know the, the scene you're talking about. To yeah. Me, to yeah. me, the most compelling scenes from a, like a, an action scene mm-hmm. is the millennium Falcon. Oh yeah. Cause that is just, that's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. It's yeah. unbelievable. And, and if anything that tells you right now, the trailers are fun, but they don't. You don't know anything. You from don't the know. Trailer. You don't know anything because everyone assumes that it's a it's a massive battle. Everyone yeah. assumes it's oh. 
Chewbacca part. and Han Solo. No, it was no. a couple Tie Fighters that were uh, trying to round up a couple locals, trying to find a droid, and they stole a ship. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it happened to be the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, but, yeah. So there was that, and then there was the uh, the Tie Fighter escape and everything that went with it, because you were. In the hangar, they were fighting to get away from the cable. Yeah. There was the people reacting to it. Yeah. There was uh, uh, Poe and Finn trying to figure out the ship. And yeah. then there was the space side of it, which was them dealing with the cannons on the ship on the and ship, then the eventual and, escape. And then the missiles. The other part that, 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 the other action sequence that just really spoke to me, though, was the TIE fighter fights. I'm sorry, the X Wing fighter fight sequence at uh at mazas oh when yeah. they come in and those ti- and those x-wing fighters are shearing the water mm-hmm. as they fly now that was in the trailer yeah, yeah that, that was, was in, the- in the trailer you're right but to see it and to feel it i mean it, it was it was unbelievable and especially to watch poe fly yeah because i thought abrams did a really good job of keeping the camera on poe when you wanted to see him mm-hmm. you know but he was literally i mean he was doing loop-de-loops and he was just taking out tie fighters as he went and it was interesting that Finn said, "Whoa, that guy can really fly!" And in in my you don't know it's Poe yet, but I'm like, that's that's got to be Poe well, because for, I've not seen anybody fly one in that gifted of a manner. From a cinematography perspective, it was I, beautiful. I had to it look was at beautiful. that. Beautiful. Well, you. you you didn't see it was smooth. It was well rendered because you know it was CG. Oh yeah. But when you think about it, it was he was he was flying a pattern he was taking out tie fighters as he went as opposed to avoiding them like yes. they were in my way no. so it's more of a survival thing no he was blasting his way through right and yes. then and then you add the aspect of a from the ground up shot from the you know looking up from Finn's perspective from Finn's perspective yeah. with Finn in the foreground so they had whoever did that you know everyone attributes Abrams, they did a good job yeah, they, they stitched it all together to yeah. know that this would be here this would be there and this is the time i need to have finn in the foreground doing uh-huh. something yeah. before he reacts and when he reacts he's going to react here and it's got to be perfectly placed for his yeah. reaction and it all started with a team of x-wing fighters swooping in over over this body of water it was almost like it was a panoramic shot mm-hmm brought to life and i know that's the definition of a probably definition yeah, of a movie, movie. <laughs> but but you you understand why i'm yeah. saying it about that sequence well, because that was, it felt more than what it was usually in a, if you think about it usually even though you've got that huge i guess 16 by 9 form factor mm-hmm. your your action is still predominantly in the middle it is yeah you're but right but in a shot like that where they're coming in it was totally periphery yeah it it, it took advantage of to the right side you had where they were going uh-huh. and but, then up here in the corner which is where it which is where that action was happening no i'm talking about when they're flying in over the water oh when they're flying in over the yeah. water yeah it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. the whole screen uh-huh. wall to wall is x-wings yes and they're all doing their thing yes yeah it was cool it was cool no i was talking I, the point i was referring to is, is when poe was doing the loop-de-loops and taking out taking out the tie fighters right when finn looks up right. and says oh you know that guy sure can fly mm-hmm. and so yeah it was it was it was well executed when you i'll s- give it that when you see some of the unvisual how do you want to even want to put it some of the some of the pardon me some of the stills prior to the addition of the visual effects so the unvisualized effects Mm -hmm. and all these green screens everywhere and it really makes you appreciate 
all the things that have to be put together so that you can direct somebody to do something in reaction to something that doesn't exist yet exactly and then that person to be able to actually act in that pardon me act in that situation yeah yeah and just that that type or that x-wing battle is a perfect example of tying the real world with timing and you know your visual effects yeah. i mean it's just it's it's really kind of mind-boggling i couldn't imagine how to do it I, it is it's 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 impressive i you know i'm looking forward i want to get the soundtrack because i thought the soundtrack was really good and i'm i'm a big fan of movie soundtracks i've got a lot of them and i don't mind buying them at all and i, I actually enjoy them you want to know two really good soundtracks what if you Tr- say if you Tr- say grease no <laughs> Uh, my my wife would say yeah, Grace. Grace. she loves that Tron. movie. Yeah. yeah, I've got that. Tr- Tron Legacy yeah. and the Bourne Ultimatum series. I've never watched any of the Bourne movies. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not seen a one. Whoa. Yeah, not seen a Are one. Are you serious? Dead serious. Not seen a one. I've only ever se- I've only ever seen the first Harry Potter. Yeah, that's all I've ever seen too. And that was on a uh, uh, like an eight inch screen in the back of a car riding at Disney, and uh, <laughs> I didn't get to see the last like ten minutes. So. Yeah, yeah, you're you're all right, dude. You're gonna have to come over to my place yeah. and watch Jason Bourne. Now, what's, I'm not, what's his name irritates me. I can't oh, Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon irritates me. Really, I'm a yeah. Matt Damon fan. I like Matt. Damon. I liked him back in the in the Kevin Smith days, chasing. Mm-hmm. You know, was he, was he in chasing Amy? Uh, no, that was Ben Affleck. No, ben no, Affleck no, was in chasing. Affleck. Him. Yeah, because uh, he was definitely in. Uh, um, oh, you like him in Ocean's Eleven? Was he in Ocean's Eleven or yeah, Twelve? He was, no, he was in. O- I think he was in both. I only saw Eleven. Yeah, he was in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, I must have liked it because I like that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. I only saw it once though. Yeah. So I've seen it probably three or four times. It's good. Well, well, back in the back when he was in and out of a lot of Kevin Smith movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. you know, for I mean, it's Kevin Smith. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> have you seen Clerks? Yes. <laughs> Oh me, yeah. His, his right. I mean, the, the speaking of Star Wars, I mean, was it in Clerks? I think it was in Clerks, not Clerks Two. Yeah, and where um, what what was the one where uh, Clerks? Where he was an arc oh. him and and Damon were archangels. Oh, that was uh, uh, Dogma. Dogma. That's yeah, what I was thinking. That was of dog- dogma. dogma was good. Yeah, Dogma was good. Dogma was real yeah. good. Yeah. Kevin Smith's writing is just so deep, and it can yeah. be on such silly. Like I think it was in Clerks where where they got into a deep conversation about how evil the. Um, now, that was Dante that was in on that, wasn't he? It was. Yeah, it was. Uh, gosh, it's gosh, it's been so long. Dante and who? Um, oh gosh, what was? Oh man. Well, they got they got into this deep discussion about how the rebels were bad because the Empire in Return of the Jedi <laughs> had to have hired contract labor to have built <laughs> yeah. that Death Star that, Death that Star. fast. Yes. And that they contract come, labor. And that they basically killed all these innocent people who were hired just to do a job. Yeah. You know, and yeah. just and just the the writing is just deep and funny and nonsensical. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 good. It's good. You know, you know you know who I would love to get on the show sitting opposite of each other is Kevin Smith and Rob O'Hara. Oh yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? Yeah, that'd be great. That would be great. That would just be so awesome. So, um, but so anyway, back, yeah, back hand, to Star Wars. So who's Ray? Who's who's who is she? And don't say some chick. I want to. Say, I personally, I, I want her to be Luke Skywalker's daughter. That's who I want her to be. Um, 
I think I think the the movie could set itself up to be that way, but I don't get any sense whatsoever that she met her father when she was handing that she was she was seeing her father when she was handing him the lightsaber. So honestly, I don't I don't know who Ray is, and I don't think we know who her parents are. Well, I thought through the first movie she was. Uh, uh, Lou, or Leia's and Hans. I don't think like she a twin. is. I don't think she like is. they separated them. Yeah, I don't think there's she that is. one flashback scene where she's like a it's like a baby Ray, yeah. you know, and there's a hand that's holding her arm. Uh-huh. And actually, you remember the 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 junk dealer yeah. at the very beginning. Uh-huh. If you listen to the voice, you only see the hand. But if you see his hand and listen to the voice, I think it's that guy. You mean the guy that was doling out the food? Yeah. I think it's him. Okay. Because if you listen, look at his hand and you listen to the couple words he says in uh-huh. that split second of a scene, I think it was him okay. that, that had her okay. as a child. Well, then, you know. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, like you, 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 at the end when she's flying off with Chewbacca, it's like Chewbacca tends to know everything. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at her like lovingly, like just keeps looking at her in the Falcon as, she, as he's flying. So yeah. is it because, you know... He knows something? He knows something. Is it because he's watching out for her? Is it because there's a special place in his heart because that was, you know, she's now in the captain's seat of this yeah. ship that's been so pivotal, pivotal to him pivotal, in his yeah. life? Yeah. Um, when she is climbing the the hillside to go meet Luke, she's got her blaster, which they never explain how she got her blaster back because Kylo took it. Yeah. But she's got her blaster low slung on her hip like Solo. Yeah. But is that because she kind of maybe thought of him as an important person yeah. and was kind of modeling after him? But I, I think she's a Kenobi. Hmm. If you... And it took three viewings to see to to figure this out. Now, uh, how, why do you say that? Because age, flash, age wise, how can that work? A out? granddaughter. Oh, a granddaughter. Yep. Okay, the, okay, okay, okay. Flashback. I, I can get that. I can take the, that. In the flashback, yeah. Alec Guinness calls her name. And then I haven't heard this yet. Someone else. I was talking about this with somebody else at work. Another huge Star Wars fan. And I haven't picked up on this yet, but apparently you and McGregor came back and recorded a line, and that's in her flashback when she touches Luke's like saber. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. But yeah. there's right toward the end of the flashback, uh, they took uh, Alec Guinness because I then I went back and looked this up. They took Alec Guinness saying "afraid," uh-huh. and they took they Ray out. Of, they took it, Ray out. Of I, it. I read that as well. So I read it, that as well. So th- this, so that's how that's how. Um, Abrams got that phrase. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So toward yeah. the very end of that flashback, when she touches Luke's, or I say Luke's lightsaber, mm-hmm. you know, there, that that lightsaber has had M- uh, many masters, many owners. Yes. 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 Uh, when she touches the lightsaber, toward the very end of it, you hear Alex Guinness say "Ray." Yeah. So now I don't know where the you and McGregor line is. Okay. Well, you know something, I, I I'll I'll go with that for right now because it's 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 extremely plausible. It is. It's plausible. Well, I mean, R two can wake up at the end and show you a map. But that why can't that that could be plausible, just as plausible. Going it <laughs> okay. Now I'm busted up. You know? Stupid R two. <laughs> Stupid R two. I love you, but I hate you. <laughs> yeah, you did nothing to endear yourself to me in in that movie. But 
you know, all things being equal, Brent, it was uh, it was a fantastic watch. I am so looking forward to it coming out on Blu-ray because um, I mean, you've seen my you've seen my home theater setup. Yep. I'm, I'm going to be sitting there watching it all over again and uh, enjoying every Man, bit makes of me, it. That and other movies make me want to upgrade mine. You know, it's, yeah. I got to put my, I got to mount my surrounds. And yeah, yeah. Maybe a new receiver and if you're going, if you're, if you're going to do some of the like the bit streaming audio that's that's on Blu-rays right now, you're you probably need to upgrade your receiver if it's any more than three years old yeah it's right about that yeah so, okay All right. yeah it's probably about time and it wasn't a high-end one at the time yeah. so well you want to uh, i i i'm definitely um more acute uh acutely aware of sound of sound and i know you kind of tease me about being half deaf and everything <laughs> but trust me when i'm sitting there watching a movie i hear yeah. everything you know and so i don't know it's it's just weird so so yeah maybe i'll do some upgrades here in the not too distant future uh, um when i bought the tv that i've got uh you you can get passive 3d tvs now right where you don't yes. have to have the yes, see the, the active 3d would you, was would you buy into that though well that's what you see at the theater a passive 3d where Is, you don't it, have was it good was, yeah. was the 3d good i liked it i mean okay. it wasn't it wasn't in your face there okay. was there was a couple to me i like it because if it's done right it adds depth okay and i don't mean like there like there's a lightsaber in your face or you can see someone's a little bit more in the foreground there, there was one scene and, and honestly i have to see it again uh where there was some piece of equipment that was in the foreground and uh-huh. to me it was a little too foreground okay because it was kind of like woo, you know <laughs> yeah but it was like to the lower left of the shot of the frame it was yeah. this triangular thing that kind of hung out and i was like woo, yeah. you know but it it almost kind of gave you uh, the perspective of like you were hiding behind something watching what was I going see, on over the i see over the gear the equipment so yeah. well i i mean i don't have you not seen it in 3D? No, and and I've not ever seen a 3D movie. Oh, you never have? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. No. I've, I've, I've saw the three times I've seen that. I saw it in 3D. Wow. Okay, so no, I I, I typically prefer to watch in 2D. To be quite honest, no, that's with fine. You. I know yeah. a lot of people that say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's how I watch it. So to me, I, like I said, if it's done right, it's done well. Uh-huh. You don't notice it. Yeah. But okay. You, that's, that's you know fair. what I mean. Yeah, that's fair. You don't realize it. It's not like they're not, they're not like waggling lightsabers out at yeah, you and stuff okay, like that. Okay, so. all right. that, that's cool. Yeah, I just don't want it to be. I just wouldn't want it to be like you know three three stooges. No, no gimmicky. Yeah, I don't think it's gimmicky. Yeah, no. I wouldn't want it to be gimmicky at all. So no. okay, fair enough. I, yeah, dude. I, I mean, all things considered, it was solid. It was a great movie. I'm looking forward to watching it again at home. And uh, I think it. I think it is the type of movie. As with the Star Trek movies, the, the the two Star Trek reboot movies, I can go back and watch them again and again mm-hmm. and again and again, and they feel fresh. And I think The Force Awakens uh, qualifies under that. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I I'll definitely buy it when it comes out. Oh, yeah. And like I said, I may even uh, I may even dip into uh, uh some of the money of mine that you keep spending and upgrade some of the the av equipment you, you know? should you should man it, you know something jackie grace and i get more enjoyment out of our home theater setup than probably anything else in the house oh that's cool yeah well, you all can do that together Max. we do and we're and we're all three of us you know especially jackie and i but grace by proxy we're all movie buffs we love to watch movies and that's just something that we do as a family you know you see maxine my dog for, yeah. for listeners that don't know she doesn't care <laughs> you know if, yeah. I, if i get it too loud she goes in the other room she just goes you know? the other room but, yeah no I, know, I get it when i bought that tv it was 
the the hot 3D at the time was the active 3D where you had to have the 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 the, the, the battery powered glasses that okay. you know I can get into it, but yeah. you know there there was active components in the glasses, and they interacted with the television, and they you know I assume it just polarized the lens back and forth. But uh, um, it, I thought no, nah, I I really didn't think it was going to catch on, and it hasn't. Yeah. So now you know now you can get like passive TV, passive three D televisions, which technology's caught up, the money's the the cost has come down. Yeah. It, it's. You know, because when you when you see it in a theater, you're basically it's a it's a passive three D yeah. situation. Yeah, you don't have gotcha. active glasses on. So. Gotcha, gotcha. I may have to give it a shot. I've just always been, I guess, a bit of a, a holdout when it comes to that. I liked know? it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's the, cool. the the one movie I had a hard time with was, I think it was the, you know the Hobbit. The, yeah. Was the first Hobbit movie called The Hobbit? Uh, yes, it was. Okay. Uh-huh. So I saw that in 3D and then whatever that half, that high frame rate was. 60 frame. No, no, no. No, it's a low frame rate. No, it's a high frame rate. So there's it, more detail. Is it 60 frames per second? I can't remember. I think it is. I... It seems like when the Hobbit came out, that I was think the, so. That was the big thing. Everybody, don't don't worry about looking at okay, it. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. It, it's, I, I think I think I think it is. I think what the last time about. I heard anybody talk about it was when Hobbit came out because it was one of the first, or maybe the first, or one of the first expected blockbusters that was in this super high frame rate. Okay, and it was disconcerting to me because everything looked too real. Too real. Yes. Yeah, because after all these years, you're used to so much non-realism your brain has been trained and and people that make movies know they know okay well this is going to be on scene for uh half a second and it doesn't have to be perfect and you know yada yada yada. it won't be yeah yeah but when you get into the when you get into those high frame rate 3d movies it's just like oh my it, it, it couldn't get much closer than being standing there on the castle huh Wow. You know, and it, it was a little disconcerting in places. Wow. So it was okay. just different. Yeah, okay. So, well, I've not seen The Hobbit yet. Um, and I know, I mean, I've, I've got it, but I've not watched it yet. But I know that I won't experience it like that. Yeah. Yeah. I liked them. I mean, if I was going to, if I was going to sit down and watch them again, I'd watch Lord of the Rings and Return of the King, The yes, Two Towers. Definitely, all. I'd definitely. watch those again. Yeah, definitely. So, I definitely want to watch those again. I, I enjoyed those. I thought they were good. The Hobbit was good, but it was like The Hobbit, The Search for More Money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like the tagline <laughs> from uh, Spaceballs, you know? Well, in the director, Peter Jackson. Yeah, I think those, he did him too. And, and I yeah. think that if, if memory serves me, I've read this a couple of weeks ago that he essentially admitted that, it, you know, parts of like the five armies and stuff were just fabricated you know just just for um the, the like sure filler purpose, the sure purpose of filler and he didn't really have a good plan to to yeah. like to execute on the hobbit i, I read so, that but yeah. i thought the detail behind that was is wasn't someone else supposed to do it and then they didn't do it and then oh. he'd come in at the last minute oh, was that it but they wanted to keep the production schedule okay i think that was it. okay gotcha. i could be wrong okay but, all right so well nonetheless so again speaking about something i have no idea yeah. about so you know all right so star wars star wars we did it i loved it and looking forward to seeing it again man um right in i mean shoot us an email uh on facebook whatever i mean i know we try to keep it all arcade themed but you know incentric but uh we'd love to hear some feedback <laughs> for for the seven people that are still listening yeah. this far. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you think ray is how did r2 get yeah, the map yeah um, love to hear it do uh um you know where do you think is going to become a fin yeah uh i mean i i think that my one fear uh-huh is is that we're going to follow the a new hope 
Empire and Jedi before we get an actual no my one fear is that this next movie is going to be like Empire and that it's like the be- in my opinion Empire is the best of the three yeah definitely and it's going to be um, Kylo is going to have more training Ray is going to have some sort of training there's going to be a, a more at stake you're going to think that there was a lot at stake this time around when they blew up like four uh, like six planets in one shot but the next time through it's going to be even more dire and even yeah. more edge of the seat I, I, I think and then, I think it will be a lot of that yeah unfortunately Unfor- unfortunately or fortunately I don't think there's any way to avoid that yeah and then by the time you get down to the next movie it's going to be kind of like Jedi where it's good and fun but you know there's even walks <laughs> yeah and c-3po is put in a is put in a uh, you know essentially a king's chair and paraded around yes yes yeah oh, <laughs> him and his red arm i bet you're wondering when my arm's red it's like no nobody no, not no, a clue didn't not, even care don't nobody cares yeah <laughs> walk right by you unfortunately all right brent all right let's wrap it up Whitney. all right and with that let's bring the show to a close all right see you guys later see thanks ya. for listening